Let's fucking do this here, boys. <laughs> I love this. I totally forgot about how, like, the, the sloppy opening of the Zoom. Oh, this is awesome. So, you're so professional. And just like a red, white, blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, October 9th, 1.49 p.m., episode 115. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. I'm kind of upset when I put my headphones on that I didn't create crazy hair. Again. Ah, it was so good. I had like a nice little duck buck going during the pre-show for a little while. It was fantastic. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're out here today. We're going to be very soon. Uh, we're going to be joined You're by calling, I'm the, I am calling and you are Donovan. Thank you. I jumped the gun on that one. Um, we're going to be joined by none other than the local regional a national celebrity, Mr. Larry Dixon himself. He's in the kids AKA. at Hall of Fame now, so he, he really is. is a local legend. He Which, can't deny it anymore. By the way, I went last night to like Kitsap Sports Hall of Fame or whatever. Yeah. Not updated yet. Ah. They need to get on their shit. It's pretty antiquated, though. I mean, which, you know, Kitsap County, you kind of expect that. We but, have uh, the request yeah. sent out to Larry already, correct? The yes. Invitation to the meeting. Okay. Yep. Just want to make sure. Yep. Um, yeah. So Larry is going to be on here. It's going to be a good show. We have a lot of things planned. Yeah. What are we talking about? We're going to talk about peril. We're talking peril. About here. Um, as you can see, it's the Woodward Costa book here. There. Hot dog. So I bought it on Amazon. Um, it says in the cover that it's $30, but I'm pretty sure that I paid like 24 So you can get a deal on it. If you bought Amazon. Woo! Uh, anyway. I love how like when those big political books come out, just like normal books, right? Yes. All the first releases are always in the hardback, right? Yes. Which are always like 20% more than the paperbacks when they come out. But everybody's got to get the shit right now. So everybody's buying the hardback. And I so like a hardcover anyway. Me too, to be honest. You know, I mean, where's my, my bookshelf here? I'm going to take my headphones off because Larry's not here yet. So I'm not going to try to deal with that. But, um, oh, wrong bookshelf. You buy the hard hardcover edition of like a Game of Thrones book. Yes. It's this size. Yes. But, you know, like that thick. Yeah. The paperback is this high and that thick. It's like, I don't, that hurts my eyes, man. Like the text is so tiny. It's super small. I prefer the nice, big, fresh hardbacks, man. Yeah. They always have nice dust covers on them too. And I don't like the dust covers. Like I like a hardcover book, but I don't like the dust covers on them. That's like I'm. I very... like them for the bookmarking. Like it's easy to use it as a bookmark. I like that part about Jordan it. Jordan hates. I will. I'm very notorious for taking the dust covers off my books and then putting them on the shelves. And she fucking <laughs> hates it. Oh, she hates it. And I just don't. I don't like having on. They always get fucked up. You know, they get all frayed and damaged on the edges, and so I just don't. I don't like having them on there. I want more hardcovers like this right yes they printed on yes you know it's really nice quality exactly. i love this type of stuff this so is a little manga that i'm working through right now that's cool it's fucking awesome manga 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 can't say that otherwise it, it it's offends, america it, it offends the weebs 
Oh, so yeah, so we're gonna talk about apparel. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little about some COVID updates already in the pre-show. So if you want to go back and watch that, obviously when this is done, don't fucking stop watching the live stream. Epic pre-show, back. by the yeah, way. It's great pre-show. Some really great moments on there. Maybe some clips potentially. We both said some pretty inspiring things. We have some inspiring things to say. That's how we are. So I'm so close. Uh, Larry <laughs> is updating things on his computer. We are gonna be could be on here soon. No rush, Larry. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna talk about apparel. Government shutdown uh, that just earlier this week, they passed an extension to fund the government through December 3rd. And so we're going to talk about kind of some of the things that go into this, the budget reconciliation package, the debt ceiling, uh, the voterama, some of these big terms that we've talked about before, but are still very confusing. I still have to look up articles and stuff like that on them. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, So we're going to talk about those things, the path forward, the things that are holding them up um some progressive caucuses and some things like that you're Um, a progressive caucus whoa (laughs) we are going to talk about the idea of minting the coin so we're going to explain that when larry gets on here it's going to be a whole deal Uh, i'm really excited to talk about that for one because i can't tell just from the limited amount very limited conversation we've had on that we haven't really talked about that much between the two of us yeah i don't know what side of the tilt you're on ah, i don't really know so i'm really curious ah, i don't know if I that uh, the coin. yeah yes. i don't know if maybe you're a fan of crystal's plan or if you're anti-minting the coin i'm mm. very interested mm. uh-huh. we will find out um we have some updates on larry his life some things that are happening there oh yeah We've talked about him a lot over the last few episodes and things that he's dealing with. He's in the army, right? He's been out here before. So we know some of the ideologies that he carries and policies and things like that, that he holds on to. So very interesting. Talk about that. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Oh yeah. Um, we can. I feel like I want to start with some personal stuff while we have the time waiting for Larry. Let's hear it. Cause I've been remiss. We didn't talk about like my food intake on the pre-show like we usually right, do. right. i want to talk about that epic fucking steak <laughs> oh, that i had steak, right oh my god a, what is it 43 it was a 46? 43 ounce 43. porterhouse and good god i mean over two pounds over it was two a pound steak massive bro massive i have not seen a piece of meat that large in my life except for no, I don't want to go there. Ah, uh, it's except Italian. For, except for last night when I got bed. Uh, <laughs> hey. um, <laughs> but you should check it out. I put it up on the Instagram. It's out there. You could see that epic steak um, along on our Discord too, on the uh, All About Food section, which is a public section on the Salsa Streets Discord. Um, but it was massive. I decided I got a little bonusy stuff at work and in-laws were in town so we're like what's the best place in the county to go get like a really nice meal crabtree Crab 100 percent. and fire. you know it's it's not really a steakhouse but it's also a steakhouse yeah you the know steaks they throw down there are are insane yeah i mean you you pay steakhouse prices yes and they are better than most of the chain steakhouses around like oh, even going sure. over to seattle to like ruth chris or something like that they're great but this is better and i don't understand how that happens I th- i'm fairly sure that most of the beef is raised locally here in hansville just down the road at, nice. at the owner's father's ranch he has a bunch of black angus cows That's and they dope. do their own dry aging it's phenomenal what but yeah it was wild man i it was really cool to go into a restaurant like that kind of high tier with multiple people and just be like you know what don't pay attention to anything 
that's on the menu as far as cost. Get you just you get want. whatever you want. Let's get a bottle of wine. I had an amazing like double of uh, just this top tier bourbon, which I kill myself. I don't remember the name of it now. Oh, you don't even know the name? I don't remember. Come I, was, on. I think it was Old Frontier. Paid all that money. Larry's here. But uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. And then Larry's out there. Like I'm really bad at uh, I'm really bad at social media. Uh, hi, Larry. Hi, Larry. What's up? How we doing? I'm about to talk about how you made me feel bad for thinking you were a vegan for a minute last night. <laughs> yeah, I, terrible. I feel like I really offended a lot of people. With In my joke your too. defense, I love Larry it. Larry is terrible at texting, technology <laughs> communications. Yeah. So there's a, a reasonable miscommunication there. But to look at this man and think that he's a vegan, you're, I mean, you're I was cool, like, sir. there's no way, but like crazier things have happened. It is 2021. I don't know what's going on in the world today. Uh, I, I, I did see, I, I watched a documentary and I feel terrible for saying it, but I watched it on Netflix and it's called like Game Changers, whatever. He was on uh, Joe Rogan, but he was talking about being vegan and it really strongly made me consider plant based. So I do eat a lot more plants than I so, used to. Since we're on this right now, actually, let's just talk about this for a minute. Yes. Uh, what about uh, what about that documentary did you find most like appealing? Was it like the the horrendous nature of factory farming and shit? Or like most convincing to be more yeah. So he took it took it back, and uh, once he brought the historical aspects, we were like just kind of the 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 thought process of just like the meat isn't as readily available. Um, the big thing that I really enjoyed is the fact that, like, he was, like, he was just, like, felt lighter after eating. And so, like, I, that was, like, the thing that made me think it. it was just, like, maybe I don't need to be vegan, but maybe I am eating too much meat on one side. Because, like, I was weighing it out. And, like, as I get better on my diet, obviously, you wear stuff. And, like, four ounces of meat, especially, like, you know, you eat a burger. I can eat a half-pound burger and I can oh, crush yeah. it. It, easy like that steak you did probably like 10 to 16 ounces and i would have crushed that without thinking 10 but to then you think ounces. right exactly you could just but like processing that through your body so you just feel heavy the next day was that 43 ounces that was a 43 yeah, ounces. That was the, yeah it's yeah. 43 ounces but in your defense i didn't eat for 24 hours damn near no, right. <laughs> like i uh, the thought of food i got up because that was thursday night i got up friday morning and was getting ready for work and i was like okay should i brag grabbed something for breakfast i was like there's no way i'm even going to consider eating after that night and i didn't eat until last night at dinner it was just <laughs> it, the thought of food was just too much man all that i mean it's gonna take me like two weeks to process all that i'm sure that's, that's a lot saying. of food it's that's one it looked delicious right so oh, like, was, don't believe me my wife makes a steak all the time for me and i eat it all the time even when oh, i was yeah. like in the middle of being vegan after that week that i was like vegan before i moved into plant-based mm -hmm. and i say plant-based tongue-in-cheek i always tell people on pv and ov uh, like plant-based not vegan yeah so, and it's just <laughs> absolutely just make fun of it like i just again though he That's made some this guy and then but i will say like when i was as i do it i feel a lot better like the next morning because like with the iron man you just run a lot obviously and so like eating late and then the next morning i feel just a lot better running that long and so yeah. i don't know where it was and like lifting wise i'm still relatively stronger than than most i'd say but i'm not really lifting every day at all but that running the next day just like strictly stomach how does your stomach feel like a hundred percent and that's yeah, when I you started it. talking about 
that this guy said that he felt lighter. I'm like, oh, so this is an Iron Man thing. Like this, he's trying to he's trying to get some more speed on, and that's why this this that that's what appealed to you, right? So he did. Oh, I guess like the Tennessee Titans, like they they vegan or they had people that vegan like two years ago when they had like their playoff run. I did it for yeah, just Iron Man, just like strictly like I, I don't know what it does. Change. I'm not good at this. What I will say again. It's not even like speed. I just feel because like I would just run and like you're like, hey, go run for two hours. And I just felt horrible. Yeah. Like my stomach felt terrible. I was running slow, but like I just started eating like less and like I was going as far. I was doing the work, but it feels bad. And I, I don't know about recovery or anything like that. I just felt better. Yeah. I, I like to like equivalent. Is it? No. What's the word? I don't, I don't know. know. I like to you think of it more of like, um, <laughs> right. I need a thesaurus around here. Um, I like to think of it as like strapping on some extra fuel tanks to your body. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, you're going to feel heavier, sluggish, you know, all that. It has a purpose. Like you can eat a ton of meat like that and it'll help sustain you for a longer period of time. But bro, you just strapped on all those extra gas tanks. It's going to slow you down. You eat oh, light sorry. and you eat clean. You're always going to be rumming at like a, a peak performance level. But then that is also different for every single human being out there too you know I, I, I easily tell people i don't even know what to eat. i don't even make much of my food i think my wife cooks like 97 percent of what i eat so like if we're really being honest whatever she has out there i'm gonna eat i'm just gonna be completely honest whatever yeah. she, are you not a picky eater at all do have you seen me no <laughs> I, mean, I kind of feel like if you're in the military you like can't really be a picky eater right no, I can't yeah. wait to bring you guys to Mari's, and I just really just want you to just delve right into like the cuisine we get in the field. Like once oh, you bro. eat like, six of those, like yeah, you you remember? I'm familiar. You remember. I'm familiar. I actually I had uh, some guys that uh, some kids that used to work for me back a couple years ago. Um, they got on this tilt for a while where they didn't want to like pack their own lunches to work, and they didn't want to go spend a bunch of money at the gas station or something like that every day. So they, they bulk ordered a shit ton of MREs on the internet and like would bring them into work and that's would be their work lunch every day. And no, so I true. recently tried most of the menu options available in the MREs and I'll take Mountain House any day over an MRE. We'll put it that no, way. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, we have kids all the time, even for the first time. They're like, this is so cool. I'm just like, yeah, give it time. And then by the yeah. end of the second, they're like, I don't want to eat another one ever again. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You spend two weeks straight eating. That's the only thing you eat. Yeah. Yeah, you'd rather eat dirt sometimes. When I'm I like, started, no, good. when I started looking into like like prepping and shit, you know, I was like, oh, I like looks of food and stuff. And so I was just looking at different articles, and there's a bunch of people that are like, oh, just buy a bunch of MREs. And I was like, I've never heard anything good about MRE. Like, why would I buy that? Yeah. You know, if I know that I'm not going to enjoy it, I know the survival. You know, the point is is to survive. But also, I have a wife and a kid, and like, you has to be at least reasonably. You gotta kind of want to eat it, you know, yeah. or else they're There's not gonna eat it. Yeah, to they're, they're gonna there. die. So, like, I'm not gonna just no buy more heat because they're not gonna eat it. Like, Listen, they're just gonna die. That's another reason that being a, a vegan would have been great because I could live off the land. Like, I would, I would, I would not feed for meat once the world's over, and I'm completely just harvesting beans. You know, I, I would be fine. I could You'll be a legume man. I would just be ready to go. I'm glad to hear you guys. Are, are you guys both prepping? Please tell me you're both prepping. Yeah, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Actually, I have a uh, hunting trip next weekend, uh, just a little weekender. Yeah. And then a couple weeks after that, end of October, I got a big elk season to go do and a duck hunt in between there. I'm looking to try to stack as much of that stuff in my my freezer as I possibly can because that's 
you know, to go back to that documentary and factory farming and shit and moving more plant-based, I kind of, I'm on like a general tilt there, but I'm also a big meat eater, but I don't, I'm not about to go to the store and buy a big T-bone or, you know, a ribeye necessarily because I know how that is procured and I'm not down with that. But if I could eat deer, elk, bear, you know, all, all the things that I could potentially harvest in the apocalypse every day, I'd be super okay with that. No, hundred percent. And obviously you guys saw the jobs before I was probably the most depressed person in America. Oh, bro. And so, yeah, it's pretty brutal, but like, that's another reason why, where I was just like, we, something had to change because whatever we were doing is not gonna, wasn't gonna hold through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Let's talk about that for a minute since you brought it up. So I was watching before we came here, um, Joe Biden, a press conference when they're talking about infrastructure, right? And he was talking about the amount of jobs that they had created and like the record amount of jobs that, that we were creating. Unemployment is down under 5% for the first time in like however long, right? And we talked about, I think you may even have been on that episode where we talked about the important figure when talking about jobs is not necessarily unemployment, especially now that the increase has fallen off, right? The important number is the labor participation percentage. And I don't know what that number is, but the fact that they're not bringing that up when they made such a point of it six months ago, and they're only focusing on the unemployment number, tells a huge story because we've we've been talking in our group chat just over the last few days and we talked in the pre-show about the the ferries that are canceling all these fucking ferries right and so that's just one industry here there's also the garbage trucks that we have been having an enormous problem with here the recycling not being picked up oh yeah the whole neighborhood didn't get their trash picked up this week and that's we recycling though we live in keyport you live it was right here. And then yep. when we were in Port Orchard last week, it was the same thing in Port Orchard. So yep. it's it's not even like it's just one area. It's this whole, certainly our whole county at the very oh, least, yeah. right? I mean, it's and, most industries. And the explanation point. for all of it is jobs, is staffing. We don't have enough people here. You know, we, we can't hire enough people. And I don't, I don't understand where all of the people are and how people can afford to stay home if they're not getting any more unemployment anymore. If that even was the deal before, was that, oh, I'm making enough money now that I don't need to go back to what I was doing because I'm fine on unemployment. That's not a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And even if it was, I have a hard time believing people were making enough to be saving money consistently enough to sustain them an extended period of time. You know, and I may be wrong because obviously it depends on the way that people use their money, but um, it definitely seems strange. I don't know where everyone is um, (laughs) if they're not at jobs, especially jobs that we talked about that are traditionally pretty good jobs. You know, the ferry truck driving, right? That's a huge thing. Shipping all of these boats that are stuck in ports all around the United States because we don't have enough truck drivers. I don't know where everyone is, you know? Yeah. Where are all the people? Yeah, I, I think it, it'll be interesting. I think uh, we, we all knew the September Dallas Fort was going to be, well, at least I guess, right? But, like, you're right. Now that the unemployment insurance, like, the boost is over, I think that everybody's going to come by. Like, our participation rate has been relatively, roughly consistent. It's, you know, it's you can't say it's super consistent because 0.1% of America is, like, three, what is it, 33? Yeah, 3 million people. So, like, or no, 300,000 people, so it's a lot, but... I think that's been consistent. I think it just went off in September. So I think October will be more telling. I think on the other note that when they're touting the jobs, I feel like this president has created more jobs than any of the presidents in our world. 
And like, this was supposed to be the pandemic of all pandemics, right? But like, they just <laughs> refused to be like, hey, like he also started with the like the highest amount of job loss that like had occurred right. in like decades, right? right? Like yeah. this was time. And so I thought it was more disingenuous, not so much for the participation rate, just from like looking at it from economics. It's just like, like right now people don't like, we created a environment where people didn't have to go to work and now people don't want to go back to work. And so I think we're going to see a tough problem. And I really think people are just waiting. I think two things are happening. I think people are waiting for this next bill because they're floating around uh, like the stimulus, more stimulus, more money, right? More entitlement programs. Mm-hmm. You also have the $300 coming per kid, which is money. And then lastly, I think people, they're, they're just not going to want to go back to jobs that are considered hard, right? I think we're creating just like a softer way of life, you know? Oh, yeah. The amount so, of distant, what, what do you call it, or remote work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know anecdotally, um, I could tell you privately who this is because you'll know who it is, but somebody within, they applied for a job. Uh, a week later, they got a, a hit up on... Oh, I don't remember how they, I think it was just email at first, but they essentially were like, Hey, download this, this app called telegraph so that we can communicate there. They did a text on telegraph interview for a day for about an hour. And then the following day, they had kind of like a follow-up interview again via text. And after that, they were like, okay, cool. You're hired. Um, We're sending you a check in, within the next 48 hours so that you can procure all the supplies that you'll need to work from home. And you'll have two weeks of indoctrination training. And then full-time is no more than 30 hours a week at 40 bucks an hour. Go within, within, within a single work week with, within less than five days, got an interview distance interview and got hired within a week. And got a check sent in the mail to procure all your home office equipment that you need to do your job. I mean, this it was insane to me. I knew like this long distance working thing was pretty big, but to see it firsthand like that, to see how fast it goes, to see these massive reputable companies that are looking for like data entry positions and, you know, just filing of paperwork and things like that. Just, here you go. Here's your money. Go. I just, we need people. You're hired. But those people, the point I wanted to get to from that, sorry, um, I got a little off kilter there. Um, The way the job numbers come in, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding how those job numbers are procured is very important to understanding what that ultimate number means. Would that that be safe to say? Yeah. Because just saying a number is saying a number. But you talk about jobless claims, you know, you're usually talking about the amount of people that are claiming unemployment at a time right and then when people for whatever reason whether they've in traditional time run out of the opportunity to claim unemployment or something like that they drop off the rolls they're no longer considered unemployed by the numbers that we have so i would i would not part of the labor force yes that's the like so that's the number that is just rarely discussed at all yeah so i'd be very curious even with the the numbers as bad as they are now what's the real number look like there's yeah. got to be way more. Yeah, I go back and forth with this. I think it, it's tough, right, to balance because, like, how do you bring back the people who aren't looking to do the, the labor force, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. tough to be like, okay, like, what do you consider a person that would be? Because some people don't want to work regardless. It's tough to say because there hasn't been, like, a drastic shift in our labor participation, right? Mm-hmm. 
and, and but since in its term, right? Like it's been pretty consistent. It obviously dropped off in 2007. It's like America's consistently been working less as the entitlement programs have gone up, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's to be expected. I think the telling number is we only we're only we added 144,000 jobs. There's never been more <laughs> so open bad. jobs. There's, there's never been more. There's 10 million open jobs. So I think the fact that nobody wants the jobs, like if you don't have a job right now, you're just not looking. Like you guys have seen it in your town. Like oh, you yeah, drive right. down. My wife's a recruiter now, so she, I'm seeing all the jobs that she's starting to like have access to fill people in, and everybody's looking for people, and people don't want to go back right now, or or they feel like like or they're guess they're not fitting in. I, I'm shocked though, like at all my friends run businesses, workplaces. There's like, hey, we're still looking for people, and they're still not like not not doing it. They're still not finding oh, yeah. people, and that's shocking to me. Or everyone's just like. It's crazy. And like, you kind of expect it. Like the one they always cherry pick is like fast food. And they're like, well, who would ever want to work that at that wage? And I'm just like, okay, I got it. But like, those aren't the only people looking for jobs. Yeah. Right. And I, I think there's definitely something to that. Cause when we were talking in the pre-show about the jobs here that are being highlighted all the time that are left unfilled, truck driving, delivering things, yeah. right. Big, big things, uh, the ferries and the uh, the garbage trucks right these are all jobs that pay well traditionally but they're also not easy jobs you know if you're gonna work at a ferry it kind of sucks you're gonna work down by the water we talked about that it's gonna be cold you're gonna work early in the morning late at night you're gonna do a shitty job until you're able to be there long enough to start just counting people you know if you are a garbage man you're a fucking garbage man you are literally dealing with trash all day whether you are picking it up or you're moving it at the dump you are literally dealing with trash all day you know if you're a truck driver same deal you're in a fucking truck for hours or days at a time god that sounds yeah. good there <laughs> for some people it's fantastic right and for some people the wage is worth it and uh-huh. i have a hard time the more people i talk to i i have a hard time not chalking it up to mentality and like where you're from you know yeah. none of the three of us led particularly simple lives growing up right they weren't yeah. they weren't easy you know they weren't hard there everybody has there were you could definitely find somebody who had a harder life than either of the three of us you know yeah. but they definitely weren't the easiest lives of all the people that we know yeah and now being an adult and growing up like that i do not comprehend i just really struggle to understand being in a position where i don't have a job and i won't take one because it's too hard you know, not, I don't have the skills. Yeah. I don't have the requirements. I can't get accepted. I, this, I, this, it's too hard. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah. I, so, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe you because I don't know what else it would be, but yeah. I have a hard time comprehending that mentality of it's difficult. That job sucks. I don't want it. And that's what I've been hearing a lot, especially on podcasts from, um, what are like, uh, NPR and things like that. They're talking about, they're like, Oh, well, people are just in a position now where they can decide, I don't want that job. So I'm going to find a yeah. job that I want. How long can you exist in limbo complaining about the government isn't taking care of me enough until I can find a job that I want? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. And I don't like to throw around the word privilege, you know, or whatever the fuck, but I don't know what else to call that. That you're like, ah, the government will take care of me until I can decide what job that I want. And then I'll take that one. Even yeah. though mm-hmm. there are 30 other jobs I'm going to pass up on the way there. I don't get it. You know, the first job that I had, and I'm not trying to go on for too long or even be like, I fucking worked hard. But the first job I had was the call center. It was a terrible job. But that was the 
That was the easiest job that I could get. It was down the road from my house and I knew that I could get money and it was paying more than minimum wage at the time. I made 1050 when I worked at the call center, which was 50 cents more than minimum wage. Why would I not go and get that job? It sucks. Everyone tells me it sucks, but I'm going to go and do that job because I need a fucking job. Yep. I'm going to go make some fucking money. My, and I worked construction the summer before that. After that, I worked at the mattress store because it was a better job for slightly more money that wasn't at the fucking call center. You know, this is the first job that I've had at Benick that isn't just extremely difficult. And it took me several years of working here for it to not be extremely difficult. Yeah. It's very technically difficult, but so you learn it. It's a learned skill. So I just, and I feel lucky and I have the whole time that I got a job like this when I was that young, you know, that I didn't have to continue to work shitty jobs Mm -hmm. until that point. And so I just don't understand the unwillingness to work a job that's difficult even though it will fucking pay you $22 an hour. You know, the yeah. last time I looked at being a guard, man, it paid you $20 an hour as a starting yeah. wage. $20 an hour is pretty fucking good. Not to mention no, your, really your benefits package is probably equivalent yes. to an extra 25 to $30 unions an and hour, shit. So. If you're working on like yeah. Bainbridge disposal, you know, you're working Bro. on Bainbridge Island. You've got, there's a great union that exists on Bainbridge Island. So oh, I, just, yes. I don't understand. I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think there is something to your idea of soft men in hard times. Like it's getting more and more difficult all of the time. And if you are not as an individual willing to do what it takes to try a little bit harder, then you are not going to succeed. And that concerns me because the government we have, the regime that we have is supposedly about leave nobody behind unless, you know, you're unvaccinated. But (laughs) so the cycle i think that you're laying out of the growing of entitlement programs and the raising of unemployment i fear will continue to grow as more people choose to not work or are unable to or whatever i'm not trying to prescribe malice to it you Mm -hmm. know but the longer people choose to not work the more entitlement programs are going to become or going to be created and exist because more people are unemployed and need assistance from the government and it will just continue to snowball from there. I'm very concerned about that, you know? Yeah, I think historically that's a pretty standard governmental response to numbers that they don't like um, whenever they see those, you know, that's, I mean, hell, that's how we had the first great society. Yeah. That's how that whole thing came about is to help underprivileged people and people that were going through hard times. And then, you know, what's that old adage that there's, there's no... There's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program, okay. you know, and th- that's, <laughs> that's funny. I mean, yes. and that's the way it goes. I mean, every yeah. single entitlement, there's a yes. reason they're called entitlements because the right. minute you implement them, people now become entitled to those things and they hold on to that. There's a reason we still have all the entitlement programs we have now, right? It's because you're entitled to that. And if the minute you say that you are entitled to a thing, you cannot turn around the next day or even a year from now or 10 years from then and say, well, you're no longer entitled to that because as an American citizen, you were once entitled to that thing. Right. But now we're going to remove that entitlement from you. And that's when you get uh, the adage of the, you know, we, we are growing more and more into an entitlement society. Yeah. You know, where everybody is entitled to get whatever they want from the government or, or from the nation as a whole on a societal and governmental level. But um, I did, I did want to ask you one thing, cause we're talking about unemployment numbers and stuff like this. And 
when you look at the last 20 or so topic. months we're such fucks no no no, we're, <laughs> we're fine we're fine um this was not the topic i lit on the topic list for today but i wanted to oh, no no obviously absolutely we're not we're yeah we're yeah it's we're professionals fun. uh <laughs> whatever <laughs> so i'm going to direct this question at larry first but yes. looking at the last 20 months one of the hashtag COVID perks that I like to talk about a lot <laughs> is the, the amount of, I know it's weird, the amount of people that have essentially left the workforce for whatever reason and started to get into their own gig work, um, self-employment type things, internet-based companies, things Eyebrows that people and are, like eyelashes and things Etsy like that. shops, yeah. you know, Very all big. sorts of stuff. Jordan's None of those has that, uh, sorry, no, no, go ahead. Soulful of Caves. She's doing all those markets and stuff. The open oh. air markets and things like that are like very popular oh, yeah. now and they're full all the time. Um, so you take people like that, right? That maybe will not go back to a regular job now because maybe one person in their family has a regular gig and you got a steady income and then the other person can make the ends meet or have the extra cash or be able to you know offset the income required to maintain their standard of living by maybe taking a slight pay cut working for themselves making things on etsy doing gig work doing whatever it is cakes do those people do they become numbers in that jobless claims in the job in the labor force participation rate because they are essentially non-typical non-standard jobs are any of those people being factored into the numbers we're talking about now i don't think the government is able to track those no i, I so i don't know the labor participation rate's kind of a misnomer right because like how i used to think they did it was they sent like a form or some kind of thing or like are you looking for a job but i don't understand how that census approach could like capture everybody i don't I, know yeah if it, i believe if it's a guess or, that it's i'm not trying to interrupt you but i believe that the labor participation is the number of eligible adults like eligible to work adults and then the amount of the amount of them that are actually working Okay. And so it's based off of that census data of how many people we have record of that should be able to work minus the people who are on disability, minus this person, the people who aren't able to work. Because they could and see then the that amount of through... people who are reporting that they are employed actively. Because they could see that through like a cross reference of yeah, yeah. yeah, through like social security and federal income tax payments being taken out of checks or those I'm people sorry. aren't getting those things I, so taken I out of believe, checks. I believe that that's how sense. it's done. In which case, if, I'm, go ahead, Larry. No, no, no. I, on top of you, so you, you're, you're part right. So it's basically everyone who is working and everyone who's seeking work <laughs> over basically everyone who could be working, right, in the working age. The question I always have is, how do you define actively seeking? And I think that's something that even when I was back in the econ class, is like, how do you define someone who's actively seeking, right? Yes. And like, th there, there's no like solid program for that, but you're, you're like 99% right. Like it's usually majority of people working in like, it's it's assumed like we're in a, a reasonable place. Like we're dropping into a place that's not as good, right? I think when we, I think it's, I don't know. I was in comments. I think it was when we drop under fifty five percent. I think that's when people get worried because, like, you have some people who aren't working, um, and so you're like, "How do?" Because you, you obviously have money for tax dollars and stuff to get right. out. So then you start looking at that question. But yeah. So check this, right? My mother <clears throat> works 
for WorkSource locally, um, and she deals with. Do you know what WorkSource is? I don't. Know, I'm sure. Not at all. I was literally about to ask. So you guys definitely have some form of it in where you live, but I don't know what it's called. And WorkSource is a state administration that you can go to. There's buildings in different counties that you can go to to file for, to help file for unemployment. And they have different classes there for different state aid programs um, for like SNAP benefits. And you can like go there and help apply for food stamps. And they also have classes to help you build resumes and help you find jobs and things like that. So they just have employment services there. Is that like a, could you colloquially call it like our state's unemployment agency? is it kind of you the same can but purpose? you can't file for unemployment there and so oh, okay. i wouldn't want to say that they but because of the type of work they do they started doing an insane amount of work for unemployment when covid kicked off and so yeah. my mom when she started working at home was like literally oh, working yeah. half of the time just filing unemployment claims yeah, and helping that. people process unemployment claims wow. and things like that so she has told me that since covid they have adjusted the classification for what a job seeking activity is because you used to have to have a certain amount of job seeking activities every week to keep getting unemployment you had like to file for a certain you had, you had to file or apply for a certain amount of jobs to continue to get unemployment because you had to show that you were actively seeking for work but since these things have been adjusted there are and i might be able to find I would be, I would doubt it because it's so great that the state would put it out on a piece of paper, but I might be able to f- try and find a list of, you know, what are considered job seeking activities. My mom had said, even creating an account on the WorkSource website is a job seeking activity and logging on to the Step in the right direction, is right? a job seeking activity. Everybody and gets a trophy. My mom is pretty far left. She is pretty progressive and yeah. she's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this, like <laughs> yeah. that's not helping people get jobs, you know, because she she works a work source. So obviously no. she cares about getting people jobs. She cares about people being employed. When I was growing up, she worked two jobs, three jobs to support me and my sister, you know? So people having the ability to support themselves is very important to her. So yeah. she doesn't work there just because she, you know, loves the state or anything like that. Like she, like I said, she is a leftist, but so when you have someone that is of that political leaning and is working in that job, that's like, this isn't helping people, then yeah. something is fucking wrong. You know, I couldn't think of somebody else that would be a better, well, like canary in the coal mine or a, a better bellwether for me of knowing when something has tipped too far of like, that's it. If she's telling me this is wrong, it would be like Morgan telling me like this gun legislation is fucked up. I would be like, okay, so I know it's really bad if Morgan is telling me that this gun law is fucked. Yeah. You know, that yeah. if my mom is telling me that this is not helping people find jobs, then mm-hmm. it is really not helping people find jobs. Yeah. It's like if AOC was to come out and get some kind of benefits program, you go, okay, something's really wrong. That's here. fishy. Yeah. So it concerns me. If it really concerns me that not only that one of the things they did to adjust the system was to make it a longer process for you to do it. You know, you were just going to give you more steps to do. So you have more time outside of actually looking for a job. There's, there's so much. Listen, I'm trying not to just think too far. I can can spend all day on this. I literally, because I can Washington. It's not even Washington. I want you back so bad. We were talking about that pre-show. It's like, I want Larry to move back so bad, but I don't want him to move back because this place is terrible. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I can fit in anymore. Listen, I've been below <laughs> the line here too much. And 
it, it's and we can get that. Like, I just gotta. Everything you just said is like literally what I consider like the worst aspect of like what the whatever you think this last adventure we'll say in America was. Uh, I think the worst thing it's had is like we have an absolute a- expansion of like our entire infra- like governmental infrastructure, right? Oh and yeah, so like everything. Just and so like just like you describing that story, the only thing I heard was like a person literally expanded a process so that they can have more money dedicated to them in order to like justify the thing we're doing. And like, yes. is the thing solving the problem? Like your mom was solving a problem. They <laughs> yes. laid more steps on her, expanded her job. And what I heard was she came out and said, I'm now doing less by doing more. Yeah. And like, that's like the epitome of the government. And like you said that, and like a, a libertarian got it. I, I am who I am. And like my whole entire body just shook uh, with just sadness. It's it's just the, for real, like the worst part. And no one sees like, it, like you guys have all heard the story about boiling the flo- frog. And I'm just always like, all right, it's just, they're just boiling the frog. And like now, like, well, like what, what have we done? Like we, we've, we're literally atrophying the ability for people to go out and do the thing. And I'm sure your mom does a great job, right? Yeah, but yeah. like as we push it further down the spectrum, it's just making us all weaker. Like I literally, like for example, like Nam, you were talking about like people like get a job and you're like, oh yeah, the life's hard, and you're like, you were trying to be like sensitive with it, right? To like you basically be like, hey, like I, I understand that your job might be hard. I'm wondering when do we just become meaner? Like I'm wondering at what point do I say because like <laughs> yeah. I get it, like the military is not fun at all, but like every day I get up and go to right yeah literally wake up at five i'm in at 5 30 and i literally work sometimes till eight o'clock like regularly till eight o'clock and you just you just work right and like i look at people like talking about unions and days all of it and i'm just like at what point do you say like just put it together and then just like on column he was just like i i the thing you like is everyone doing their 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 gig right their gig like lifestyle like starting their side hustles i like that program but feeding back in i don't like people doing that at the cost to the government like i want people yeah. to like like you run a business and you know if you don't perform you like you're not doing x right you're not gonna eat you're not gonna have your house you're not gonna do anything fun oh yeah but like you, you you're gonna wear that on your chest i don't think through this covid period like i think a lot of people were like hey i'm an unemployment i'm running a business but then going down and collecting unemployment i think that's fraudulent Oh, yeah. And like it's just so frustrating for me because like now that you have a business but you, but you can collect unemployment, like you have no incentive to go find a job because all you're doing is playing on your computer, pretending to take a picture, and being like, oh, okay, this is my nine to five. <laughs> and I'm just like, and it drives me insane because like again, I start a side hustle, but again, I have a whole ass other W2 in order to be sufficient enough to then run the business, right? And so like I just see like we're taking away. And it's ultimately going to cost us in the end. Like, I don't think we're losing such a competitive edge. And we talk about, like, the whole participation trophy thing. I, I literally think we're extending that out to business. We're, like, business is literally supposed to, like, you don't have to change it because everything you do in business is literally, like, the feedback system's there. If no one, yeah. like, if no one wants to come work with me to do taxes, I'm a shitty tax person. And I just feel like people have been able to be like, well, I haven't found it there, right? And so they get to chase their dream saying it put entrepreneur in their fucking bio and then still be like hey i'm getting my 400 dollars a month or 400 dollars yeah. a week which is insane to me it, it, was, yeah. it was insane and so mm-hmm. like just a pushback against that like I, I like people scratching their own itch i just don't think we're actually scratching our itch i want to see where we're at in january do people still want to have a business in january when there's nothing we're on the other side or shit in next november if uh Kudabak, Kudabak, who's that 
rate or polls organization with the Q. Nipiac, yeah. Yeah, there you go. If they're right and we're about to sway to the other side, you know what I mean? Like it's still as fun there. And I just want people to then sacrifice, work that job, support yourself, then do the side hustle, not do the side hustle whilst having the government support you. Cause then like, we're, yeah. we haven't cultivated anything. That's a very good point because when I was talking about like, yeah, those side gigs and stuff like that, I didn't factor in the fact that, yeah, a lot of the people were being able to offset their income and yes. take advantage of that opportunity to start the side gig. Right. And that after the first package. Yeah. And that's and just to, I'm not trying to go ahead, just to frame what you're talking about. Just so anybody's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Oh yeah. During the first infrastructure package they did or infrastructure, I keep fucking doing that. Right. The During COVID the first relief package. COVID relief package. Yeah. There was Cares an Act. adjustment to yes, to the cares act. There was an adjustment to the unemployment system, unemployment insurance. So that if you were a gig worker or if you were self-employed, they, that's, that's what they came with like the $600 or $400 of, of the baseline of this is what you're going to get no matter what. And they raised that up. Yeah. And so you were able to receive unemployment if you were previously not in a classical, you know, classically yeah. employed job. Well, so, cause it yeah. removes the incentive right from the, the classic way that a, a person would, would break into the gig market, if you will, you know, because yeah. like you said, you work your ass off all day long and then you come home and you do your gig work. Right. We, we both have full-time jobs that we work our asses off and then we come home and then we do our gig work. Right. 100%. And now we're actually making money off of that gig work, which is a beautiful thing. Thanks to somebody over there. Hey, uh, read that book in it. nine days with the two and a half nine days, <laughs> nine days, yeah. read a book with a two and a half year old. Hustling. And actually we'll do, let me just put this little insert into this here, a sidebar. I think, cause we're going to talk about this a little bit, um, or we're going to talk about that book a lot today, but I think once I finish the audiobook, um, I think we should do a side recording for patrons only and post that up there where we just talk about the book, kind of do like a book review Deal. if we will. I think that would be a fun thing for patron only yes. content. Yeah. And I do have to interrupt you. I'm if that's okay. You can finish your thought if you're gonna lose it. I don't want to lose you, but I already lost, baby. I, I forgot to set I my was timer. I was spinning my wheels, I, anyways. I forgot I forgot to set my timer, so I just have to throw it in there because it's been over the 37 minutes. I just want to throw it up real quick that we obviously all these things going on. We have <laughs> that was a terrible transition. You're watching us here on YouTube, Salt of the Streets. Thank you very much for joining us. We have our Facebook, fuck Facebook and Salt of the Streets, our Instagram at Salt of the Streets. We have our own personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is a big bird off you on both those things. We also have our brand new, still brand new, patreon.com slash Salt of the Street to go there. So the tier, subscribe, help us continue to make good and better content. Um, Lexi Kayo on Twitch. So you can watch Colin's wife do some Twitch streaming. Mm -hmm. My wife, leggings and aprons on Instagram. She's making all those cakes. They're beautiful. Saltofthestreets.com for all this information. Larry the Tax Man, Atlas A&T, is that what it is? Yeah, Atlas Accounting and Tax Solutions. Atlas A&T, so you can look up Larry, see if he, maybe he'll take you on as a client, if you're fucking lucky. If you're lucky. But we do know this man is a hustler, so he may just take you on. I believe that that is everything. I believe so. Yes. So I'm sorry. You can go ahead. I'm still stuck on this gig work thing. Okay. Right? Because I like the fact that a lot of people are getting away from this cubicle cubicle lifestyle right yeah, and that's yes. been in part uh, kind of picked up in the distant working situation right the the work from home type of deal that's been part of it a lot of people have been then taking that and incorporating that into another side hustle yes so that's good i don't like the fact that there were people essentially 
fraudulently taking money while trying to create their own company and side gig as well. I had not considered that. I, I hadn't really looked yeah. at that either. But I mean, on the whole, I, I think Larry. there's going to be a certain amount of people that will never return to the traditionally classic workforce at this point. Because let's face it, 20 months is a long fucking time yes. to be able to kind of work on a business, start a business, especially if you're home every day, dedicating hours to it, regardless of not of whether you're siphoning, you're siphoning off, you know, taxpayer money to help offset your income at the time to get to that point. But on the other end, I think Larry's really onto something when you're talking about the unemployment, the federal unemployment insurance getting cut off at the end of September, the end of this month is going to be very, very, very interesting to see what happens. And I don't think it's going to be the bellwether, if you will. I don't think October is going to be a good snapshot in time to look at what it's going to look like a year from now. I think you're going to have to take, basically look at this quarter, I think would be the real indicator. October, November, December, take a look at that. And then by the beginning of 2022. Wait, wait. Dr. Novi, let me ask you, we also have to consider that in the coming months, there's going to be an insane amount of holiday hires. So there's yes. going to be an influx that then dips back down after the holiday season. Yeah, UPS, so, FedEx. So we're looking yeah. at a true predictor in the beginning of next year, maybe even the end yeah. of quarter one, beginning of quarter two, right? I Yeah, I didn't really think about that. No, I, yeah, I think, I think there's going to be, be a fuckload of, of hires holiday yeah. hires even if they're just fulfilling orders yeah. right because who yeah. knows who's going to be allowed to go into a store not come christmas time because covid you know we don't even know if you can see your family but <laughs> yeah um... uh, listen it's it's, it's everything I, I look again i i want the economy to do well but you're right so there should be a ton of hires but i don't know Huzzah, to it, the economy yes <laughs> right exactly right Good god <laughs> let us make more money please it's like at the same time like are you guys shopping in stores Hard no. Like, are, are you guys going like, because like, let's, I just want to like. Only for groceries. 100%, yeah. right? And my yep. wife for the first time, because we have free delivery for like a little grocery store that we uh, go to. It's like healthy. Like I said, she cooks her food. They delivered everything. This, I got to move there. This is, Every time we have you on, I'm like, man, I got to get there. This sounds Listen, legit. I would love to have you guys out. Uh, it just, I really feel like once you guys come down here, it's going to be, it, it's it's going to be just. It's going to be a problem. Gotta, yeah, literally. Too, man. Like this popped off in March and in April, by April, everybody around us was just done wearing masks. We're like, no, we're good here. We'll be fine. Oh, okay. And so like, like the craziness that you had gone to, like the passwords, like the lockdowns you guys had. Kids have been in school since last year. Like kids went to school last year. Literally they had homecoming, full stadiums. No one's wearing masks. Like it's, it's, that's what like for me, like I don't really care. Like I don't care if you're vaccinated. Don't care if you're not. Don't care if you're wearing masks. Like I literally never say anything to anyone. But like here, like everyone just lets you live. But, like, at the same time, people still care. Like, I don't lock my car down here. I, I literally, I never lock my car anywhere. I just I just go anywhere. People don't care. We have our garage door open. Neighbor comes, knocks on the door. Like, hey, don't forget to close the garage door. Like, everyone's just nice. And, like, it's not quite as, like, olden days. But, like, everybody's just kind of cordial. And it's just a little bit slower. And we're, like, the closer to a community. Like, the kids play outside together. And, like, everyone's looking out for them. It's just, it's, it's I personally like it. Not hey, to mention, yeah. if you guys want to. You guys should look up your houses and like just get like a number in your head and then look up houses around here. I'll give you guys a couple safe havens. I've really been keeping them under wraps because I don't want people to beat us there. But like, it's like crazy. Like when you, because like you guys both like to be outside. Like you want to put a range in your backyard. Respectfully, you're not doing that in Washington. Yeah, it's so, very like, let's difficult just, now. It's very yeah. difficult. Hundred percent. Exactly. Well, here, maybe, we even. Sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, I was just going to say, literally, my, one of my NCOs just put up, I think he put a 100-yard uh, range in his backyard. Yeah, no, and we even know somebody personally who has enough land to shoot on, and mm-hmm. it's a, all private property, and the town that they live in uh, sent an email to people who live in this specific section that they just decided. They're like, you guys aren't allowed to shoot here. Yeah, Their own property, they have enough land, it's outside of the city limits and everything, but because it's close enough to uh the trail right it's close enough to the trail that you can't shoot here the noise ordinance and everything is not good mm-hmm. you're not allowed to shoot here. on your own property where you have enough land you can't shoot here it's yeah. just a piece maybe like where it's like five plots or something like that like like wide you know it goes deep back but that are just you know nope not here yeah the law in the state I, <laughs> I think it's a state law <laughs> like his face he's like i don't understand what you're saying like, yeah. I, was like I don't like, particularly, how can the city tell you what you can do in your exactly. own property <laughs> yeah. in our in our specific county um i know that if you have more than five acres and this might be a, a state thing but if you have more than five acres you could technically shoot any any gun you want on your own property right that's the whole deal but there is an arbitrary line that runs right across the county from, and it's, they use, you know, it's a legal description that you can go on and read it. And it says from this point here to this point here, you cannot discharge a, a long rifle north of this line. So even though legally, you know, like there's a guy up there that's got five acres, let's just say this, he cannot legally shoot on his own land because of the arbitrary county doctrine that says this is a no shoot area he could shoot a pistol but not a long gun yeah and then well even then you're still getting the cops called on you they're still right. going to come to your house and then they're still going to you know Verify find out what's early. going on and God. if you're shooting a long rifle they're going to say you can't do that America. i ran into this problem out in Seabeck. yes i ran into this problem where the sheriff deputy came out and he was awesome and was he was like looking at our guns he was super into like everybody's guns and like just really having a good time and we were nice and he was nice but and he kind of hooked us up too he said you know what at the end of the day you can't shoot on your private property but if you walk 100 yards over there there's another plot over there that belongs to dnr you could totally shoot at and the person that is calling and complaining about this actually lives on the other side of that so technically you'll be closer i'm not saying you should go over there and keep shooting (laughs) but if you did it would be legal i was like wow thanks man but yeah you cannot shoot on your own property that is legal by the state because there's another arbitrary law put in place on the a smaller level that says you can't shoot here and i i forget the whole moral story at that point it was that, that we're not actually free here yes and larry is actually yes. free he's actually yeah. free 100 percent. when you got again you guys only have to come here like i said we'll talk there's like you can be close like I, you guys love your you family don't want to ruin but like especially with a, like a work for home like place oh, yeah. first like people people are like they're literally moving to not even like red states like everyone was in florida because you know rob DeSantis is pretty litty and, and i think he's just smarter than you know his out of stairs right now litty um, i like that yeah one. well yeah yeah listen i went to florida florida i was amazing again like I, again th- no one cares like everyone's just like oh that they're like crazy florida man everyone's like super trumper super DeSantis. everyone hate like literally no one everyone's just out there living their best life like every like they're literal the whole entire thing same here is like do whatever you feel you need to wear comfort like again we have all the same thing as right people wear masks you know i think they're weird we have the double masters in their cars i saw one on the way in today so oh yeah what is that crazy i saw I, a so double was, masker up in the mountains last weekend i would outside. pass out 
what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? What are what we doing are, here? Yeah. No, no, 100%. I don't, the double mask isn't for me. But then, like, you know, we have people sending their kids with, oh, to kids send their kids to school with masks, right? No one says anything. And if you walk into any store, CVS, Walmart, Sam's Club, you can get a vaccination, right? All for free, all the same things. It's just like, we just chose not to make it a big deal. Like, do like the vaccine works like let's push or it doesn't and let's push yeah yeah at this point and it's been super cool but listen on the back of that just to close it out just to round it out because i thought of this story and i thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world have you guys watched squid games yet i haven't no wife's oh. been pushing though wife's been pushing i got that's probably the next show on deck 100 percent. highly recommend it great show me my wife and our friend we watched it and it was super sweet but the, the key takeaway and the, the real thing that I thought about the whole time is the, the writer of the show, the producer, the creator of the show, that's the word they're all using, in the middle of writing it, sold his laptop in order to live. Wow. And then, so it paused. And you should read the story. It's just a cool story about not giving up, pursuing your dreams, living in poverty. Now he's independently rich. That's the story I want to see more of, right? If you believe in something, like, do, like, do it. But just don't like, I, I don't like taking from other people mm-hmm. for a dream. Cause like, again, if you want to take that, I feel like you should then like, be like, I don't want to work the job, but give me the money. I was like, well, then go be a cog if you're going to do cog things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like that, that, that's just my frustration, right? Go like, be a cog like if you're going to do cog things. That, that's, that's yeah. a pretty powerful statement. I like that. And I think the root is sacrifice. It's, it's a lack yes. of willing to sacrifice anything in your life at all, to, to sacrifice your yes. standard of living, to sacrifice where, you're, where you call home, to sacrifice your friends or your family or your current job or your, your current uh, safety. Even just in, comfort level. Yeah. Yes. There it is. Fun. Yeah. 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 It, yes. It's bad. Let's, okay. So to that point, and mm-hmm. then we will pick a topic and we'll go to it. Okay. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm ready. Sorry. To that point, right? Since I started going to the gym, I have... I woke. I get. I get up early, right? So you I wake sacrifice. up at three. This is the point day, of the conversation right? where and I start the, to feel real bad about myself. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> that's not the point. That's not. The I point. do more. I know. This is a personal thing. No, 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 no. Right. So I wake up at three. Go to, to so I can go to the gym Fridays and Sundays, and I wake up earlier so I can work more. Right. And no. when I was trying to decide how I was going to make more money so that we could pay off debt, so we could buy a house, so that I could go to the gym. I didn't want to miss time with Dax, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to miss time with Jordan. I didn't want to do these things. So the easiest thing to do is I'm just going to wake up earlier. Yep. I'm going to sacrifice that hour of sleep and wake up earlier. And there's an insane amount of people that I have spoken to since I started going to the gym about like, oh, when do you go? Where do you go? And like, oh, I have to go to Snap Fitness because it has to be 24 hours so that I can go before work. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I, I couldn't do that. You know, I could never go like at three o'clock. And I don't mean you. I, you're your own deal. Yep. You're an exception. To like I said, it's a personal problem. I say. Yeah. But, any other any other other person that I've spoken to that's saying that, you know, like I, I couldn't do that. Like it's too early. I just feel like I can't do it. Well, then you don't want to go to the gym that bad. Yep. Like if you're yeah. not willing, if, if you don't have any other time, but you could wake up an hour earlier and go to the gym, then you don't really want to go that bad. Yep. Right. I don't like going to the gym. Uh, almost every Tuesday, I'm on fucking Instagram posting at Larry, like, I don't want to go to the gym right now, but I'm going to the gym right now because I'm fucking friends with Larry and I know that he would be disappointed if I didn't go. So I'm going to go and I'm going to savage myself because I don't want to go to the gym. And that's like, if you're not willing to even be uncomfortable or sacrifice comfort, Mm -hmm. then you don't want it, you know, Mm -hmm. and you, it is about sacrifice in one form or another. And comfort is the easiest thing to sacrifice. 
you know? And I think that's one of the things that speaks most to your soft men, hard times thing that we, uh, so many people in our society are unwilling to even sacrifice comfort. The easiest thing to give up. I'm going to make myself mildly less comfortable so that I can be healthier so that Mm -hmm. I can do this so that I can do whatever. And I don't sacrifice time with my kids so that I don't miss time with my wife. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's very difficult. There's, yeah. It's very difficult what we do. You know, like you said, we spend our entire week working jobs and then also come here and do this mm-hmm. and spend 100%. four hours now on average putting together yeah. a show that I would defend with my life. Hard, yeah. You know, it's uncomfortable. It's difficult. My my wife and my son are at home right now. Your wife is off. She's doing things that are fun. You know what I'm saying? You could She's be probably at gym. down at the gym doing, right now. You could be doing yeah. other shit. That chick has gotten ripped. You could be. It's she wild. Really is, that's for sure. Wild. Like, but like the point is, we could be doing other shit. You know, yep. but we would rather sacrifice those other things that we could be doing to the time that we haven't spent with our family. Oh, we yeah. haven't spent doing other things that we want because this matters. Yep. You know. Yeah. Like I've oh my God, on a very and I. I don't want to make this like a, a pity thing, right? Because we're just talking about little sacrifices that we yes. take on in our own personal life. Um, I now sacrifice the first two hours or the, yeah, the first two hours of my post work day, yes. right? Whenever that starts, whether yes. that's at four o'clock or whether that's at six o'clock, you know, I come home now and thanks to the inspiration of Larry, the newly dubbed salty shorts, are a Monday through Thursday thing now. Yeah. Because I decided that that sacrifice of my own time is 100% worth it to me. And so I come home and I do that. And now I've learned to, I've learned to appreciate that, that's that time that I did sacrifice that I used to think was like, well, I need, you know, I need some mental health time. I need to decompress when I come home. I got to take care of the chores, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. Or I could come home and I could continue to hustle and the payoff has been better for the struggle. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I, my sacrificing my my time to do these things has benefited me mentally and I think physically and hopefully monetarily. Yeah. But that's just another small version of a personal sacrifice yes. that a person no, can do. Absolutely. You know. And that's I hope you guys all like this. I kind of did that without anybody's permission. I was like, "You know what? No. These things are salty shorts." And that's what they're going to be. That's salty right. I was, I was, no. I was cutting them at work, man, because I don't have, yeah. to, because I don't, I don't have time after work to do it. You yep. know, with a kid and everything, yeah. I don't have that time. Yep. That's a time I'm not able to sacrifice. Because your time was sacrificed in the front end by going to the gym. And you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, so no, I, I, I applaud you a thousand percent. It's the exact same thing. You know, it's yeah. the exact same thing. I said, I was cutting them at work. I'm sitting mm-hmm. on the toilet at work. I'm, I'm <laughs> editing videos. And it was so that I can make sure I got a clip for later in the day. So yeah, no, but, I don't, I think that that's fantastic, man. I don't, I can, it's great. Now I can read articles when I shit instead of exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that has allowed me to do more shit for the podcast. Yep. <laughs> so, Bathroom breaks are the greatest thing to happen to the podcast. Ever. Oh, man. So I'm telling you the double phone. I can read an article and edit a video. I'm like, yeah, that's yep. fucked up. That's there you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Listen, I, I love everything you said. Like, yes, everything about it was was great and we lost it and it's cool to see and that's why i think i like hanging out guys so much is because like we're just the real things and and the last thing and i'm ready to go to topics like i won't be the person but like the it has to be said because like i I now like cultivate like 200 250 kids literally my job and they're always like okay like what how do i get better right and so i've always been asked how to get better you guys said it there is sacrifice right and everyone they're always like okay i'm gonna do xyz something crazy right and the big thing that I think a lot of kids are missing and what we don't talk about in schools is they have no vision on the other, for the other side, right? Yeah. 
like I think all the great people, A, approach like they collect opportunities, right? They're always looking for ways to get better. They're never chasing trains, right? So they're never late. They're never missing the opportunity they get. And be, like the last thing is they, they have a vision of what the other side looks like. It's super easy for you guys to sacrifice when you guys are chasing the thing. And I think yeah. there's a lot of lost kids. And so like it gets me amped for the sacrifice. But like what I heard there was you guys literally saying like, I know what it's going to look like on the other side. And all you're doing is shortening time together. So I'm in. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm in. Yep. Who, who's going to carry the boats? That's what I'm at. Fucking David Goggins. Exactly. You'd be hanging out with David Goggins too much, bro. You you watch a bunch of his videos. You watch a little bit of Jocko Willink or something like that, and all of a sudden you're going to feel like a lazy piece of shit, and it's going to help push you to do something that you need to do in your life. Yeah. So I think right from the from the get go, part of the reason Larry's here, and I think we should probably just lead off with this. Yes. Is yep. kind of getting an update on where you're at what yes. you're doing you know we've obviously been talking a lot you've had some pretty almost every episode we talk about him i think yeah you know <laughs> so i think it would be good i think for larry to just to start talking about where you're at what you're doing and why you're doing it so uh let's see here uh there is some big news uh god i'm still down in oklahoma i'm still uh a commander basic training uh just that is what it is so basically every 10 like 10 weeks on we get kids we take them from like civilian soldier that's like the whole entire spiel there and so army basic your is, tagline is 10 yeah, yeah weeks? 10 weeks yeah 10 weeks now it's soft but uh it's it's, soft, it's cool. <laughs> mine, mine was only eight it was nice yeah see like coast guard is even softer but like the marine corps like <laughs> really yeah marines went uh, well I, yeah, I think so, but they call theirs boot camps. Like ours is basic training, so like we're not yeah. actually trying to be me doing. Yeah, we're too um, woke to call it anything else. We got to call it basic training at this point. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy! <laughs> like oh, I know you guys know it's getting aggressive. Oh, but yeah, so that so down here, in Oklahoma, oh, yes. the tax and counting business. I officially can say, one year from now, I'll be done with the military, and so oh. um, I'll be completely out, and then I'll go to law school. So like that's pretty oh. much it. Um, the Ooh. new thing I'm trying to do is training for an Ironman. Are you going to be run. SOS counsel, Larry? Yeah, I you know we're going to get we're going to need it out of us <laughs> yeah, when I'm, we get yeah, big. You know it. It's going to be, be like you can't say that about us. I can't wait. Like I'm just waiting for the moment you guys get fact checked. That's how I know we would have made it. Like once you're yes. fact checked, yeah. Like I just be awesome. Can't wait. Can't we're going to be celebrating. We're popping. Fucking fact check, bitch. God bless. I just got oh. And so, yeah, so law school, uh, and then I'll be, like, the in-states to be a JDCPA, and then there's, like, a whole bunch of other stuff I want to build. Um, you guys would have to ask me questions. I'm terrible at talking about myself. Like, I feel like there's nothing. I got inducted into the Kitsap County Hall of Fame, I guess. That's, like, the that's like the new thing. Yeah. I was pitching because their website isn't up to date yet. Yeah. They yeah. haven't announced it yet. They just got a hold of me. Uh, they were like, you're the hardest person in the world to get a hold of. And I said, yeah, I've heard that before. I'm, I'm <laughs> terrible. terrible about my phone. That's okay. That's a healthy thing, though. What can I say? Yeah, and, exactly. And that's for football, right? That's what they're putting you so, in there for. I'm assuming so. I didn't really do anything. It might be like all around. I I don't know. Like they called me and said, "Hey, you're inducted in the Hall of Fame. Do you want to come in? Do you want to give a speech?" And I was like, "Any reason to talk about schools and speeches?" And like, obviously, you guys know that I'm becoming like a not like a Nazi, but I'm starting to care a lot more about schools. And so, like, it's cool to go always go back and do that. And that's what. Wait, so are you going to so. come here? Yeah, so I'll be there eventually uh, to accept my award. Hey! We're gonna take out to Crabtree for one of them thirty-six. Oh steaks or yeah, whatever. forty-three oh my steaks. We'll take it. I'm excited. It looks 
It looks really good also. And I've started eating my steaks medium rare because I'm growing up. So uh, Were you eating them well before? Yeah, I was eating them well. Larry, what the fuck? That's exactly what all my friends are like, <laughs> <it's> not... <laughs> Especially oh, in the South, too. I bet people were like, get the fuck out. Well, get out of my house re- right now. I get a lot of looks. I get a lot of looks. And my what? wife eats it like rare. So like, it's literally, oh, yeah. ble- it literally looks like it was just murdered. On it's, it's not pink. It's purple. Yeah, 100%. Yes. It's super gross. It's like super chewy. So I, oh, I've gotten so a little God. bit better. So yeah, 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 you know, taking my uh, my you know Spanish immigrant parents to a steakhouse the other night um, was really interesting because again, in most Spanish yes. cultures, it's I mean you cook it well. If there's pink in it, you don't eat it. And so I had to kind of like explain to them. I was like, all right, so we're gonna go here. You got to understand, like you can't order like a like you could probably get away with a medium well. But they're, don't they're do anything else. They're, but they're gonna, yeah. And so ended up father-in-law ended up getting a pork chop. So that was that was perfect. But and yeah. then mother-in-law was super pork. happy with the medium filet mignon, which was oh, which was nice. nice. And it was perfect medium too. Like you go to That's like a, a great restaurant. You go to an outback steakhouse and order a, a medium rare. It'll be kind. Of, it'll be pink in the middle or whatever. Like that's a true medium. Yeah. If you want rare, it starts to get a little purple, and you want you want black and blue. That thing is just. We'll put some grill marks on there just to make it look fancy. Larry, how many? Before I forget, how many jerseys do you still have from playing in college? Uh, listen, I'm gonna be completely honest. I think I have like two or three. Two or three. We got, we need one for the studio. Ooh. I can see what I can do. So, like, if, here's if like, possible, we'd pay for it. We'd do whatever we need. I'll give you some money. Yeah, bro. you don't need. To pay. Yeah, you don't. Need to pay. <laughs> we'll That'll be your it. sign-on bonus. We'll shadow box it and everything, you know, so it'll be kept in pristine condition. Yeah, I'm go. just gonna give you. I'll give you guys the one shadow box I have because, like, the other one, like, I haven't moved it up here. So, like, there's like like five things in my life that I cherish besides my wife. Because and we're gonna like, steal one of them from you. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I, we could have one. Of them. But I like, knew it was too much before I even I asked. I was it. like, "This is too much." But so, I got. I have to ask. Listen, the shadow box. Maybe we could talk to that. Like so my most prized possession. It's like super crazy because I have no sentimental value. Is my West Point diploma? It's like the only thing I've ever. Like, oh yeah. I, I look at with like. It was like I like I like I knew like when I got it in my hands. Like it was just like such a a weird tangible moment of like. Yeah, finishing a race. I'll really no. Really, that really makes sense. Race. Oh yeah, but like so that one. I have that my first finishing doc. Uh, those I have my football for when I broke the record at Army for most rushing yards by a fullback, and I think that's it. I have another little token from like uh, Oli when I when I broke a record for the most rushing yards in West Sound. Um, like there's a, there's like a couple of things like my fondness, but like everyone like you guys will see. I have like literally like. I live my life. I live my life like, especially when I was a bit, like, I wasn't married. I would literally like be able to leave everything in my house and just leave. Yeah. And like, I was like a secret agent. I was just like, it's cool. I don't need anything. Like, when we, my wife, it's like, <laughs> fine. Like, just leave the TV. Like, we don't need it. I'll, I'll buy another one. We'll be fine. And so, yeah. like, I, I'm like, that's how I know I'm getting older. I'm trying to like develop like some of the value to look back. But yeah, I, I think we could do the shadow box. Let me. I gotta find it. It's at home. It's but at I you. should be home before then. Okay. I just sent you, if, if you have your phone around, I sent you a picture of the uh, thumbnail we're going to be using for this episode. And it has a oh, beautiful picture of you on there. I think it speaks volumes to uh, your Hall of Fame. Um, he, also extraordinaire. You, he also sent you $300 in crypto as payment for the jersey. In Sheeb. It's only Sheeb. That's the only <laughs> shit I'm working in. Listen, everybody, 
I was in She before it was popular, and it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Listen, oh yeah, I feel great. I was in She about six months ago, and it, or like four months ago, felt yep. great. Feels that cool. was the time to do it, man. Hundred so, percent. Now I'm riding the wave. One of my coworkers had got in there. I mean, he put like, because it was just as soon as Coinbase started to accept sheep and trading sheep he put like you know 60 bucks in it whatever you know bought a few million sheep and then it jumped up a decimal point over yep. like the last week and he's like bro i got like over 200 percent gains here over the over the course of like three four days i was like fuck man i should have bought this shit earlier but <laughs> i'm finally in the sheep game now baby yeah listen up. i can't wait till we start our, our i'm not we're, we're gonna do it on patreon i was gonna tell you about it we need to start some kind of crypto newsletter i'm so finally developing the contacts because i can never do that i think i've gotten away from being like a guy who writes news stories and i want to be an aggregator because i think i have a good uh up for that so yeah that's coming to you guys later in a different talk but go ahead beautiful um so no we have to ask you about why you're leaving the army right because we've talked a lot about that like that's, yeah. that's part of what we talked about you on the podcast so obviously only share as much as you want uh, yeah but um you know we've had some discussions about some issues that you've had with what's going on there you're obviously still active duty so the things that yeah. you can say are kind of limited but um, you know why are you making that choice to leave the army yeah i, I think it's, it's it's because i'm now starting to become like i really wanted to be in the army right let's start from the beginning like at west point i really like like being in the army and even now like i genuinely cherish like like like, like doing i like solving problem sets surrounded by people so it's cool to mentor it's cool to dig in it's cool to, like i like my wife like laughs because i hate it but i love being there yeah. i think now we're getting to the point where like the first thing there's no one above my rank that i want to be like right so like for me i always want to see somebody like i tell you guys have a vision right like i always want to be the person I'm working for, right? I want to be like somebody there. And I don't think I'm chasing anybody there anymore, right? And I think that's creating a little bit of a schism because like I'm not doing any of like the the networking opportunities, right? Well, uh -huh. and I always say like I hate networking, but it's not true because I go to like real estate networking events and I go to tax networking events and I love to be around people talking about different problem sets. And so like there's that schism and then like the, the institutions of the world are moving away from like a conservative values base, right? And I'm not super Republican. Uh, I'm probably closer, more socially leading than anything, right? Except fiscally, but we'll talk about it later. And I think we're, we're going to a place where we have a schism where we're, we're not even like, like, like thinking with like liberal values, more like we're losing the things that we're supposed to make the army great. Like it's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to be hurt. You're supposed to be like pushed through. And we're starting to get into a softer place. And like, everyone's like, oh, everyone thinks everyone's soft. And I was like, well, I'm no longer like cultivating it. I'm now starting to be competitive at it. And I don't know if I'm conducive anymore. And because I respect the military so much, I don't think that like I'm the right guy for the job. And you really saw it with the COVID thing where like, that was probably the first time that I ever had a tough time juggling orders just with that COVID mandate is because like, I didn't believe in it. And like, we got there and I did, I, I got it right. But I did it because like, it was the thing that you're supposed to do. And I really, like at the end of the day, I respect the position more than anything. And I wanted to- You got the vaccine, all... you mean? Yeah, yeah, I did. I got the JJ, I just <clears throat> threw it in there. Um, and like, we can talk about that later, but like, I don't like it was like when I saw that like I was being combative, not because like I was angry, not because like I don't like it, but because I no longer believe it. I'm not I'm, I'm not cold, cold, like I'm not correlated with it, right? You know, I'm not one with it, and I think that could be detrimental. And I see that, and so 
I think like I, I was just like, hey, I'll, I'll do my tenure. I'm doing really well. I'm performing very well. Like I, I tell people all the time, like, like I'm performing at a high level. I've been told I'm performing at a high level. Uh, you know, I've been surprised because I, I'm very different than the average officer. But then at the same time, it's like it's not going to be everywhere. And I don't think the military could work with a guy like me there. And I think we, we finally parted ways. I think what I've enjoyed was before this, that my combativeness, I didn't know how to win in the model. So I was seen as a poor officer where like I could do the things well, but like I was a bad officer, right? Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't doing any of these And I think when I leave this position, I'm going to be construed. Like I'm going to be seen as one of the best and I've been able to perform and because I've had been given more control as a commander, I've been able to like let what I want permeate. And like thanks to my boss, I've been able to do more. But like what I want in my vision isn't the army, right? Like I, I have a very decentralized approach. I have a very, you know, I like I tell people all the time, like, like someone was like, You 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 choose favorites. And I say, I absolutely do choose favorites. Uh, my favorites are all the people who are good. Yeah. And so like I, I just and but like that's a pushback, right? Because you're supposed to treat everyone the same. And I tell you, treat everyone the same, but differently, right? Uh-huh. And so like I now I'm combative. And so like, I'm not helping the army and like, I never wanted to be the cancer. Cause again, I have such a deep respect. I've enjoyed it. I've always wanted to serve. Right. I didn't imagine being here, but I've always wanted to do it. Cause I, again, because I love America, walked around the constitution, obviously at West Point, I always want to, you know, I want to do, I wanted to hoe the road. Right. And I feel like everybody should do some kind of service to hoe the road. I don't care if people don't, but like, that's just where I'm at. And I just, it's, it, it's toxic for me now for like, for them. I'm not having as much fun. I'm super combative. Like I'm getting orders and I just I don't understand. And then again, I really think, and this is the thing that it's going to take tough to go into now, but like we aren't cultivating hard people. And I think that's going to come back to bite us. And it used to be yeah. we're cultivating hard, right? right? Cause like the, the, the dudes who jumped out, charged the beaches of Normandy, we're not breeding those anymore. And yeah. so, like, I just, it's, it's, it's why we part ways. And like, yeah. like I said, I did it the right way. I, I'm, not, I'm not getting kicked out. I just I fucking, I ran my race. I think I'm going to end up being, if not the number one commander, at least top three out of like 30 commanders. So that would be pretty cool too. And then I'm, I'm just, I'm going to peace off into the distance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I, I could totally relate to where you're coming from. Yeah. The, so. the, the service that I left was not the service that I joined. Um, yep. not that I have any less respect for what the Coast Guard does. Um, I love their mission. I still have, you know, really close contacts within and they're a hundred percent on the same tilt that I am. They just choose a different inflection point to, to make their decision to, to, to kind of walk away because, you know, and respect to the military because they do evolve and change as time goes on. And at one point, you know, you recognize that I don't belong here anymore. And it is so much better to do that, you know, to make the decision to leave at that time where you realize that you're, you're not on the same paths anymore. And I'm not going to try to change the service. The church, the service changed me for the better. And I'm taking that and I walk away and I will be, I will speak praises to the coast guard every day until the day I die. Um, You know, you, you, you try to stick it out long enough in a, in an area where, you know, you totally disagree because like, let's say you're trying to go for that 20 year retirement just because you want yeah. to hit that time. So you get your retirement and leave. You're going to leave bitter and pissed off and the service is going to be worse off for your continued 
staying on there. And, and, it, and it's, so I, I so respect your decision to, to make that decision and how you're coming to that decision. I think that's, it's best for you. It's best for the service. I, I think that's fantastic. I did want to ask you real quick, cause you did kind of, you mentioned you always want to be in service, right? Yeah. Um, when you were playing, because your entry into the service started from your West Point, you yep. know, you got a scholarship from to go play football in West Point, right? What were you looking at going into the service before you got your scholarship? Yeah. So it was something where I, I like, was it more ephemeral, just kind of like, I want to go serve. Yeah, it well, my, again, my mom, my dad both served, and I did. My big thing was I never wanted to go into debt, right? So, like, I would love to say, like, all I ever want to do is serve. That's not entirely true, so I won't lie to you guys. My big thing came from I don't want to go into debt for college, right? I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I knew that I could like, like, like pitch a tent in the army, like have something that would keep me going, but then figure something out, right? And I've always felt like you should serve at some level, right? Like I, like from, a, from a young kid, I would even go back to elementary schools to read to kids, talk to kids, and I would always try to get back, right? Like Ms. Wallace, one of my favorite teachers. I would go back constantly and talk to the kids, meet with the kids. I would go back to Fairview, the football team, and I would run sprints with them after the team, and I would talk to them. And basically, I always wanted to be the guy who was paving the way, right, for the new – for the better, right? And I've always believed community is the best way to do that. And so the Army was like the further extension of community, right? Not even the Army. I probably would have tried to go to Marines. But, like, it was always something that was always in the top three where, like, my family wanted me to go to college. But, like, I I may have gone to college, but I always felt like I would back towards the Army in some way or the military in some way just because, again, you, you it, it's cool to say, like, you were a part of it, I guess you would say, for lack of a better word. At least I've yeah. always thought that. And so uh, that's where I was. And, like, that's where, like, that's how I know, like, it's time, too, because, like, I was about, like, like you know rowing the boat for lack of better words it's one of my favorite sayings i say the kids all the time but like now it's just like the the things that i see that need work are now contentious with like the army like right for example mm -hmm. schools you guys know that i love talking about schools I've, I've always wanted to talk about schools but like now that's that's political in nature right and i again now i'm acting out by talking about schools like right like for example canceling the gifted program in new york i like, oh my god I but just I've been talking about that this morning. Uh, Eric Weinstein had a beautiful thread about that on Twitter. <clears throat> yeah, and I understand. And I saw that it was terrible. But go ahead. When I, I just thought about this. I also because I just read about that. Right when I was in school, and I'm not even trying to like be like I was fucking anyway. When I was in school in elementary <laughs> school, yeah, you are. I remember okay. getting letters from like uh, from the gifted program. You know, yeah. like oh, you're eligible to like do this, uh, fucking whatever. You know, and my mom never allowed me in it because she was afraid that I would feel different from other people, which yeah. I think when I was a kid, I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I don't want to like go to a different school or whatever, but now as like an adult, you know, I'm like, I would I make the same choice for my yeah. son? You know, it seems very odd. And like, if I know that you could do better, why wouldn't I help you make that decision to do better and try harder, you know? Um, and so that can, it, concerns me obviously i think much like it does you um what those kids are going to be missing out on you know because yeah. i don't know i don't know what would have been different if if i went to a gifted program you know i struggled all through junior high and high school and yeah. i'm obviously not stupid 
you know, but I had a very, very difficult time in school. And so I don't yeah. know if it would have been different or, or how I, how different I would have been. So it's, concerns me to take those options away from people um but before we go any further excuse me i do just have to thank everybody remind you you're watching us on youtube so thank you youtube.com slash the streets actually that's not what it is but solo streets on youtube yep. uh, you can find us there we have obviously our instagram at Salt the streets and our patreon.com patreon.com slash salt of the streets discord salt of the streets you can also access that in a couple of specific locked uh what do they call them channels or channels threads yeah. channels on discord uh there through our patreon find all this information uh saltofthestreets.com we have our personal social media i am at salt of the street on twitter and at alpaca underscore donovan on instagram colin is at big bird Alfie on both of those things leggings and aprons for some cakes for some cakes on instagram lexi Kayo on twitch for some video games i think that's everything at larry at Larry, obviously, Atlas A&T, <laughs> trying to get your taxes done. He said, like, Larry yeah. the Tax Guy on Twitter and Larry the Tax Man, I think, on Instagram. He's going to be tagging all the things. So <laughs> is it the same or different on there? I have no idea. Listen, it's cool to say Instagram, <laughs> right? It's just like finding where you are. I'm the, ter- I'm the worst. I pro- you know, Instagram's the best way to do it. Facebook, just find me on Larry Dixon. Uh, yeah. It, it's tough. I'm terrible at it. I'm working on it. Adless A&T, if you need your taxes, did. Boom. So, yeah. So, I'm sorry. We're talking about schools. Canceling the gifted program. And so, tell me what your concern is. Canceling the gifted program. Uh, we're terrible. Yeah. No, no. We're about to go. You listen, you just have to get We just have to get back on track. Um, quickly. We'll get there. We'll get there. I- <laughs> Been two hours. I, there we'll are no tracks. That's what, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Listen, that's fine. Just we'll, we'll do ten hour rift and we'll just cut it all down. We'll just send somebody before we came here. She's like, "Oh, it's fine." Like, you know, you get home like around this time, and I was like, "Well, Larry's going to be on this week, so it's good." I'm it's not going to run off. long. I said, so just yeah, know it's going to run long. So we got some business to talk about afterwards. So I'm going right. to be at Collins for a little while. So we're going to be we're going to be doing some shit. So that's what I'm saying. I told my wife, I was like, "Yeah, it won't be that long." In the back of my notebook, it would be super long. Um, <laughs> She could blame us. That's entirely that's entirely reasonable. Uh, you're right. You're right. That's exactly what I will say. Uh, but on the schools, so I've always felt like schools should be an individual thing, right? Like for you, you're a perfect example. You're not stupid, right? You literally are talking about polishing off two to three books in a week and then talking about your comprehension being there and you're doing it with a kid. You're not. But what you probably were, were bored, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you have to engage, w- w- one, teaching Teaching the general doesn't matter, right? I, I hate the fact that we cover so many things. Like, we should cover, like, three things. Two, I feel like we have to be able to alter and change the pace of it, the curriculum, based off of how you do. And so what's happening is, one, I don't like because I canceled because not enough black people are in there, right? We can talk about how my feelings That's are That's what it is because it's racist? Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's God. 100%. Yeah. We backed away to the racism, right? Yeah. At the same time, now there's people who would have benefited for it who are just going to be bored and they're going to be like you. Like, I feel like a lot of your like your school, if you went back and really thought about it, you were probably just bored because you were doing something stupid. And it's not fun to do boring things. So you're going to do something that's fun. When you're a kid, most of the things that you think are fun are immature, right? You're going to, you're going to do silly things in the back. And I saw mainly in math class when I took easy math and I was, I was never engaged or I did it uh-huh. in reading because I, I, I hate reading. Like, I don't care what a person in 19... Oh, to wrote a book about like it's not <gasps> interesting. Oh, exactly. Dare you. Ex- ex- and I'll I mean, always that's a little before that. Hundred percent. Let's like I don't. I just I never cared. Like I don't. Uh-huh. I've read like one fiction book since I graduated high school. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like fiction at all. Different I, all strokes, my, I just, you know. 
hundred percent. And it's, I don't even, I can judge people, but it's boring to me. So it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's my biggest problem. It's just like, now there's going to be another echelon of people have done it. And we've done it over the veil that like, we're helping black people. And I don't like how we're constantly being helped here. Or like, it's just, it, our low expectations are so expected that when other people don't meet our low expectations that are set for us, we then punish everybody and then point at us and say, Hey, like, because these group of people can't do it because they're not as smart. It's not fair to them. I we've never built anything that's ever been important off of that basis. And so that's like my problem, right? Like my basis is it should be an individual endeavor, which is why, again, if you look at the homeschool numbers, what I tell you, homeschool pods are going to be the thing of the future. I said it, I said, first time I came on here, it's my favorite thing to talk about. That being said, homeschool numbers are skyrocketing. Why? Yep. Because the curriculum shit and all the kids are sitting on their computers and now their parents are in the background. And when they're just like, they're saying all this reckless shit or they're talking about a seventh grader being like, what's four plus four? And he's like seven. And it's like, okay, Timmy, you were so close. Like, no, idiot. Tell him he's fucking wrong. And so, again, I'll get super passionate about this. I really think we're fucking us on school. And if school's like our way to catapult us up to new levels, like you guys have seen as you've gotten smarter, You've gotten into different circles. You've done more. Then we're just we're we're literally ruining our future. We're kneecapping oh, yeah. ourselves, and it's yeah, like 100%. it seems like that's kind of worth. Seems that's the theme of the day. Outside, I don't remember what I said it was earlier, but it's the theme of the day. Is, is Knee kneecapping ourselves. Yeah, we're fucking ourselves over in all these different areas. We're oh, setting yeah. our youth up for failure, whether it's in schools when they enter the military and all these different facets. That we're we're kneecapping. We're going to set them up to not be as good as they can be because we mm-hmm. don't want to risk failure for them, which is counter to everything that any successful person has ever told us about being successful you know they've oh. never said you can't fail if you if you fail it's done for you know every successful person ever has said you have you cannot be afraid to fail because you, you are going to fail you are going to fail over and over and over and over again until yep. you learn exactly what you need to do and then you will figure it out and that's how you know you've made it yep. you're going to continue to fail forever yep. you know so to not allow people to fail is uh, uh, especially youth Right to not allow youth to fail is an is a horrible horrible mistake. You Terrible idea. Yeah, there's That's... the only things. There's very few things I won't allow Dax to do, and it's what I'm afraid he's going to really hurt himself. You know, right. I'm not afraid yeah. to let him get hurt. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. for him to fall. I'm not afraid for him to get fucked up. It is what it is. He is a child. He will figure it out. He has yep. to learn somehow. I'll tell him you're, careful, you're there to prevent hospitalization and death. That's what I'm saying. I'll tell him, <laughs> be careful, be careful, but yep. there's some shit you have to learn yourself and you can't yeah. learn by me telling you to be careful. I'm going to tell you, but you have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. You know, what the fuck does dad know? I could get, the, Oh, he doesn't fuck. listen anyway. That's why I have tell yeah. him 10 times. He doesn't care anyway, you yeah. know, but it's, it's, he's not going to care for another, you know, 16 to yeah, 20 no, years man and that's exactly you know and you were talking about homeschooling and we we talked about jordan just told me about this this morning there was the chiropractor we talked about during covid that was saying shit oh, that yeah. we talked about that was reckless right wild that obviously a lot of what she said turned out to be pretty true right wild at, at the time it was uncorroborated and that was the point that we took from it is we can't prove this yet it's dangerous to be sharing this information mistake on our part because oh, fucking look at us she was right so anyway my my beef is largely settled with this woman. Jordan has started to see her, especially over the last week or so. We'll talk about that afterwards. Anyway, um, Jordan has started to see this woman again. And when she went to see her, she's this is like a like a very holistic chiropractor and like healing and stuff like that. And um straddles the, the worlds between chiropractic and naturopath. Yes, yeah. Um, but she's she's a cool lady. And so anyway, she apparently started 
a soccer league, a youth soccer league, because her daughter wanted to play soccer, but all of the youth soccer leagues required masks. So she started a soccer league that way that made masks optional, right? Because she's a doctor, she was able to procure exemptions for all these kids so that anybody who didn't want need to wear a mask didn't have to wear a mask, right? She's a doctor. So all these lines to get the exemption. State opened up an investigation into her, into her business, into her everything because she's trying to do this, right? She's also started a school that yeah. where they have a, a youth program, a elementary school program. And then like, like a, they bought a, they bought a barn, they renovated it. They have teachers for Montessori schools that they hired and brought over here. They're already looking to expand because so many people have brought their kids into this school. Yeah. Right. I think we've talked about, that's one it's, of my major bugaboos is I want to start a, I want essentially down the road, start the time, a stall to the street you know? school because I, the schooling is so important and like we could probably spend an entire episode talking about school. So I'll try to be yes. succinct. Um, That's one of the topics our, for this week. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everything we talk about now is a topic for the week, baby. Um, but there is something systematically wrong with our school schooling system, our education yes. system. Yeah. Right. And I, I believe that it's essentially a problem that has um, been exacerbated by the sheer scale of what is required for schooling and the standardization of things at scale. The general knowledge Larry was talking about yeah. all the different mm-hmm. general education. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and we are unable to continue the same education model that we've had since the fifties, because yeah. it is unable to serve the people it needs to serve for the, it's still designed to service people as if we were in the 1950s, which we are not, which we are not. You and know. it is, it is the, it's one of the biggest travesties I think of, of our modern society is our complete and utter lack of concern for the betterment of our youth. We hear it all the time. It's for the children, for the children, but it's all empty platitudes. It's really for the people that are, that are telling you it's for the schools. It's actually for them. Oh yeah. That's why all these different mandates are happening. You know, that's why the state workers have to get vaccinated. That's why all the teachers have to get vaccinated. That's why every public worker has to get vaccinated. It's for the kids. Uh You know, that's why we need to talk about passports because it's it's for the kids so they can stay in school. Hopefully Jay Inslee said this the day that Joe Biden had his press conference talk about the federal vaccine mandates. Jay Inslee had another one. We talked about like five minutes afterwards in which he talked about referenced several times, you know, hopefully people will make the right choice, the responsible choice. So our kids can stay in school and they'll, you know, people make the responsible choice to get vaccinated. So our kids can stay in school. Yeah. What the fuck does me getting vaccinated have anything to do with the kids staying in school? Nothing because I might, because I might, come across one in a store in which they could possibly get it for me when I walk past them. Is that what you're talking about? Or like, that's, that's how we're going to form our whole society. <laughs> is over that contingencies of, that. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. It's just whatever, you know, that that's just the justification this time. It's a, uh, it's, it's for the blacks, you know, it's, it's for the kids. It's for exactly. whatever. Like, yep. it's just, we, yep. someone needs help and that's why we're going to do it yep. because someone is being left behind and uh, we mm-hmm. don't know why, but it's happening. And so we've got to remedy it. Yep. We're not and, going to find out why, but we're going to fix it. And to, yep. to put a cap on it and to bring us back to where we started. <laughs> the Because what we started was the, the gifted programs. Couldn't even tell you. Right? Oh, there you go. Gifted children programs, yeah. stuff like that. Who knows to put a cap there. on that, what we're dealing with here is the same thing we've dealt with multiple times over the last, you know, I don't know how many years at this point. But it's the, what we used to say was the soft bigotry of low expectations, which yes. is just now straight bigotry of low expectations. You're yes. assuming that the you can't do it. Yeah. So we're going to help. You. Yeah. We're assuming that the quote unquote BIPOC community is less than 
because we've dubbed this beautiful thing called white privilege that makes white people the greatest thing since sliced bread, which I think sliced bread is rather overrated. Right. Just state that for the fucking record. Because if you're not cutting your own bread, you're doing something wrong. But that's where that's where all of this stems from. It stems from the deeply racist viewpoint that people that aren't white are less than. And I don't understand in the year fucking 2021 how anybody can hold that fucking view and call themselves an anti-racist. That's because, and this is this is the anti-racist view, and that's because you're racist and you don't even know yes, it. Yes, I forgot you about that. You don't know it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's not only is the BIPOC community left behind, they're left behind because you want them to be and you don't even know it. That's right, I forgot. So I'm we have trained you so that you don't want that anymore. Oh, there you go. Which is like, you, it used to, you, like you said, it used to be like a choice almost. You know, if you mm-hmm. could be sold on it, then this is what you were into. Now it's like, if you're not sold on it, I'm telling you, you this are a racist. Are. Yep. And the only way you cannot be one is by my help. And you got to hire this bitch that I know. And it's like 10K a week, but she's got to come in. She <laughs> has right. to. She's got to come That's in. That's the only way. And she's white, by the way. <laughs> and, and she, she, but let's, we don't need to mention that. But it's only because she is so reformed that she can reform oh you. At least that's uh, the only way. Uh, the great reverend Al Sharpton was doing it. <laughs> you know, it kind of made sense. But when, uh, what's her name? Angelo. Angelo. Oh, God. White guilt. Or white guilt. Right. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Whatever the hell I her hear, name is. You I know, when she's her. the one that you need to hire. It's like, okay, pause button. Do so, you what are we fucking doing here, boys? So what is now this? that now that we've talked about race Robin D'Angelo. Robin D'Angelo. Now that we've talked about critical race theory and we're talking about schools, we have to talk about Let's do it. the the FBI opening up investigations into parents protesting oh, critical race. Yeah. Oh, right? Let's do this. And Let's so get into I've, it. I've Garland, baby. I've seen an array of takes, right? People who are like, this letter doesn't say anything about critical race theory or anything like that. Right. Sir, certainly. Certainly. This letter does not say we are going to investigate parents who are protesting critical race theory at school board meetings. Because critical certainly, race theory is not being taught. Certainly that's right. Um, apparently, fuck, what did Jordan fucking fuck? What did Jordan tell me what's called? Uh, because it's happening in Kitsap County and it's like um, it's like oh, fucked. If, it's like critical race fact or like theory is not involved. It's no. like this is like what it is. Because God is, damn it. Oh, it's, fuck. It's a uh, praxis. Critical race praxis, critical yes. praxis. It's already, yeah. it's already applied in principles, there, right? So, yeah, okay. So, because to say it was critical race theory would indicate that you are actually you're actually studying the critical race theory literature, which there is actual critical race literature. Yep. But to take those, to take that ideology and turn it into curriculae and practices through things like math problems word problems that that focus around like okay it takes let's say it you know jose gets five apples and then um you know george gets six apples you know how many i'm not going to be able to draw a good analogy here but that's what we're talking about is essentially the practices that are taught in critical race theory being Mm -hmm implemented throughout the entire curriculum kind of spread out throughout the whole deal that way you're not actually studying critical race theory you're studying mathematics you're studying literature you're studying writing and critical thinking under the 
guidelines that are built behind critical race theory. So, so, yeah. so this is happening all over the place. All over, and the place. parents are protesting it, fucking all over the place. We were talking about this black shit parents right before. too, not just white parents, yeah. black parents too, right? All, all over the place, yep. videos yes. all the time. Parents of all colors, right? Regardless, it doesn't matter because racism is fucking racism, right? So. Yep. Some of these have, uh, some people have obviously gotten very emotional, right? Very emotional. It's a very emotional topic. I, I, we've already decided, my kid is not three years old. We've already decided through very emotional conversations. He's not going to public school because I'm not going to deprogram my son who's taught that I'm a racist because I don't believe in the 1619 mm-hmm. project and I want everyone around him to be treated the same. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because that'll turn I'm, him into a racist. Exactly. I'm not going to so, combat with that, yep. right? I've already decided I'm not going to compete with that, right? So, Obviously, it makes people very emotional. Yep. And I Again, told Jordan, school. I said, I can a thousand percent see a situation in which in a school board meeting, I have made my public comment and I have then been called a racist in which I tell someone to go fuck themselves or something very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see a world in which that happens. Right. Yep. That's what we're talking about. Happening now. We are we are talking about people getting. And I'm not defending threats of people because you shouldn't be doing that yeah. shit, right? What I'm saying is that it's an extremely emotional topic, and this is happening frequently. And, or inf- the extreme emotion is happening infrequently, but the mm-hmm. protests are happening all the time. Yep. So the National School Board something, right? This group that represents a, an amalgamation of school boards across the country wrote a letter to the Justice Department requesting that they investigate parents that are protesting critical race or protesting, you know, staging protest at schools. And the response letter from the FBI compared these protests and the threats that have been coming out of some of them to domestic terrorism, which started this spur, uh, obviously, of emotion. And and like I said, the debate on Twitter of like, oh, well, this FBI letter doesn't say anything about critical race theory. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, but it stemmed from protests that are about critical race theory ideologies being put into schools, mm-hmm. you know, and there have now been requests from that same school board. I fuck. I still Loudoun County. I might have a clip on it. I don't know, but they have requested that the FBI consider using the Patriot Act mm-hmm. against some of these parents that are protesting at yep. these schools, the fucking Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. For if anybody who doesn't remember, right, for anyone who doesn't remember, was put into place after 9-11 to find out and try and investigate terrorism around the globe. 20 years ago. And now we're talking about using it against parents who are protesting critical racism being installed in their in the curriculum of their children's public schools that are paying being paid for by their tax dollars. What the fuck are we talking about right now? But I should I should definitely put my kid in public school, right? Oh, yeah. I definitely need to put them in You're a bad school. person if you don't. I'm a piece of shit if I don't. If I educated myself, I'm fucking ignorant. Yep. Yeah, there's a... Oh, what's that movie called? I'll find it. We'll bring it up later. Listen, I, I agree with everything you said. Like, Tell one me where thing, you're at. Listen, listen. I can go in on this all day. I literally was screaming at this. The first thing I want to say is the last thing that you said. What program are they using? The Patriot What did we just say was our problem with all these entitlement programs? They never go away. The Patriot Act was slid in under our feet when there was another crisis. Granted, 9-11, cr- crazy. Obviously, tragedy. Obviously, one of the worst things that ever happened. They slid in one of the most important things. 
and we didn't want to get, we, we never got rid of it and now we can use it again, right? Secondly, my biggest thing with CRT or CRP or the practice, whatever they're saying, is they're basically saying to black kids, right? And I look at it from the other way. You're just like, I don't want my son to think I'm a racist. I would never want my son, my kid to ever think that the culmination of his life are the tragedies that ever happened to him. We're not yes. learning about any of the great scholars that are doing, right? We don't look about the triumph of it. Everyone says, oh my God, you had you went through slavery. Where I try to tell this is like, look at everything your ancestors did. And you think they did all that shit, went through all that shit. So you could bitch on the other side because someone doesn't cultivate or understand your feelings. It's 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 stupid. It's softness and it's not leading us anywhere. Again, my biggest thing with CRT with almost the entire agenda is what does it look like when it's done and if what it looks like on the other side which is what the other the black guy said it uh, he said the only way to stop racist is to be anti-racist well to be like or to be like racist against the racist well we're oh, still Ibram cultivating kennedy. yeah even kennedy said that the only way to stop racism would be anti-racist which if you look at anti-racist is really just racist against the person that's racist to you that's yeah. another flaw right and the last thing i'll say and sum up and it's the reason why again i shifted away i don't think i'm a republican but i'm definitely not a democrat booger t washington said he said there is literally a class of color people that would not seek to change because they're profiting from it so like why would any of these people stop when they're profiting from it why how come when the teachers union tells something to the president it actually gets directly done because the teachers union is one of the biggest lobbyists for the president we've expanded the thing there's more cog in the wheels no one's thinking everyone's just doing cog things i don't know why people send their kids to to, to public school it's no, it's a service it's ran scores on the back of all of that, right, getting away from politics, no one thinks that public school is going well. Everybody has a problem. Secondly, the biggest choice you make, because you said it, again, another one of the things you said, you literally, like, I don't want to have to deep deprogram my son when he comes home for 10 hours. The person they spend the most time with right now is the teacher. They, we are literally abdicating the responsibility of raising our children to the teachers, and we are getting nothing in return, and that's not helping us move forward. We're literally moving back and retrograding because we're constantly moving to the mean, right? So if you're constantly going to go to the mean, it's going to hurt the people in front. Simultaneously, we're dropping the expectations of our mean. So if we're moving to the mean and dropping the expectations, we're just raising shit, and I hate it. I can do this all day. I swear, I fucking hate it. I can do this all day. The math literally <laughs> is secular. So you could sit yes. there, and you could literally talk about about it all day because it there is no end point. It's a continual circle from where we're at today to back to where we were in the, you know, in the sixties and even further than that. And then back and forth and back and forth. And that's, that is a bad place for the state of education to be at. No, hundred percent. And like, no. what, what is the change? You guys said you want to do school. I've wanted to do school. I've wanted to get, again, another reason I'm getting out, I'll have way more time to, oh. like, to get back to the community. Okay. And on, I man. could just go do more programs to big brother, big sister. Cause again, I don't think, the voice out there is like it's there, right? Like we don't, we're not even getting to college yet. I could go in on college too. Oh yeah, college is that's a whole nother level too. Yeah, especially 100%. because that is one hundred percent optional, and it's the right word. Like you need to, you need to want to go do it. Mm -hmm. Like you it's need elective. to actually, yeah, it's an elective. You have to go pursue that that goal, and then whereas public school is more or less mandated. I mean, you have yeah. to go to public school. Otherwise, you have to say that your kid's homeschooling. Like, there's no just, there's no, like, not putting your kid in the system at some point. You know, they're they're known to the system. Yes. Oh, well, this has been highly uplifting. Let me just say, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to get real black pilly today, but for fuck's sakes, this is, this is going good. It's dark. It's always dark. Mm. It's just sad. So, again, I guess... 
I get frustrated. Go ahead. What's next? What's next? Light them, line them up. I'm ready. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we start talking about this book? Okay, let's do that. Have um, you read any of this book at all, Larry? Peril. No, I I've heard excerpts. I have not read it yet. I've gathered from there, which was one of the most disheartening facts, and we can start there and expound. Was General Milley? Yeah. Uh, yes. His response and what he did. I think the fact that nothing that was very disheartening. Again, as a person who. I do a lot of things because my boss is tell my boss tells me, right? Anyone tells me, and you're supposed to execute with violence. And literally, like we talk constantly about a coup, and I don't know if we've properly compartmentalized that. And so, like, that was the thing that I've heard. I haven't got the book, I haven't read it, but that was the thing I've been chewing on for a long time. And like, mm-hmm. what does that look like on the heels of us literally removing? thousands of soldiers here in the next six to eight months because they won't get a COVID shot. We have a person that was literally talking to what was supposed to be our worst enemy. And he was like, I'm trying to prevent the World War III, but like, what does that look like? Like, I I don't know. So we can start there. And that's perfect because that's literally the part that was reported on when this book first started to go into like pre-sale was the prologue. As as, as the book came out and we, we found out the only thing people were actually getting uh previews of or whatever however they got the source of reporting it was the prologue to this book which is pretty hilarious because i turned on the audiobook and i was like oh hey this is the thing that i heard cnn talking about the other day so funny that that's and then it drastically shifts after the prologue to more talking about like biden central type stuff in the the election and whatnot but i'm gonna let don kind of lead this off because he just ran through the whole deal in nine days. nine days. So he's got a great big picture view of it. I'm only about a third of the way through the book at this point. Audiobook, should, I should state. Yeah, so there are two main things that you're referring to, right? Because in the prologue, they kind of run over two different scenarios. One of them is when General Milley called his counterpart in China before, mm-hmm. after the election, um, before the inauguration, mm-hmm. to talk about to address concerns that were apparently raising in China that Donald Trump was going to try and what they call it a wag the dog scenario was going to try and pop something off between China right before he leaves office to in a last minute attempt to bolster control of the nation. I struggle to see a scenario in America in which that happens just because just something militarily happens after you've already lost the election that he would then get to stay on after he's already lost. Um, mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. The, the main point is that general Milley took it upon himself to create a back channel, to use an existing back channel, to speak with his counterpart in China, to not only tell him that, that we had no plan to attack, but that if there was going to be an attack, that he would give him prior knowledge. We'll tell you right? about it. Yes. And so this is, this is the quote that I actually highlighted here is, Uh, And this is from an excerpt of a transcript that exists of the conversation. So that's supposedly all these conversations that are in quotes are from transcripts that exist or from first person accounts or very reputable accounts. You know, I don't know why else they would be in quotes Mm -hmm. in a book like this, but that's what it says in the beginning. So, um, and this is General Milley. He says, generally, you and I have known each other now for five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. It's not going to be a bolt out of the blue. Uh, at the very least it's extremely inappropriate 
right? Yeah. And there's been a lot of conversation, a lot of people threw around the word treason, right? And at the end of the day, it was kind of stomped out because treason is like a wartime activity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We don't go to war yet. But we I think this is probably anymore. the closest thing to that because if there's a military action going to be carried out against China, that's already happening, right? That's the only way that General Milley is going to know that it's happening is if it's either right about to happen or it's, or it's happening, mm-hmm. which would mean that we are in one way or another, beginning a military interaction or a war with China, right? Whether or not we've actually declared war against China, we are engaging in military action against them. I feel like this, at the very least at that point, would border on treason, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know where it sits if we're not actively in a war with those people, but if we're engaged in, like, military activity, you know? It's a Vietnam problem. Exactly. Military, I mean, it's the same thing with the Afghanistan problem. It's military exercises military movements military engagements whatever you want to call it in a country or towards a country or nation that it that we are not actually at war with that's that's the problem because realistically i don't know if we're ever going to go to war again but this is as close to a war as we could get at this point without right you know live fire shootings but and and that's why i i didn't go to straight to treason um and my thought right because that's where i started but then it what it is it is you literally have a high-ranking commander undermining the the president right Mm -hmm. and general mccrystal back in iraq was fired for doing the same thing to obama he's a two-star and the fact that nothing happened and nothing was said cultivates a weird society where now the institution of the military that took a massive crack as it was supposed to be a political like i've lived my whole Entire push here again, seven years, not 40. I'm obviously not the officer general Milius. That being said, I've lived my whole seven year career trying to be completely apolitical and then execute the mission of those appointed to hire me. You literally take an oath of it. So I was more frustrated, not with the thought, like, okay, this is treason, you need to do something, but more with the thought of, like, hey, like, you like you are literally subverting the command of the other person, right? So, like, secondly, there was no tangible evidence that it was like. For him to say, like, Donald Trump was popping off of the mouth and that was the reason to do it, like, that's a long road to hoe when he was literally sending out his wordos for the military on Twitter. Like, the man would just talk. So that's that was my frustration. Like, nothing happened. So, like, whenever you don't punish an action, you reinforce that happening. So, like, yep. right. h- h- how can you say that's okay and then punish somebody else? Well, and it's interesting what you say about politicizing it because there's another portion in this book when the BLM protests or BLM rights were happening outside of the White House and there was the fire in the church across the street, right? And the day afterwards, Trump and a bunch of people in the cabinet walked over to the church and so that he could take pictures. Halfway through that, General Milley walks away mm-hmm. and there's pictures of that and it turned into a whole deal, right? And so in this book, reportedly, he's very, very upset because Donald Trump politicized the military. He decided he was going to use General Milley as a tool for this to uh, for his photo op to make it look like the military supported what he was doing. So General Milley, it's not it's not like he isn't aware that he shouldn't be politicized. You know, he's very very aware of exactly what his job is. That's why he's been there. Like I said, he's been in the military for forty years. You know, so it's so, not like he doesn't know that. You know, so to it just kind of underscores what you're talking about 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 politicizing this potential action something that might happen because china thinks that it's going to happen you know um and there's a point in here this is 
General Milley's justification as to why he was doing what he was doing, right? Um, and this is what he called his Schlesinger moment, right? Mm. Schlesinger and General Brown feared Nixon might go around the chain of command and independently contact officers or military unit to order a strike, putting the country or the world in jeopardy, right? And yeah. so Schlesinger, I believe, was the chief of staff for President Nixon, right? Yeah. And so they took it upon themselves, much like General Milley, to... So I should, I should say this first. Not only did General Milley, <clears throat> excuse me, have this conversation with the Chinese general, he then held a meeting with a bunch of other, he immediately summoned senior officers from the National Military Command Center. This is the war room in the Pentagon used for communicating emergency actions from the National Command Authority, the president or his successor for military action or use of nuclear weapons. So he gathered a bunch of the leaders that are in this military command council for a private meeting in his office and i'm not going to say ask them to vow or like swore or anything but definitely he um outlined and underlined what the processes are for launching a nuclear strike in a, in the united states mm -hmm. and yeah. made very clear that regardless of what the actions or circumstances were any of these commanders were to ensure that general milley was involved in these actions so that before anything happened he could do something right mm -hmm. he never said yeah. so i can stop it so i can do anything so i can whatever i just want to make sure that i am in contact or that um if you get calls, Millie said, no matter who they're from, there's a process here. There's a procedure. No matter what you're told, you do the procedure. You do the process, and I'm part of that procedure. You've got to make sure that the right people are on the net. If there was any doubt what he was emphasizing, he added, quote, you just make sure that I'm on this net. Don't forget. Just don't forget. And this is quotes from the book, right? I'm reading from the book right now. He said that his statements applied to any order for military action, not just the use of military weapons. He had to be in the loop. By way of summary, he said, the strict procedures are explicitly designed to avoid inadvertent mistakes or accidents or nefarious, unintentional, illegal, immoral, unethical launching of the world's most dangerous weapons. It was his quote-unquote Schlesinger moment, but he did not call it that to the assembly, to the assembled NMCC officers. So, which that part indicates to me that he said that to Woodward or Costa, Right. Or else they would be implying intent into his actions that they could, all they could do is draw. And I, they couldn't state it that way. Mm -hmm. Or else it would, I, mean, I don't know, legally pressing or anything, but it's certainly inappropriate. If he didn't say that to them, then it would be very inappropriate for them to write it that way. Yeah. Right? So to continue, make sure everyone on duty in each shift gets this review, he said. Quote, unquote, they're in place 24-7 every day, all day long. The watch teams practice the procedure multiple times a day. Any doubt, any irregularity first, call me directly and immediately. Do not act until you do. So don't continue to do your job. You need to stop and tell me first so that I can do what I'm going to do and then continue to do your job. That kind of seems like what, he's, what they're portraying. Do not act until you do. He pointed to himself. Then he went around the room asking each officer for confirmation. They understood, looking each in the eye. Got it, Millie said? Yes, sir. Got it? He asked another. Yes, sir. Got it? Yes, sir. Got it? Yes, sir. Millie considered it an oath. So that's a, which is a weird, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things that I don't know if he said that or if they just wrote that there. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know why they would say it, especially like that. Millie considered it an oath. That sounds like that's That from sounds like he said that. Yeah. It's either that or that's what he told them. 
because and that's the other problem with these and I, these that's Woodward what i mean books, is that you know? he said that when he was talking to them is i considered yeah. it an oath. i don't mean at the time i consider this an oath mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to the commanders but that he said this to the authors yep yeah and that's you're asking for a backdoor agreement from military commanders that you are going to be to not outside but an additional step to these processes and a break certainly in between or at least that's what it sounds like mm-hmm. yep. yeah it kind of like to me it sounded like obviously there are a lot of processes in place for yes the the launching of a nuclear missile right or a, a nuclear weapon and it almost sounds like he's saying that if there's any break in that process whatsoever you call me period full stop uh and i i have a hard time understanding why he would think that because if there are processes that are in the military being you know you let's say you're on part of the duty crew for you know you're actually going to be the guy that turns the key and presses the button at whatever point of you know the stage that is right whatever stage at the process that is <laughs> Like it almost sounds like he's expecting there to be people on the other end who would just do it regardless of process if the president called him. You know, if, if the president calls, let's just, I don't know, pick a, a place where there's a, a silo. He calls the, that room and says, hey, I need you to launch the missile. This target, go. You know, he's, it almost sounds like he's just saying, like, if, he, if the president calls you, you know that there are processes in place and that's not how this works. You call me if somebody does that to you, because that's breaking the current chain of command, which by nature, and that's like when this first story broke, I was like, geez, this sounds like trees in full stop. But then the more I think about it, it, it sounds as if he's just subverting the chain of command. Before we ask Larry, what he thinks I have to remind everybody and thank everybody for watching us on YouTube. You know, that you, you, know that you love it, Larry. I have to thank yeah. everybody for watching us on YouTube, Salt of the Streets. Obviously, thank you. We have our Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets, our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our Patreon, patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets, all the tiers. Go ahead and sign up there, become a patron, help us make more, better content. We have our Discord, discord.com, Salt of the Streets. We have our own personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both Big Bird Offie on both those things. Jordan's at Leggings and Aprons on Instagram for some cakes. Lexi Kayo on Twitch for some video games. Atlas A and T if you need your taxes done. Larry the Tax Man, we're here. I believe that that, that is that's about as sold, sold as I've ever heard. For all this information, I don't know if I said that already, but that's the last one that wraps it up. It's, it is all there. Okay, so Larry, what is your take? on what I just said here, this backdoor or backroom agreement uh, with the National Military Command Center or commanders from the military, National Military Command Center, senior officers, excuse me. I, I mean, it, it is what, listen, I don't want to say, it always, I have a terrible habit of making everything sound like the end of the world. It is what it is. But what was happening, right? We'll, we'll lay it up. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll lay it out in the most basic terms. Someone above me had an order. I sat down with people under that person and cultivated a plan for an unofficial route to where we would veto him through unofficial means in case he ever made a decision, right? Or in another word, we illegally, outside the chain of command, took power from that of the person above us. In this case, the person that ran our government. That is a coup. Yeah, and it's fine if you don't think that. And it that may would be not, a military again, coup. 
hundred percent. It doesn't have to be a coup. But we literally took the responsibility. Like we took power from the president in that moment. And if you're, then we took that power from that moment and then gave assurances to someone that was supposed to be your enemy of the assurances that we took power from that person. I don't know how to construct this in my mind to be okay. Like I told, like I told my friends, I'm not trying to go on Fox and yell about this because I'm still in the army and I don't want to be that person. But again, any practical person with a brain, and I can tell you from being on the inside, saw that, saw that and took it to heart. There's, there are soldiers who saw that and understood that, right? There are some people who are just blindly just living their lives. But again, you tell me another way that I can construct that in my head or you combat my thought that that is a form of a coup. And I'll listen, but no one has. Everybody always says, you don't know what you're talking about. So, well, well I, I have, if you, I was just say, what makes it a coup? What makes it a military coup is the fact that our, our military in the United States of America, by its own nature, has to be commanded and run by civilians. Yes. And we're one of the only countries in the world that has that. By General Milley doing this, he is subverting civilian control of the military and pulling it to just within the military itself, which is a problem a country like Venezuela has, not the United States of America. We keep control. The commander-in-chief spot is the president of the United States for a reason. It's because he's a civilian and he is not a member of the military. By merely doing this, he subverted the civilian chain of command that oversees and runs the military and took it upon himself to make himself the point man and the decision maker there which I think by definition is a military coup. That was hot. That's hot. Let me just, let me, because I can underline it, right? I can (laughs) can underscore it, right? After it comes out, suddenly at 12.03 p.m., Millie noticed the news crawl on television in his post office, CNN, with the sound off. Pelosi says she spoke to Joint Chiefs Chairman on preventing Trump from initiating military hostilities or ordering nuclear strike. What the fuck, an officer said? As Millie listened to the CNN story, he quickly saw Pelosi had not revealed what he had said to her and only shared part of what she had said to him. She did not mention her reference to Nixon, but she had said she publicly, but what she had said publicly was correct as far as it went. In these final days, Millie wondered, could Trump prompt the undermining of American democracy and the world order carefully built in the years since World War II? Millie was not going to allow an unstable commander-in-chief who he believed had engaged in a treasonous violation of his oath to use the military improperly the schlesinger revival 40 years after 47 years after nixon had been necessary had been necessary a wise check carefully calibrated millie was sure was he subverting the president some might contend millie had overstepped his authority and taken extraordinary power for himself but his actions he believed were a good faith precaution to ensure that there was no historic rupture in the international order no accidental war with china or others and no use of nuclear weapons so one of the things that I wrote earlier in here, so when bad. how does he have a job when he talked about his Schlesinger moment is that Richard Nixon had a very long history of secret bombing raids and secret wars in Vietnam and a lot of really nefarious shit, recording people like really bad shit. And there's something else in here. There's a note that I have pulled to the side that apparently Trump had a reputation for also secretly recording people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, and I, I didn't know that, um, but... 
I I would bet money that in 20 years from now, we're going to find out about some real bad shit because HBO literally has a documentary that's called Nixon on Nixon. That's a bunch of his White House tapes that someone fucking got a hold of that they turned into a whole documentary. So there's a whole bunch of more information out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. That we don't know. We'll have but, to wait for Ken Burns to do it. That's the yeah, we'll have because, to wait for yeah, I've been but, watching that Ken Burns Vietnam and there are so many like recordings of like. Um, L. L. Johnson, Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson, LBJ, Lyndon B. LBJ. I was like Lennon. No, it's not Lennon. It's fucking Lyndon. Lyndon Johnson. Worst worst presidents. Go ahead. Hard yes. Well, that's what I was just going to make the the comparison there. It sounds as if there's there's got to be more recordings that will come out in the future. Oh yeah, and I can't wait to hear them. So this is another piece that I wanted to read you guys um, in regards to Millie, right? Milley decided he needed to develop a game plan for the for the run up to the election and beyond. Trump's curiosity and comments about a possible attack on Iran had had stayed with Milley, and so did Trump's rage, seemingly ever, seemingly ever ready to emerge. Milley had to hold firm, be a bulwark. He had to be ready for anything, including a sudden breakdown in Trump's conduct and the order inside the West Wing. This is how I see the next period of time, Milley said in a private meeting. My obligation to the American people is to make sure that we don't have an unnecessary war overseas and that we don't have the unlawful use of American force on the streets of America. We're not going to turn our guns on the American people and we're not going to have a wag the dog scenario overseas. Wag the dog was a 1997 movie about a president using war to distract from a scandal. Milley believed, (laughs) Willie, Milley believed staying on game Staying on gave him leverage with Trump because Trump effectively could not fire him. If Trump did not like Milley's advice, he could just ignore it. But the symbolic power of the office carried weight. To fire a chairman would be a political earthquake. And Milley had been confirmed by the Senate 89 to 1, suggesting near unanimous bipartisan support. In the tank, the hollowed JCS meeting room in the Pentagon, where military leaders could speak frankly, Milley outlined his plan for the chiefs. Phase one from now, phase one is from now until the election. November 3rd, Millie said, phase two is the night of the election through certification when Congress formally certified the election on January 6th, 2021. Phase three is certification through the inauguration on January 20th. And phase four is the first hundred days of whoever wins the election. We're going to take it step by step. We're going to be in contact, constant contact. We're going to work our way through this. I'll be on point. JCS, you guys, I just need you to stand shoulder to shoulder everybody and the watchword of the day is steady in the saddle we're going to keep our eye on the horizon and we're going to do what's right for the country no matter what the cost is to ourselves so not only not only has he had these secret meetings right that no one knows about besides the commanding or the officers that he has here and himself not only has he has and apparently bob woodward a few months later not only has he taken what he considers an oath from these officers He has then laid out a very particular plan with timelines about what they are to do if anything pops off until stage four is over. I don't, if you literally, if you took it and you made this happen in Vietnam, we would be like, that's just another coup. That's fucked up. Yep. So I'll put it in uh, Zeke's words. So why doesn't Millie face consequences? Don't we have rules in the UCMJ that would stop things like this? It's kind oh, of like I don't know, uh, because Joe, I'm sorry, but Joe, Joe Biden or at least Jen Psaki has said they don't need they know they have full and complete trust in General Miller. They have no reason to fire him because uh, the question even exactly was what does 
Joe Biden have faith that General Milley will not betray him like he did to Donald Trump? Yeah. So no, of course I don't. Why would we have anything but faith in General yeah. Milley? I don't know because he staged a fucking coup that just didn't need to happen. Yep. Like it did. It ended up not happening. That's the only reason that anybody can try and argue that it wasn't a coup is because it didn't happen. Like yeah. it's because what he was trying to prevent never played out. Even mm-hmm. though this whole book is filled with Donald Trump is unhinged and we knew it the whole time. He's crazy. He's been crazy this whole time. I even have, okay, this is another, we'll add, we'll add this it. to the list, right? Of his conversation. The with, fact that you know which, so it's one thing to have color coordinated tabs, but when they're in, throughout the entire book, you know the exact tab to go to, bro. These tabs are fucking impressive by the four main points that I took away from this book, right? And so that's that's how it's organized. And I even have like a little spiel of of the things that I that I took from it, right? So the four main things: number one is no morals. Um, if Trump was this bad, right? Because this whole book is just everyone knows that he's crazy. He's crazy. This mm-hmm. is even uh, Nancy Pelosi. They put up this fraudulent. This uh, he says he doesn't have anything to do with it. Video yesterday because they know he's in trouble. This is right after the January six riots, right? This is the conversation between Nancy Pelosi and General Milley right after the riots, or maybe even during the riots when they're happening, right? So this is bad, but who knows what he might do? He's crazy. You know he's crazy. He's been crazy for a long time. So don't say you don't know what his state of mind is. He's crazy. What he did yesterday is further evidence of his craziness. But anyway, I appreciate what you said. Madam Speaker, Millie said, I agree with you on everything. Yep. Okay, so if you believe, right, if everyone believes, if everyone in the White House believes that Donald Trump is unhinged and unable to execute his duties in office, why the fuck is he still there? Yep. Why the fuck did he make it four years? Why? Because it's only now, only in this conversation, that they now start to talk about, to Millie about the 25th Amendment. Yeah. And then they uh, formally sign a letter and send it to Pence in those last two weeks to ask him to execute the 25th Amendment when it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Yeah. So, so, so riddle me this, right? If he's so fucking bad, why did he stay there? Mm-hmm. So that's my point, right? There's no morals here. There's no, because if he is this bad, then everyone just doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Their morals are so weak that they would rather allow it to persist than put themselves at risk, than do anything. Blow the whistle. Steal some documents. Blow the fucking whistle because you are concerned that he's going to launch a nuclear strike on another country. Yeah. Blow the fucking whistle. What, what else is that for? What else are our whistleblower protections for other than I believe your president is intentionally misleading you about military actions that are going to be carried out in this country? Yep. What the fuck else is it for? It's as if we had processes to handle this and they just were not used. They were, they were, they were sidestepped for whatever reason. And that's, and the thing again, that's just glaring here is no one was talking to anybody. And you could say that you couldn't talk to Trump about anything, which is hard to see because again, he, they would constantly be talking. Exactly. Literally would never stop talking. And like down Trump, like literally the, the thing that everyone said was bad about him is he constantly just said everything. Like he didn't keep anything a secret. Right. Yeah. Everybody just assumed. And then we've been operating on the assumption. Right. And then again, they rode the coattails of a, 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 you could say he was bad, but you would have to point at the specific thing he was doing bad. And if the specific thing you're doing bad is I don't like the way he's talking to me. Well, then I can back to our first point, at least when I jumped on, grow up, like like, grow Grow up. up. Like, it, it, who cares? Yep. And so everything seemed to be at least trending upward, and at least there was a plan and a mission to go through, right? And that's why I don't know how someone was just like, I was afraid to go to war with 
China. What about Donald Trump's like the red, there's no actionable detail and there is no one has said it when he was questioned about it nothing was said he was just said okay we we randomly thought in the last two months two two weeks like what month and a half that he was no longer fit to do it, right because you can't say it was the whole time mm-hmm. right the, the, the whole time until this book to, comes out because now out. this book is out people are ready to put their names on it and say no i knew the whole time he was fucked up the whole time he was he was popping off he's saying crazy shit there's the other book fear or whatever that it's about yep. too that's just all about fear crazy shit that he did rage yeah just all about yeah. horrible shit that he did when he was president yep. right so the one thing that i could maybe the the third of a point i could give is there's all these leaks during the trump administration right all these leaks but the leaks don't come out through any type of reputable source they come out through a horrible shitty fucking mainstream media that no one can believe anyway yeah so all the reporting through a media that lies constantly is done from a source with knowledge of the matter so no one believes you no one believes you and a bunch of it is found out to be fucking false anyway or people lying when they say it right there are a shitload of different things that i highlighted in here that are extremely inappropriate very inappropriate for the president to say telling people to fuck off he's uh calling uncle merkel a crowd and oh you know my dad is the biggest crowd of all this shit that people are saying oh i can't believe they would say anything like that first of all and i'm not fuck it i'm gonna halfway defend him right he's not a politician donald trump it maybe now is a third of a politician maybe because he was president for one term right until then he was a businessman from fucking new york to expect that he's gonna come in and follow every political norm is ridiculous right and if he's not doing that and you think that he should be, it's your job as members of his cabinet to steer him in that direction. Mm-hmm. That's your job. That is your fucking job is to get him to do that. Yeah. I don't and- know what to tell you. You know, if you can't do it, then fuck off. Then get a better job. Find someone else who's tougher than you to do it because that's the job, right? If yeah, you think he's so. compromising his administration, if you think he's compromising you and your morals, fix it or get the fuck out. Yeah. Because that's the, your job. The 25th Amendment is it requires the cabinet the correct, cabinet to be on board and so congress can't do it that's why congress no. can impeach cabinet but the cabinet has to do it so if you all think he's so fucking terrible yeah right and you can't fix him and that's why there's all this turnover because none of us can do it and it's yeah. all so horrible then get fucking rid of him yep. right and if you can't it's the same deal if you don't want to wake up to the go to the gym you don't want to go that bad if you yeah. don't want to put the work in to get him out then he's not that bad mm-hmm. he's not that fucking bad if you won't he can't be that dangerous if you don't want to actually get rid of him you won't put the work in all you're going to do is leak little fucking bullshit stories like you said he hurt my feelings he's fucking screaming at this person this is really inappropriate he's trying to do shit that he's not allowed to do do you think that donald trump spent even one hour reading a book about the powers of presidency absolutely fucking not nope absolutely fucking not he was like i can't believe i won this shit Let's, let's do, do this let's go yep. they'll stop me if i'm doing something I'm when not he's supposed to. when he was in the limousine with obama going from the white house to the capitol they had very brief conversations according to this book one of the things donald trump says says what's your biggest mistake and barack obama says i can't think of anything kind of <laughs> shady, right oh, oh that's i love larry's face right now that's the best thing ever that's a, that's just a screen cap of like i can't believe it right oh my god i thought the same thing that's I don't know. Maybe all the civilians I killed in accident with all those drone strikes. That's a pretty fucking easy one, right? That's very uh, economy. easy. Yeah, very watching easy. Their, watching the recovery of the recession. But go ahead. So, yeah, extremely easy. So says he can't think of one. And then immediately Donald Trump says, is this the car that you ride in all the time? Do you <laughs> think that the man is a politician? I don't. I'm not making excuses for him. But to 
Well, it's the same deal as like affirmative action. To you're you're moving the door. You're not moving the bar. You're holding everything right here. It doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? It's it's ridiculous to not adjust your expectations based off of a Donald fucking Trump when he's not been there. Understand this is going to be tough work. We are going to have to put in the work to ensure that this that this is what it is. Instead, we let him pop off of the mouth and do whatever the fuck he wanted for four years, and then now that he's gone, we're going to talk about how dangerous it was and how you know it was four years of mounting to an insurrection that was unavoidable and we couldn't do anything about it, even though uh, we denied any extra services there. Almost as if we are a nation of cowards. Back to our first one. Yep. And again, I think it's super interesting to think. We were so excited. So excited. Donald Trump's gone. Great. No more mean tweets. I miss the mean tweets. Damn. Now, now you do. I do because my gas filling up my tank right. as a mapper. That being said, think about your life right now and be like, hey, what is getting better? Everything's getting worse. And then again, we're like, hey, it's COVID. At what point does it become Joe Biden's responses? Because, like, listen, the economy's bad, inflation's rising, it's officially outpacing wage growth. People aren't going back to jobs, but there's a ton of jobs. Our borders in shambles. The, we we literally France is mad at us. Taiwan doesn't think we're going to stick up for us. EU doesn't take us seriously. China told us not to talk to them like that. Like, what are we doing well? And if the only thing How that's much? going well. Is the people on Twitter and MSNBC and CNN are now not as angry? Like, the, what would have we accomplished? Like, mm-hmm. literally, we've the, the people that were like he was supposed to come protect Joe Biden. What he said when he came in, he had the great agenda. The whole reason I wasn't going to vote for him, it wasn't because what he said wasn't great because it sounded great. It just wasn't going to be executed. Mm-hmm. We literally spent $6 trillion. We're about to spend $3.5 trillion more. Uh-huh. And if you told him, like, hey, what is your specific vision for America in your next three years? He has nothing. But again, yeah. we go back and we get a ton of books like Peril, right, which is just really bashing what was and cutting the man down. Because, again, what it seems like is they don't like to wait talk because very few people are talking about what political move, like what actual policy move he made that de- didn't work. Or or yeah, you can't talk about policy because the policies were solid for the most part. Right. I mean, there's some questionable things, but nobody's talking conduct. about policy. No, it's conduct is the only exactly. thing that you can really hit them on. And there's a lot of legitimate places to do that, you know? Yep. And that's yep. why you had legitimate politicians, legitimate administrators like Bill Barr. There's a bunch of pieces in here where mm. Bill Barr is checking the president. He's like, we can't do that. You're asking the, the Department of Justice to do things yep. that we don't have the power to do. I'm not going to do that. You know, there was very few people in this book. You asked me what type of hope I had for the government. You Mm -hmm. know, there's very few people that gave me any type of hope for the government at all. One of them was Bill Barr in the slightest because he actually was willing to check the president. So you Mm -hmm. you can't do that. I'm not going to find a way to do that because you can't do that. That's not my job. It's not your responsibility. I'm not going to do it. Because at least even if I disagree with the ultimate decision behind Bill Barr's check, Yes. At least you know that there is a check happening on the governmental level. He's doing it, right? So I want to uh, just – I'm just going to put this out there. We could fit it in wherever we can. But um, Zeke wants us to talk a little bit about the innocent family that was um, drone striked in Afghanistan. And I feel like we might have touched on it a little bit last episode. Yeah. But especially because Larry's here, I'd like to hear his take on that. Yes. So we don't have point, to force it now. We can nope, get it. The whenever. second point is about Biden being a puppet leader. So hey, that's there a we go. Really easy way to put that in there. So, um, 
so as we remember, I don't, we'll just briefly touch on it and clarify yes. what happened. Um, we had the drone strike, drone strike on a uh, supposed individual that uh, was a terrorist collaborator of some kind um, after the he was bombing at Bagram Air, or not Bagram, but the, the, the H Kaya. Hamid Kaiser, yeah, the air, the airport at which we were doing the evacuations and things on the um, the retreat in Afghanistan, and it came out some weeks or maybe some months afterwards that uh, the guy was not only not a terrorist, he was also he was a U.S. aide. You know, he helped in kind of like he helped the U.S. over there, and he we worked bombed, for an NGO for charity. Yeah, there it is, and we bombed him and basically his entire family, murdering a number of innocent children along with innocent adults yes so that's what had come out and we had a very half-assed apology from i don't remember the 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 commander's name but one of the commanders over there that had authorized this thing based off of the you know the quote-unquote intel that we had gotten which nobody actually would actually admit came from the taliban but there was no one else at the point where they could have gotten the intelligence from so it definitely came from the taliban but so larry where you at (laughs) Listen, uh, so this is honestly, it's super funny because like if I had to sum up my job, right, I'm a fire, I'm a field artillery officer. So one of the things we do is we act as the eyes because whenever you shoot indirect artillery or indirect munition, which is basically you're shooting at something you can't see, yeah. it's incumbent you have something on the ground to A, find the target and then B, observe the effects. Once we pulled everybody out, they kept talking about we'd have the ability for over the horizon effects like we'd be able to get there but without those eyes on the ground we don't know what we're shooting at and we could never talk about the effects so whenever they said hey we think we got them the first question i asked because this is one of the few things in the military i actually have expertise is, is who is the person on the ground confirming that you hit something and then being the evaluator of the effects on it. so it just kind of showed that it's we're going to deteriorate in the middle east and i was comfortable leaving I wish we hadn't left like that, but like I just felt like every time we do something, there's like a false platitude that we tell people just in time for everyone to forget about what we're talking about because everyone has a five second uh, attention span. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's a really interesting, right? There's a point in this book where they talk about um, Joe Biden and this. There. This is when they're talking about the the withdrawal. On Wednesday, February 3rd, Biden called together his national security team to begin a comprehensive review of the 20-year in Afghanistan war. Biden wanted to make a big move, terminate the endless war. It would put his stamp on American foreign policy. He had strongly opposed large numbers of U.S. troops in Afghanistan since he was Obama's vice president, but he had not been in the decision maker then. Now he was. He knew the men and women of his foreign policy team sitting before him, most very well. Many, Many were veterans of the Obama administration. As a group, they largely disdained Trump's foreign policy process, dismissing it as incoherent, amateurish, and unnecessarily isolationist. Drawing on their muscle memory, they were determined to revive and restore the traditional foreign policy procedures and systems of the Obama years. Because those were so great. And that's okay. So my note, so great. My note on the side. So that's where the drone strikes come in. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> there so we go. That's where it comes from. We love just, killing innocent people with drones over there. Policy is his first love, but I'm just going to do exactly what Obama did. And I'm just going to run with that. I'm also, pretty sure that in the 50, close to 50 years, Joe Biden's been in quote unquote public service. He has had instinctually the exact wrong ideas on foreign policy since the day he started and there's 
there's two or three notations in here about um, the Secretary of Defense telling Joe Biden, like, I mean, even if we do the overhorizon thing, we aren't going to have as comprehensive of you and be able to verify no. things over as the if horizon, we had baby. boots on the ground. Like, we're not going to be able to do it, you know? That's and, the fire for effect without an observer to tell you the effect. Yeah, and uh, no. even even after, shoot over the horizon, we'll see what happens. Even after they <laughs> implement it, the Secretary of Defense is like, that's fine. He's like, like if, you know, we can figure it out. We can implement a plan to, like, do that if you want. But there is no getting around that we don't have the way to verify things as readily without boots on the ground. Like, there's yeah. no escaping that. Regardless of what systems we put in place, and the best plan that we can draw up for, you know, an over the horizon strategy, there's no way to immediately verify shit without people on the ground. You know, there's Thank no you. way to do that. Literally, yeah. Again, I wholeheartedly agree. And still, you know, they're they're willing to to just go for it. Um, it's so weird. The last point that I had here, as far as the morals, when you were asking me about people who gave me hope, right? Yes. The second one would be Senator. Lee, um, let's see, what's his name? Mike Lee mm -hmm. um, from Utah, yep. right? And that's because Mike Lee from Utah was one of the senators that was pushed by Cruz, uh, by Ted Cruz to object to the election results so that they could push forward this case to try and send it back to the states and move forward the electors and like all of this shit, right? And Mike Lee is a an originalist when it comes to constitution. He's very secure and very firm on like our powers as Congress are exactly as laid out in the constitution. We cannot subvert from that. We cannot go anything outside of that. This is exactly what we're allowed to do. Yeah. And so he's pushed over and over and over and over and over again, you know, by the president, by Ted Cruz, by several other people that he needs to like vote on this. And so this is an excerpt from that. Um, Cruz asked his staff to begin researching the counting of electors, the history of the Electoral Count Act. He was hearing from people back home. They did not trust the election outcome, but McConnell and the others in leadership were leaning hard on members. Don't object. Lee never wavered. He kept saying throughout December with growing intensity to Mark Meadows and anybody who asked for his view, the president should never pretend that the Congress itself can fix this. We don't have that power. Yep. So this is another instance where there were many members of the Republican Party that up until the insurrections, the riots at the Capitol that were like, oh yeah, we can do it. We can totally figure it out. You know, they were trying to convince Mike Pence that he had this power that he didn't have. Oh. That other vice presidents were calling Mike Pence saying, you do not have the power to do this. Your role is to count the fucking votes and sit the fuck down. That's it. Hmm. For anybody to... And I struggle with this because this is one of the questions that came up that I really wanted to ask you guys about, right? I think it's very concerning that anybody would continue to push forward this narrative that they know isn't true, mm -hmm. right? And I came into the same issue with the election results, right? And so maybe we can talk about that for a little bit, that there are uh, several mentions in here about the election. Um, and... This, so the, my question is in regards to like Rudy Giuliani and what was his name, Sid, Sidney, Powell, Sidney Powell, right? That were running these extensive campaigns of like stop the steal and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I, the more and more that I'd read this, I just have a, I, the same deal with people not working. I have a very hard time comprehending how or why they would push forward this narrative so hard if it was based in zero fact at all. If there's no True, And I'm not trying, I'm definitely not saying stop the steal. I'm not like renewing to stop the steal, right? My question is, these grown ass adults 
Rudy Giuliani is kind of a crazy person. Sidney Powell, a little bit of a crazy person. Either way, grown-ass adults with law degrees that have full careers, all this shit. How do they get so convinced of something that is based in zero fact at all? I don't know. I don't understand it, right? And it could be because they're crazy people. I'm not saying there's no way that there's no fact to it at all. It's a genuine question of like, I don't understand how that happens if there's no fact to it at all, right? And that's when I started to watch those documentaries, when I told Mm -hmm. you it's called um, Kill Chain. So Mm -hmm. it's called Kill Chain and Hacking Democracy, right? So this is a quote from the book, Rove had lengthy experience crusading against voter fraud. It just did not apply here. The machines were reliable and safe, he repeated to others as questions mounted. They're not connected on the internet. They tabulate the votes by taking a thumb drive, encoding to a specific machine in a specific precinct, taking that to a central location to transfer the votes and count them. Okay, so I told Colin maybe even off the podcast that I watched a documentary this week that is on HBO right now. You can go and watch it right now. I mean, not yet. Just give it like an hour or it's, two. It's, it, but it's very <laughs> important to highlight that. It's available yep. right, right now. now. I watched it this week. It's called Kill Chain, right? That Kill is Chain. A, Kill Chain. That is made by HBO, okay? It's not some fucking random... You know, documentary, like a, what are they going, an indie movie, you know, that you don't know the source. This is made by HBO, okay? And it outlines how many of the machines that were used in the 2020 election have backdoor capabilities that they can be hacked, that they can be remotely turned to access the internet. The votes can be changed inside of them with simple installments of software on the very cards that you insert into them. If you were able to gain access to this whole set of cards, you could download the software on them that would change the votes or that would connect them to the internet and do all these things. And the people running the machines would never know. Uh The people who were in this conference, I told Colin Larry that there was literally a conference held inside of a hotel conference room in which they just invited a whole fuckload of hackers. And they got, they bought a bunch of voting machines off of eBay that are the same style that are being used now in American elections. You can purchase them on eBay, right? So they got a plethora, I think 12 or 15 different kinds of voting machines that were all in active use in the 2020 election and asked these hackers, do your worst, figure it out, hack into them, do what you can so that we can know how you did it, right? And all of them, got every single machine was hacked into Every single machine. One of them, while being fucked with, was hacked remotely from a laptop on the other side of the room. Want a beer down? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> was It was hacked remotely from the other side of the room. Thanks, baby. Yep. All those machines were used in 2020. Uh-huh. So to tell me for this book, for anybody, it, like I'm almost getting emotional right now because it's like I, I'm being gaslit. You talk about it all the time. Like we're yeah. being gaslit, being gaslit. Yep. For anybody to tell me that this was the most safe and secure election that has ever been carried out is a lie. You are. That's high. not true. Yep. That is a lie. There is a, there's a movie. There's a documentary on HBO right now. You can go and watch it. That shows you that it's a lie. It shows you that that isn't real. So I don't understand. Yep. And the how... same people that have been been trying to just brush this aside as if it's a wild conspiracy theory where the same exact people that were, were fighting to say that these machines shouldn't be in use like four to eight years ago. In the same exact people. In the documentary. Amy Klobuchar and Ron Wyden are in the documentary. Yes, that's, yeah. Yep. Those were the those So were I don't, people. we have an administration 
based in an ideology that is inherently false. And I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And yeah. that's why one of the takeaways that I have from this is this, this might be the very first piece of verifiable propaganda of the new age that I've read personally, mm. because there yeah. are, there are lies in here. There are things yeah. in here that are factually incorrect. And this is being sold because, oh, Bob Woodward and Robert Costa, they're reporters. They're fucking reporters. So, of course, you can trust it. Oh, yeah. They're reporters. There are lies in here. The blue tabs in here, Larry, are literal, verifiable lies. They're, it's, it's not. Those are the ones you knew off the top of your head. That I, that without That's, researching. Exactly. So, there's probably another... stuff we've all talked about already. Just in the few years we've been doing this, and you're like, oh, that's bullshit. Oh, that's bullshit. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. And it's it, people read this stuff as if it's gospel, and then they act on it, yeah. and then they turn around and report the same shit. So, oh, and, and, that, and that's yeah, and that's the problem I have with big government is because like as the institution becomes bigger, like they, they don't care if you know, right? And I haven't read the book, so I won't pretend that. Right, but I've been gaslit on lies too, and it's where I've been with CRT. Right, like I've literally been gaslit into an oblivion. But like they don't care if we know, we don't care if we have the conversation. They're literally like, and you can see it. They're literally creating so big that they'll have the control to sway the institutions. Right, so not everyone in the government, but they're not reading the same things you're doing. Right, everybody in the military, they're not reading the same things that you're doing. Right, they're literally dumbing down the population and then just shoving down shit so they'll take it. Mm-hmm. And no one's doing any kind of verifiable research. I think you'd agree like you have to be looking right now unfortunately right in order to understand and you have to do an assortment of your own research for everything right on both sides and i think the the final thing on that again is the dangerous thing is that you're starting to see all these censorship things it seems i don't know if it's top down i don't like to be into the conspiracy realm what i'll say is there's a lot of linear thinking across multiple institutions so like that's mm-hmm. why they can do something like this because again you know them because you guys have been researching talking about digging for more and the average person would but i think what we saw like in the election i don't think the election was rigged i think it was there but i think it what was just dis- dis- disturbing for me is when i saw how many people like did not know or thought uh hunter biden story where they thought that was straight propaganda and that's when oh, yeah. i realized it is when people it's like how could you do that like that was fake and i'm looking at it i'm just like didn't they have their seat and like no it's fake and now here we are on the other side of it knowing it's completely real but it was shut down on social media yeah in 48 hours it's so real larry and we talked about this that in this book it describes how the Biden family staged an intervention for Hunter Biden during the presidential campaign. They staged an intervention for his crack cocaine addiction during the presidential campaign. It's written in this book. His children were there. His, uh, like his new wife was there, you know, his brother's other wife. So yeah, they were all there. His dad, they were screaming at each other. His dad chased him down the driveway. It was a whole deal. Like a very emotional scene happened during the campaign. Yeah. Could have happened on an episode of cops. But he's definitely not addicted to any type of crack cocaine at all. Um, We talked about these stories that Larry's talking about, the ones that got pulled off by the New York Post. We talked about them on our social media at the time. You can find us, obviously, thank you for watching us, YouTube here. You can find us on our social media. We are at, I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is a big bird off on both of those things. Uh, obviously, thank you for watching us on YouTube, Salt of Streets. We have an Instagram, Salt of Streets, Facebook, fuck Facebook, and Salt of Streets. You can find all this, saltofstreets.com, Salt of Streets, patreon.com slash Salt of Streets. Go there, sign up, become a patron, help us make more, better content all the time. The more you pay us, 
more free time we have, the better content we can make more often. It's going to be fantastic. Um, it's, it's a circle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a circle. circle. Exactly. So if you want to watch some video games, go on to Twitch, Lexi Kayo. If you need some cakes, your local area, go to leggingsandaprons on Instagram, saltedtrees.com for all this information. Discord, you can get that too. It's also on our Patreon for some secret stuff. Atlas a and if you need your taxes done. Well, That's everything. We're out of here. Um, <laughs> so what the fuck were we talking about? Lying the, and being gaslit. Yes. Okay, so here's another point that I have here on the election. Um, A week earlier, on November 16th, Barr said he and the FBI director, Chris Ray, set up a meeting with computer experts at the FBI and Department of Homeland Security. They had two meetings, with the experts walking them through the operations of the machine and how microchips and methods made cheating all but impossible. It's all bullshit, Barr said. The allegations were not panning out. Did you see what they did in Detroit and Milwaukee, Trump said. So this, I also told Colin that I also don't think that the election was stolen, especially not in the way that it's outlined in Stop the Steal. I do not yeah. think that mail-in ballots was the problem. We had, There were some problems with them, and we saw that uh, at the very least with Project Veritas. Mm-hmm. We saw verifiable accounts of nefarious activity in mail-in, in mail-in voting. Yeah. I definitely would not say it was enough to sway the election, but that yeah. did happen, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is that this is another lie that's saying that the operation of the machines and how microchips and methods made cheating all but impossible is a lie because yeah. there's a fucking documentary on HBO that if you have $11 a month or even a fucking free trial for 30 days, yeah, you know, in there. you can go and watch it and it will show you that the machines used in the 2020 election can be hacked by motherfuckers who sleep on their mom's couch. Yep. What the fuck are we talking about? What are we talking about? This is a lie. Mm-hmm. This is a verifiable lie because you can watch a fucking movie about it. And I, I think it's also really interesting that we know for a fact that the election wasn't stolen, right? Yeah. Because there was a cabal of powerful <laughs> yes, elites that's right. that fortified. It was fortified. The that's election, exactly correct. Which written about in Time Magazine. That's I'm paraphrasing, but that's damn near the title of the headline. Yeah. And then you read the article and you realize it was... Like the mail-in votes, for example, but we're talking about the Project Veritas video. A lot of those rules and regulations around the those ballots and things like that were were put in place by this cabal of individuals that wanted to fortify the election. Yes, and whether or not for, fortifying the election is kind of like saying one man's terrorist and another man's freedom fighter wouldn't you say yes you could fortify an election if if you're fortifying it to to your specifications you're 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 trying to say like i know how we can fortify so we'll fortify it's it it's not an objective place to be at it's not you're not ensuring that it is done honestly and openly no you're just you're fortifying whatever regulations are in place at the time. And as we know, because of all the pandemic related regulations around voting, a lot of this stuff was done unconstitutionally at the state level. Right. And at that point we, we reaped the whirlwind. I mean, none of this was done technically illegally. It was done unconstitutionally technically, but that can only be, you know, fought out in the Supreme court. And it was done by our elected representatives, technically. And and in some states, by Republican state representatives. And so 
it wasn't stolen, but the rules were changed. Um, and here's two more pieces from that. This one's talking about the memos confidential quote unquote analysis also said that 18,325 voters had registered at a residence address where a residential address, which is marked vacant per the USPS. Hot dog. I, and I know that was a memo from Rudy Giuliani. So I'm not giving validity to that, but I'm saying we also saw, and I mean, I have to at least half believe him because he puts himself out there to be yep. sued. We saw Steven Crowder go out and send people out to, two dozen different addresses yeah. that were on the voter rolls that had nothing there yeah, where the people didn't live there. So I don't, again, there's, there is room for him to be wrong, yeah. but yeah. he also stands to probably be sued by somebody or be held liable for something. If he's readily spreading disinformation yeah. about the election, you know? Yeah. So, and with as all the strikes and shit that he's had on YouTube, I'm hard pressed to believe that he's going to just boldly lie about shit that happened in the election, yeah. you know? So well, that's why I ultimately, knowing as much as I do about property law and land use, uh, <laughs> when when those when those stories came out on Crowder, I was really excited to see how he handled the situation because yes. there was a there was a right way and a wrong way to do it. In sending somebody to a Google address is not the way you do that. It is simpler than that. It costs less money than that. There are these things called public records, and every Every individual or every company or corporation that owns a piece of dirt in America is accessible through public records, most of it from your fucking computer. Yeah. And you can find out who the register owner is, what the mailing address is, and what the physical site address is if there is one assigned to it. It's that simple. It's a few fucking clicks. Depending on any state in the union, you can do that. You could go down to the, you know, let's say the, the, the city town hall or the county hall or whatever. They have those records on file. Yes. They literally have to. Now, with something like that where you have a verifiably vacant lot, you can prove that through public documentation. And the fact that these stories come out about these places and about these, these lots that, you know, it's a big empty space with a chain link fence around it that 15 people voted from that is certifiably easy to tell if that is, is fraud or not. Right. Sounds to me like it, it is probably election fraud. There is probably a person that owns that lot who could technically put that down as their address and vote from that one time. But that, that investigation never really took hold. Right. And I don't know. It might be 75. It might be 150. It might be 75,000 throughout the country it might be hundreds of thousands throughout the country i don't know it could be any number because we're not going to verify that Excuse me. right so i'm not attesting uh, yeah. exactly because i'm not attesting to a number because i have no idea but yeah we saw at least one person actively research that at the yep. time and it know? is it's a travesty that that is called like a conspiracy theory or, yes. or whatever it is. It's just totally disregarded. And this is yeah. this I'll read a little turn into a PowerPoint printed out by Giuliani Holmes read independent analysis conducted by our expert CPAs and Ivy League statisticians show a sufficient number of illegal votes. There were at least 27,713 illegal votes cast and counted in Georgia election. Holmes wondered who were these unnamed brainiac experts? The total was more than twice the 11,779 vote margin that gave Biden the state. And so that's when they start talking about the mm. other things that are in the memo. So it is absolutely questioning the validity of the information. And that's why I'm yeah. 
I'm not attested to the number, you know, but like I said, we saw at least one person actively do that research at the time. So yeah. to say that it didn't happen at all is again, a lie. Yeah. And then on the other side of the page, Holmes backtracked Giuliani memos and found much of the latest data could be traced to an investigate investigative work done by Christina Bob of the one American news network, a pro Trump television network that touted conspiracies about voting machines being notorious for fraud. Yeah. Okay. So what the fuck did I just say? There's a fucking HBO documentary about it. Like mm. I'm so, I'm so floored by that. Like when I was reading this, I was, I'm just so, so floored by it. Like that's a lie. This is a lie that you're yep. saying here. This is a verifiable lie because HBO has a fucking movie about it. Like yep. I don't understand. It's like you said, it's not like some fucking YouTube guy that I found, you know, uh, mm -hmm. got his hands on a machine and said that he hacked it. I'm like, this this is the second movie that guy had made about hacking election machines and you're yep. telling me that it doesn't exist i don't understand it that's why i like what you said when you first talked about um like your overall take on the book is it might be the very first piece of literal propaganda that you have come across at this new point. age propaganda new age propaganda yeah. because Gosh. that's like i said you you don't think that mind you it takes you know the network's a while to read this book but I'm surprised there's not more stories on it already. Shouldn't take any more than nine days. Right. <laughs> Shouldn't take any more than nine I've days. I set the standard. I yeah, the standard. nine days yep. is the standard of full-time work. Exactly. Nine days. Read the fucking book. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of surprised there's not more stories about it coming out now. I mean, shit, when, That's what I'm when saying. Rage came out and this when, is propaganda. the other one, and it's total propaganda, and people are going to buy it, and they're going to read it because Bob Woodward and... Robert Costa. Robert Costa. I can't. I always Robert get. Costa. Yeah, I always I'll think. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why they're not covering it. Is, is because it's not all about Trump. Half of it. Half of this is about Biden. Yeah. Right? So that's the last. I think big point that I want to make on this, and then I want to talk about mint the coin, and then we can talk about sports a little bit and get the fuck out of here. Mint so the coin. It's take us a while to get there. So the last big point um, is that Biden is a puppet. This book solidified for me along with the press briefings that i viewed mm -hmm. on these days solidified for me 100 percent that our president is a puppet for a growing small but growing deeply committed youth-filled progressive caucus that exists in this country and i have a couple of different things that i'll lay out here and that i'll let you guys kind of pitch in on um and he the other part of that is that he was fooled fooled i say because he doesn't actually hold any of these views fooled in supporting progressive ideology for the promise of a legacy mm -hmm. right and we talked about this a little bit before the show and so these pink marks here are things here that made me think of a puppet leader Ooh. Um, and let's see this is in discussions no puppet for no puppet no puppet oh god i missed trump up on the hands. debate stage during like you know the presidential debates yeah. those were so wild oh this is during the discussion between pelosi and general milley well okay. she said i hope you can prevail in the insane snake pit of the oval office and the crazy family as well you'd think there'd be an intervention by now the republicans have blood on their hands and everybody who enables him to do what he does has blood on their hands and the traumatic effect of our country and our young people who are idealistic and work here i will tell you the people on both sides of the aisle have been traumatized to the nth degree because this man is a nut and everybody knows it. Nobody will act upon it. So that's one of the things. It's all little details, right? Mm -hmm. And so the specific mention of the idealistic youth who work here, yep. right? And so that's, it's, 
I, I know that at first you might be like, that doesn't mean anything at all, but it's a, a compilation of small details that I picked up that I'm like, I'm fucking sold on this that I don't, I don't believe it anymore. And so the explicit mention of Nancy Pelosi, because as we all remember, right, during the 2020 elections, she then had to fucking fight to become the House Speaker. Yeah. Right. She had to fight with the progressive caucuses, AOC, the, the squad to ensure that she could secure the votes to be the Speaker. Right. Yep. So that's going to, that's priority. Right there, because that's how she got here. Okay, six fucking people. And this is Jim Clyburn. Jim Clyburn. Jim Clyburn was instrumental in ensuring that Joe Biden became the candidate for the Democratic Party. Right. So there was a lot of different meetings that Jim Clyburn had. Jim Clyburn very progressive. Um, So let's see here. On Saturday, on Sunday, February twenty third. Oh, that's Jordan's birthday. Um, (laughs) Congressional Black Caucus had a gathering of the USS Yorktown. A massive decommissioned aircraft carrier docked in Charleston. It was six days until the South Carolina primary. Biden needed Clyburn to get off the fence now and endorse him. He arrived at the ship late at night in a tucked away room. Clyburn was waiting. Okay, so this is a, a this just to set the scene. In any case, anybody who missed it, this is on a decommissioned aircraft carrier in South Carolina. The Progressive Caucus is meeting with Joe Biden to discuss his potential run for the Democratic nominee. What a weird fucking venue, that's, first of all. That's yeah. what we're talking about. And okay. I was just going to say Jim Clyburn. Yes. Yeah. And I was just going to say Jim Clyburn is a House representative of South Carolina. And very progressive. Very much so. Uh, Clyburn got right to the point. This meeting was about hard politics. Clyburn, we're going to play, we're play savior. He wanted a political guarantee in exchange. Biden would make black voters his priority in the campaign and in the White House. Clyburn also thought Biden was rusty and needed a kick in the ass. There are three things I'd like for you to do that I think would really make this endorsement work, Clyburn told Biden. I'm listening, Biden said. The first thing is you should really shorten your speeches and get more to the point. Biden Biden stayed mum. My advice is the advice my dad gave me, Clyburn said, recalling his minister father. Keep it simple. Keep it short. He would tell me, just remember when you speak, the father is the son and the Holy Ghost. Don't Don't go beyond those three. My second point is 10, 20, 30. Clyburn said know the reference it was Clyburn's signature anti-poverty plan for federal spending allocating at least 10 percent of funding for any given federal program to counties where 20 percent of the population has lived below 30 percent of the poverty or below the poverty line for 30 years or more you need to adopt 10 20 30 Clyburn said now it's in your platform but you've got to run on it finally the third thing is I've got three dollars three daughters I'm very proud of my three daughters. It's a little bit dis- disconcerting for us to be at this particular juncture in our history, and there has never been an African-American woman on the Supreme Court. Four women, no African-Americans. There's something wrong with that. I played a role in having the first Latina on the Supreme Court, and I like and I look forward to doing the same with an African-American woman, Biden said. Biden and Clyburn shook hands. So hmm. while none of these are like deeply progressive things, right? There are progressive ideologies themed throughout them, especially the critical race theory. And I and I, I'm not even going to qualify because Larry's black. You don't believe in crit- critical race theory. The critical race yeah. theory of like, we need to have an African-American on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. an African-American woman on the Supreme Court. It was the same thing with him vowing to pick Kamala Harris as his VP. Yep. There, when you qualify this to any logical or reasonable person, you are telling me this person might not be the best choice for the job, but they fit this particular thing and they're good enough. So I'm going to put yep. it, right? And that's, even if that's not true, you can easily draw that from that situation. Yeah. There's a phrase for that. It's called tokenism. Yep. And it's so, disgusting. Um, man, there have been a couple instances. This is during one of the debates, um, during one of the breaks. 
Jim Clyburn went and talked to Joe Biden and said, man, there have been a couple of instances up there tonight where you could have mentioned having a black woman on the Supreme Court, Clyburn said. You can't leave the stage without doing that. You just got to do that. Of course, Biden said, you got to hit that mark. In his final answer, Biden hit the mark. So it's I'm to the point that they're controlling his verbiage. You need to say this when you're up there if you want my endorsement. And not that that's not how politics is played, right? There's certainly there are hoops to jump through during politics. So I'm not trying to lay out that this is like a very. uh, But which hoops are being put up matter. Exactly. So I'm not laying out that this is a very unique process. But yeah, the things that are happening. says later Clyburn successfully encouraged Biden to name South Carolina's Jamie Harrison a black ally. Interesting they say that. Also, I told you black is capitalized to this whole book, but like white and shit like that is not. Latino is, <laughs> black is, white is not. So yeah, at least they didn't lose uh, Latinx, you know? Yeah, at least exactly. That. Um, later, Clyburn that was a step too far. <laughs> later, Clyburn successfully encouraged Biden to name South Carolina's Jamie Harrison a black ally, chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Harrison had lost his Senate race to Lindsey Graham by 10 points, but spent a record $130 million and built a national profile. And <laughs> not bad, though. 10 point loss to, to Lindsey Graham. I mean, that's pretty powerful. I wrote next to him Abrams 2.0. You lost this race and now you're going to put him in a different position. And then there was this weird conversation about ensuring that he, uh, that Jamie Harrison didn't make any less money than the currently sitting Hispanic chairman of the democratic national committee. Why would he start making less money? Yeah. Right. You'd think maybe the DNC out of all organizations would have a transparent and static salary situation. Yeah. Everybody could know. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else is government. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, the DNC isn't the government. So that's, that's where they get away with this shit. And this is, it's important to say that this kind of politicking, this is what politicking is, right? This kind of stuff happens all the time and it's, it's fine. The problem, like I said before, is like, what you're politicking with matters yep. because ultimately that that tells you what this the party wants at the end of the day right. it 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 shows their 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 true colors their ideology what they're after and that's like these kind of deals were happening like shit what's the movie lincoln right yes you know when there was the the push to get the 13th amendment passed there was all these you know essentially southern democrats that were swayable but they were because they were they had lost their election. They're about to lose their seat in Congress. And do you want to stay in the government? Vote for thirteen, and I'll make sure you get a job here on the cabinet or something like that. Yeah, like that kind of politicking happens all the time. And it's one thing when you're talking about the Thirteenth Amendment. It's another thing when you're talking about some critical race praxis type of shit being enshrined in government. Yes, it's what you're politicking with matters. The hoops you jump through matter yep so this is from the around the time that the first budget reconciliation package was being renewed and this is a quote from mcconnell and this is when i was talking to you guys about him being tricked into a legacy yeah. Right. This is kind of what that leads to uh, reconciliation package picked up momentum. Mitch McConnell told senators and his aides he believed Biden was not going to coast. He was playing for history. He has a vision of what he wants America to look like. And I do, too, McConnell said. And it's different. And the reason we haven't been having any conversations this year is he's doing what every Democrat president wants to do, which is to push the country as far left as possible, as rapidly as possible. They all want to be the next FDR, McConnell said, referring to the line of Democratic presidents. They know they can't have three terms, but they're hoping there will be a mo- there will be a monument. 
look, McConnell said to the others, if you made it that far into politics, your second thought after you say, my God, I can't believe it. I got to be president of the United States is I'd like to be a great president of the United States. So Joe Biden speaks regularly about his legacy mm-hmm. all the time, right? Because he's dying. <clears throat> and so when we talked about his legacy, you and I talked a little bit okay, about before, before the show. Joe Biden has always wanted a legacy. Yep. And there's a quote in here from Inauguration Day where Joe Biden says that this should have been Bo Biden's inauguration. Yeah. So, Weird. so he obviously had yeah. presidential aspirations for his son. Right. And so my theory, my working theory um, is that when Bo Biden died, uh, his presidential aspirations were gone because Joe Biden already thought his were gone after he was vice president, thought it was done. Right. The other son, the other hope that he had for a legacy is another piece of shit who's addicted to crack (laughs) cocaine and they had to stage an intervention during the campaign. So brother's wife. So the legacy obviously is not going to happen with the second son. Yeah. And so his chance there. And he mentioned Joe Biden says when he, when they're first talking about being the candidate, he's like, it doesn't have to be me. You know, it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be me. It could be anybody, you know, when they're enticing you, we can, we can give you a legacy. We can provide you a legacy. If you step up and you do this, help us do your politicking in the Senate and the Congress and everything will be fine. You know, Um, what is that section at the beginning of the book? Um, It's it's definitely within the first six chapters um, where he's talking about Bo Biden's death and like being on his deathbed and stuff like that. And basically telling his his father to like, you know, you have to run for president. You have to do this. You know, don't let me down, dad type of thing. Yeah, it's like the narrative that he was supposed to have some kind of legacy through Bo is pretty underlined throughout. So this is from the time of the first reconciliation package. And this speaks to the progressive caucus of the party being not even of the party, but largely the white house that there are the large amount of the control of Joe Biden is with the progressive youth that exist mm-hmm. in the White House. Yeah. And those Jen, idealistic ones. Like I said, Jen Psaki has talked about that, that there are a lot of progressive, very progressive people in the White House. Um, so this is it's so bad. Nancy Pelosi. She knew her members. She kept close tabs on the House Progressive Caucus. They loved a big fight, especially with her, especially the squad of younger female progressives, such as Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who had broken ranks with Pelosi on an immigration bill she had backed. If told she had to take $300 benefit down from $400 without any new incentives, she knew they, would, they could rebel. Every change is a cut to the majority of my caucus, she said. If you want them to swallow the bill, you have to give us something. A majority of the caucus. Yeah. And this is a quote from her conversation. So they're supposed to be from a transcript. Yep. So you're telling me that you believe that a majority of your of your caucus is progressive, right? Or else why would you be saying that? <clears throat> and which caucus are we talking about, by the way? Nancy Pelosi's caucus? Or, you know, the progressive caucus, which is not the same as like the uh the squad. You know, right. they're like ultra progressives, but right. there is a pretty substantially large progressive caucus that probably is looking to the squad as their 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 rudder for which direction to go because the the nature of being a progressive changes the minute they came into power because it's puppet bro yeah mm-hmm. this is this is a point for me that underlined that joe biden doesn't give a shit right that these yep. things are not important to him he's running on progressive ideologies when biden had supported 15 an hour minimum wage during the 2020 campaign he and his top aides were not eager to go to war against the parliamentarian but pelosi knew that her members wanted it, so she kept it in. Senate Democrats would have to strip it out. So yep. they knew it. They're putting yeah. it anyway, just as as just a just a, just a tip. You're like, oh, hey, we're we, not gonna be we able to tried. Do it. 
exactly. And that's happened over and over and over again. Yeah. So, um, which again, isn't necessarily unpolitical. I mean, that's kind of like a standard operating procedure. Right. It's just, like I said, whatever is put into that bill that's trying to get snuck by or trying to get the, uh, you know, the, the amendment in the bill or the, you know, the section in the bill that is there to be the martyr. Right. You know, it's there to be ruled out to, sh- to give you the legislative virtue signal that you're requiring to make sure your caucus is happy. You're okay with it being gone, but you need it to show up there and be stripped away because it shows you tried, you're doing your job. You know, I'm here right. to, to push for the green new deal or whatever the, whatever the deal is. Um, and the last point that I have here in this book that speaks to this is a conversation on the phone between Joe Biden and Susan Collins. Oh. Um, Biden expressed interest in continuing to work with her and the other Republicans, but he made no firm commitments. It was only a 5% increase. They're more than miles apart. Collins told him that it was not an accident. She had 10 Republicans in her group, 10 of them plus 50 Democrats equaled 60 votes enough to stop a filibuster. The magic 60, she said. Mr. President, I just want you to be aware that I'm on the call, said a male voice breaking directly in the phone call. It was Brian Deese, Biden's director of the National Economic Council. Biden seemed surprised. Collins was appalled. What was going on? How could this happen? She thought it was a private White House call. Did staff monitor, listen, or join all of Biden's calls? Yes. Yes. Because, I mean, you could say the same thing about the the Republican Party, but at the end of the day, the Democratic Party is a... How would you phrase it? The party, when they're in charge, like the president is put there by the party. Um, You know, all of the, all of the, all of the, the legislation that gets pushed comes from the party. Right. I don't think it's necessarily that way with the Republicans. It is, but it's, it's a different monster. Right. But this is absolutely, if you are a Democrat, you are chosen because you could win the popularity contest to become president. It, it doesn't matter. We're not running you as the individual. You know, we are running to, to make sure that we win. So we put up this guy or this gal because we know this is our best bet at taking power. And then the DNC gains the power. They control everything that happens within the party from the president down. That's how the DNC has operated for a very long time. Yeah. And it just becomes more and more transparent now that Joe Biden's not in charge. The party is in charge, whether that comes from the powerful players in the party like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or the civilians in the party that aren't in. I mean, they're all civilians, but they're not in public office and that's exactly the same deal that's exactly what i think it is because joe manchin brought up a point this week and this will move us into talks about mint in the coin stuff like that yeah so later can get re-interested in the show so um joe manchin when he was asked about why he wasn't shifting his top line right why he wasn't moving he asked the 1.5 trillion is his top line he asked one of the reporters said, if the progressive ideology is so popular, mm-hmm. why aren't there more progressives in Congress? <laughs> why yeah. is their caucus so small? Yeah. You know, if it's so important, and that came off the back of Jen Psaki being asked, like, why are you continually asking Joe Manchin to shift his number and not the progressives? Yeah. You know, um, and I think that I definitely have a note here for it somewhere. But she also got asked... Um, if Joe Biden had told the progressive not to look at the American family plan and the American jobs plan together, right. The reconciliation plan and the infrastructure plan. And um, 
Biden, obviously, when he announced them, said he wanted them passed in tandem. He put a statement out shortly after that saying like, oh, no, you know, that was just a thing that I said. Like, don't worry about it. Um, just words. Yeah, it's just words. Um, and she just said words. she said the president has said publicly and privately he wants to pass them together. And yeah. oh, yeah. Um, then she said. The progressives want an understanding on the path forward for the reconciliation package. And we want, excuse me, and they want the historic legislation to pass the infrastructure pack or the budget reconciliation package. And so there's this continuing narrative of, well, the progressives just want, and it's always the progressives. Like she's very yeah. adamant about, about their standpoint, you know, and that's another thing is like, she's always talking about, well, the progressives want this. Well, there's fucking 10 of them. Why does that matter? If there's a whole other side of people that you can convince with something in this bill, why the fuck are you talking about 10 people in the house for the yeah. same reason we're talking about two people in the Senate? Mm -hmm. What is the fucking point? Fuck those people convince somebody else. I have a yep. game changer right? for you. So let's hear it. I just, cause I'm, we're sitting here talking about the progressive caucus and all this, yes. and you know, we assume it's pretty small. Yeah. Well, sure. there are 435 voting representatives in the house of Congress. Yes. Okay. There are 95 members of the house of representatives and one Senator. Oh shit. That belong. <laughs> oh, so, oh shit. So you think oh, roughly, Oh shit. Roughly, the house is split 50 50. Like 10 people, right? fuck them. Oh so it's, yeah. it is, but this is, this is even the more, squad is like it's even people, scarier. So yeah. It's even scarier, though. Right. Because the progressive caucus of the DNC makes up roughly half, <laughs> half of the party members the in caucus. power, led by none other than our wonderful representative. Oh my gosh, come on down. Pramila Jayapal. Pramila Jayapal from <laughs> Washington State. And Katie Porter from the District of California. The Ilhan Omar's the whip. She is the whip. She's responsible for whipping the progressive caucus votes. That's fair. She's a bully. I, I get that. She is a total bully. hundred percent. Kind of yeah. She's a, she's and, a good whip, actually. Yeah. Now that and, I think and, about it. No, and it dumped on what you said. Uh, just because you brought up a good point, and I think about it all the time, and I really think what if what you want is power, you'll never go for the other side, because the other side of the progressive, even on the Democrat side, they don't want the expansion of government and they don't want an overarching power, right? Generally, mm -hmm. Democrats leave with their heart. They want some kind of safety blanket for society, but they don't want like a true expansion of government. So like when you're like, well, why won't we shift away from the progressives? It's really in my mind, them showing their hand, like they want more power, right? Because yeah. the thing that's with progressives, like no matter what they're doing and like the, everything that they're pressing on Joe Biden is the same things they've been using to hit us over the head with power. Just be like, well, give us this thing. And you're like, no, not all. Well, like, give us this thing or you're a racist. And they're literally beating people over the head. Give us this things or you hate kids. Give us this thing or you hate women's sexual reproductive rights. Yes. And everything's getting bashed over your head, right? The progressives are always just punching you in the mouth. And literally what you're talking about, Joe Biden in peril. Again, if you read the book, so I had to suck that all in. But what I'm seeing is this rhythmic thing of them using the hurt person or the person of that moment to beat them over the, to beat the people over the head into submission. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's fascinating. I think that's what's happening. I think that's why they want to move it because I think Joe Biden, Jim Zaki, the executive branch knows on the other side of the progressive agenda is more power for them. Right. And so whoever holds the helm of government, 
like like is in charge and that's what like i think the conserve especially for me as a libertarian i want the government to be super small the government's supposed to handle literally just our military and our court system and we're good we're supposed to be good and it's it's expanded into an oblivion yeah that's funny i love um i used to consider myself a libertarian um and at this point, the military is the only thing that I'm having a problem squaring away with my yeah. more and more anarchist views, because that's the only that's the only hurdle I can't get around is national offense. Because if, yeah. if America was in total anarchy and let's just say we devolved down to 50 states, which were yeah. 50 nations, China's rolling in real quick. China, Russia just going to take over right then and Everything. there. It's done. Yeah. So that's the only problem I'm having squaring away. But. Other than that, I'm a thousand percent on board. I think the smallest government we could possibly have, except for military, because I think we've proven at this point that what George Washington and the founders feared about political parties is coming to flourishing 110 percent. And we're at a point in time now where if we allow this to continue much further, it's over. We all this the, the clock is ticking, and if if party if parties become ideological cults, yep. as they have become today, mm-hmm. um, the Republicans are a little bit more of an exception because they don't really do anything except just say stop, slow the Plain fuck down, shit. whatever. You know they don't have any real ideological bent on them, but literally nothing. Yeah, they just don't do anything. But the the, Demo- the DNC has essentially usurped as much power as they possibly can from our republic democratic process and taking it on their own to just lead by dictate and if we allow the progressives to continue this process i don't then you know i say it all the time but the republic is dead at that point if if the if the political party which is you know, a lot of power players aren't necessarily in elected office control what the elected officers do, which I think is pretty clear that Joe Biden is when he's up there on the stand every other every other day saying, well, I'm not supposed to talk about this. Uh, they're going to get mad at me. Those are those you're are a fucking points. you're a puppet of the party. Yeah, You are not a real person, dude. There's a reason that I think it was Vox wrote that article that says Joe Biden stay alive. All we need is your corporeal form. Yes. All we need is the dude yes. in the chair. Who will just say whatever he's done or whatever he's told to say, do whatever he's told to do, and then so, just shut up about the rest and take your money and power and go the fuck home to Delaware. Through the White House. We don't yes. even necessarily need a breathing <sighs> president, just no. someone sitting in the chair that we can say this came from the White House. And it's probably better Here that Joe know. Biden's in charge for them compared to Kamala, because at least Kamala's young enough to have some form of cognitive ability to oh, semi think for herself yeah. but she's literally the worst politician i've ever yeah, seen yeah sorry go ahead he's so bad always think i want to play like it doesn't back. matter that everything she thinks about is the absolute worst thing a human being could think about 100%. but she's dangerous because she can think joe biden can't think yes no. and i think that's very 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 clear for anybody to see that has two fucking eyes and is willing to watch 30 seconds of a video you give any of his speeches over the, especially like the last month. Oh my God, I feel so bad. Yeah. Like it, this is this is elder abuse, bro. This is not okay. <laughs> and yeah, we laugh, 
But God, I feel bad for the dude. He should not be doing this. He needs to go. He needs to retire and be chilling the fuck out and enjoying whatever golden years he wants to talk about with Hunter and blah, 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 blah. He does not need to be president of the goddamn United States. When he fell that time, he got up pretty quick. Yep, yeah, that's true. He, he was very spry. Stairs, you know, that's right. He got up like three times. Got up <laughs> three times. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. Sorry. Listen, I, I, he did it to himself, though. Honestly. Like, he did. He did. Yeah. Like, he was desperate enough to he was desperate enough for a legacy. Yes. Or you know, I don't yeah, that's gotta be the only thing. It's gotta be the only reason. Because why the fuck would anybody want to do that? He referenced again in the same I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, no, you. Okay. He referenced again in the infrastructure talk I was listening to today. Um when he was talking about the renewal of the green energy programs and he said i want a conversation a conservation core just like fdr had but a green conversation conservation <laughs> core so he's laying it out himself like he's yep. he's laying these things out himself he wants to be you know the next fdr he wants no, he wants saying. it he yeah. wants it we've been talking about this all the time on our social media obviously thank you guys for watching us on youtube youtube.com slash salt or youtube salt of the streets the live videos the pre-shows for everything we have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets. We, yeah. we have we have our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Offy on both of those things. We also have our Patreon, patreon.com slash salt of the streets. Go there, become a patron, help us make more and better content. You get free shit. Discord, you get cool shit. Yeah. That nobody shit, else can. Cool Exclusive club. Exactly. Discounts, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Discord, Salt of the Streets, Twitch.com, LexiKO, Instagram.com, Leggings and Aprons, Salt of the Streets.com for all this information. AT, Atlas AT Taxes. I think that's it's Atlas Accounting and Taxes, right? That's what. Yeah, Atlas Accounting and Taxes. I'm about to overhaul it all. Like, literally, it's the worst thing in the world. Like, I can't tell you how many times I tell people that it's like, what the well, fuck? Before you do, yeah. right I now, need... appreciate it because the flood of calls will be coming. Yeah. Before you do, I need some Atlas gear. I oh, need Atlas yeah. gear. I we actually have some. I just hide the link because when I did it, it was just like it was just like, oh, I'm doing this for me. And then other people were like, well, can I have some too? And I was just like, yeah, let me let me see what's going on here. Yeah. So yeah, we do have gear. I, I can send that too. Don't Let's worry. organize a jersey swap, bro. Let's there you it. go. I've asked this guy for his address like five times. I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll send it to you right now. And I literally <laughs> Listen, don't. I have. never. That's the level of damn is. I love it. Listen, long as you know that I always give it to you. I'm terrible <laughs> at a lot of things, but I always remember that. And I'm just like, you know what? Don't bother. They got a lot going on right now. <laughs> the Dixons remember their deaths. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this real quick. Let's, I think we can just talk about minting the coin. Yeah. And we could talk about the overarching budget thing later. We can give kind of a preview of it. Obviously, in the last few weeks, there was concern about a government shutdown. Just this week, there was legislation passed to expand or increase the debt ceiling to allow the country to go on until it's like December 3rd, I think is the estimated date. Yep. Cause it's kind of a rough thing. Uh, but now, you know, is, the Treasury... December? is it December? I heard December. I yeah, think December, December 3rd. What did I okay. say? Just, no, no, you said December 3rd. I, just, okay. I didn't hear you. I yeah. Know. Early December. I think it's, it's December, December 3rd. 3rd I think morning. is like okay. the rough yeah. date that they gave. Um, and so obviously plus or minus a few days. Yeah. And McConnell um, has come out since then and said, this is it. Yes. At yeah. December 3rd. Right. This is your ball game. This, We've given you enough field. Yes. This is yours now. This required Republican cooperation for 60 votes, 61 votes to get past the mm -hmm. filibuster there. And so 
there's been this weird conversation over the last few days that I really didn't understand until I was reading articles right before we got here. The Jen Psaki has started talking about like, well, now we're not even asking the Republicans before this happened. We're not even asking the Republicans to take part. All we're asking them to do is get out of the way. And I wasn't sure what she was talking about because that's all that she would say. And it wasn't yeah. like said, until today that I realized she was talking about a f- f- carving a carve out in the filibuster for budgets yep. that she now we don't even want you to help us just get out of the way so that we can do it. So yep. now we want mansion and cinema to get on board with us so that we can adjust the filibuster so that you guys don't even have to help us. Yep. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we're renewing the filibuster conversation so, yes. that Joe Manchin said he's, he isn't in for, but all of a sudden Joe Biden says that he's down for it. Joe Biden's not including the Hyde Amendment and the budget reconciliation yeah. plan. And he's like, oh, uh, fuck the Hyde Amendment. We need to get rid of it. Throwing all these extra wrenches in a thing that they're like, we just want Republicans to get out of the way. Yeah. Because that's why are you doing shit that you know that they're going to fight you on? Yep. You know? 100%. And that's part of Joe Manchin's tilt at this point. It's he's standing behind the Hyde Amendment. He says, I'm not going to vote for anything that doesn't have the Hyde Amendment in yeah. it still. So then all of a sudden, insanity. Joe Biden's go, okay, well, I need Joe Manchin, Hyde Amendment. That's cool. Yeah. I fought for that shit for 30, 40 years. So I'm good. And Let's he just doesn't give in. a fuck. He nope. doesn't care. If it doesn't pass, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. It's done. If these things don't happen, doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. that's why this idea of, of printing the coin or minting the coin has even come about. It's yep. because there's a potential for this to not happen. Yes. And so that's, that's why a large potential. Jenny Yellen is like, oh, we need to just get rid of the debt ceiling completely. We and, just need there's there's been talks of like making and okay, so let's talk about it for just exactly a second, right? Larry. Thank you. About taking the debt ceiling over here and, and putting it to a number that we could never ever reach, a Google Plex or some shit like that. So you don't ever have to worry yeah. about it again, right? Yep. Just, so you never have to worry about it. We have to talk about it for just a second because it's so fucking confusing. Yes. Right. The debt ceiling, for anybody who doesn't understand, the debt ceiling. There's been so much conversation, especially like on breaking points. We're like, oh, the debt ceiling is an arbitrary and stupid thing that we should get rid of anyway, and then doesn't go in to explain it, yep. right? Just, oh, it's arbitrary yeah. and stupid. Okay, so the debt ceiling is a limit, as as it says in the name, a limit on the amount of debt that the U.S. government can accrue before yep. everything stops. It's a credit like, card limit. You have to figure awesome. it's a credit card limit. Figure it the fuck out. As is the credit card limit. The credit card limit is money you have already spent. Right. That's been a huge thing, because now the last few days, there's charts that they're playing in the press briefings that show how much money was added to the deficit under Trump and then under Biden. They're like, so really, the Republicans are refusing to pay for spending that happened under their watch. Again, the same thing with jobs, the same thing with all this other shit. If the color was reversed, the same debt would have happened, maybe more. Well, and yeah. if it was a blue if it was a blue president. Yeah. So this whole thing of like, oh, well, the deficit increased so much under Donald Trump. The fucking pandemic started two years ago. What are we yes. talking about? It's exactly the Democrats also had a hand and fought for passing all of these different packages, these stimulus packages, most of so, which were passed with a bare majority, which the Democrats had the bare majority at the time during so, Trump's lame duck. Yes. Sessions. So this eight trillion dollars they're this talking is their about. Debt. Is Democrats Still. debt that they're blaming on the Republicans because the Republicans had a one seat majority in the Senate and, yeah. the, and yep. the presidency? Yep. What are we talking about? This, yeah. gas, this is gaslighting. That is gaslighting. You're just putting Trump's face on a number and saying that's all his fault. So that's, really, they don't even, baby. they're saying, oh, they don't want to. Um, we just want Republicans to let us be the adults in the room because it's obvious they're not going to do it. That's literally That's what not. she's saying yeah. in press briefings is we just yeah. want Republicans to let us be the adults in the room. And you know what the really hilarious part is? Bernie Sanders said the quiet part out loud when he said, you know, we can't let 48 senators be stopped by just two. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. I know 
You kind of just had to run your own shit. How many senators are there? Larry, how many senators are there? A hundred. So 48 <laughs> minus 100 is 52. 100%. Well, I mean, like 100 they have a majority. Yeah, so like they have a minority, but the minority, I, I'm really confused here, is being stopped by the majority. Uh, is that is that what Bernie Sanders likes to call democracy? It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Like I said. Per, the, and it's the, their the, fucking people. It's, the, it's the Arizona senator. Cinema. 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 And fucking West Virginia Democrat. Manchin. Joe Manchin. Manchin. It's their people. 100%. But it's McConnell's but, fault. <laughs> you know, we, we wouldn't get it. Listen, it's Trump's fault that they don't have a That's majority. That's true. Orange man bad. I forgot. Well, listen, what he did in Georgia was terrible. But like yes, on it was. That, that was a travesty. 100%. Progressives just want more power. And like, again, yeah. you said it. Or Bernie, Joe Bernie, Bernie Sanders said it like he's just like, hey, like, well, like they've already cut out the Republicans in their thought process, which means that we no longer have like a bipartisan Congress, right? Doesn't exist. Republic- yeah, and the Republicans are just as bad, but like they're it's duplicitous because the way they're framing it, they're trying to put all this blame blame on the other people, right? Yeah. Not even disconcerting to be like, hey, like they're not even going to include all the pre-spending that had reached disproportionate levels under Obama. Like every president is spending too much money, right? And then yep. in all those bills that were passed, right? Because a lot of the money, the majority of the money came in the last nine months of Donald Trump's presidency for the for the uh, the pandemic that we've just gone through. Stimulus going through. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the stimulus all came through with white support. Yeah. And so, like, it, it's tough for me to, like, then sit on it on the other side and be like, hey, like, like, like this is all Donald Trump's fault, right? And it's all a game, and that's why I've been trying to tell people. It's just like, hey, like, what you're hearing, it's all duplicitous, right? Yeah. Like, the reason the Republicans have even stopped it, the reason they even include them is duplicitous, right? At no point do they ever need the Republicans to vote for it, right? Nope. They just don't want to do a voterama because – I like voteromas, right? Oh They're yeah, terrible. I can't wait to fight about this. hundred. <laughs> I like I like to get people on the record. So the reason I like a voterama that's, is that's we good. have to sit down and vote on individual bills, so that I can point at you and be like, "You don't care about school choice," and it matters, right? Yeah. It's long, it's arduous, it doesn't make a ton of political sense. Political signal, the optics. Hundred percent. Yep. Yes, I just I want I want the notes, right? Because mm-hmm. what we do is we keep getting all these omnibus packages. With literally like reading these bills last year, I'm reading 3,300 pages. Yeah, of, of just bill text, and I'm just like what? infrastructure bill 2596 or some shit. That's how we got to know Larry. Yep, exactly. It brought us together. All that. Amen. Thank God for the omnibus. A hundred percent. And I want to sit down, and I want them to be like, I I just want to hear it, right? Like I yeah. want to hear the person who's just like, why are we giving a million dollars to this library? Like who wants it? Because mm-hmm. in reality, they're literally just greasing everyone's wheels. And yes. the yep. Democrats don't want to do that because then they'll get exposed. This is all their 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 all their stuff, right? Like we went from one trillion in this bipartisan infrastructure package, and I swear to God, I woke up the next day and we we're at four point six trillion, and I literally was confused how we got. There. It's, we we lined out how there's all those secret spinning too of like yep. oh and this much when this much runs out that like exactly. the three trillion really had a top number of like eight trillion yeah you know that yeah. we're like well why is no one talking about that like yeah. there's all this extra funding you have in here that is just oh well when this runs out and it 
all ended up being spent or at least yeah. distributed, not spent because there's still how many billions sitting in the States, right. That haven't been yeah. handed out to people who own houses and rent their houses. But um, so there was a point I wanted to make real quick before we dive too deep into this. Yes. Um, we got to talk about minting the coin. We will real quick. Um, Mint the coin. Mint the coin. So on, because minting the coin is obviously based around government spending, right? Yes. Do we, I'm going to have to fact, I'm going to have to fact check myself budget. on this, but I'm fairly sure. When was the last time the U.S. government didn't have a deficit? We ran a surplus. It was like 1990. That's not long ago. No. And that, you could stop right there because it was Bill Clinton. It was sometime in the 90s. Clinton, yeah. But it was not that long ago. How much debt are we in now? Oh, trillion? 20, trillion, 20 some 20 trillion, dollars. trillion dollars. I mean, we're yeah. in fucking less than 40 years and it's 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 breached the threshold of gdp right yeah we do we no oh, longer yeah. even make enough money to pay off our like the interest and shit for our yeah. we we now owe more money than we even make in a year yeah which is also why one note on the on the debt ceiling real quick before we move but like yes. why do we have a debt ceiling it's so that irresponsible borrowing behavior can be discouraged because money isn't real yes. because but money isn't real so it doesn't matter what we do, we don't need a debt ceiling because yeah the u.s government can have a, a american express black card or whatever that is that the one that has it's zero a platinum eagle limit. colin exactly that's what it is the platinum eagle <laughs> the platinum eagle with joe biden's face on yeah is that, are yeah, they really gonna put his face on it I don't know. They I don't think they're going to oh, they oh take the eagle and they put a new face on it. So yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the one little like picture I saw of somebody like conceptualizing this thing was a picture of Joe Biden on it with one trillion around the platinum coin. Let's so take, a, let's take another shot before we talk about it. Yeah, let's take a shot because daddy needs a shot before we. You guys are taking shots. Yeah, what was your last point? Yeah, bro, this is my house. I don't have to go anywhere. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, Donovan's got to be concerned. I weigh 200 plus pounds. So exactly. I'm okay. Exactly. Yeah, oh, wait, I need to pour the shots. Um, I've lost three pounds this week, Larry. Oh, well, that's what's like Time to change that Make with cuts some right now bourbon. for the last couple weeks, and then I'm trying to put on some more muscle. Yeah, just get after it. Yeah, I can't believe you guys are drinking whiskey. I can't drink whiskey. I mean, it's kind of whiskey. It's brown sugar bourbon. I'm it's Irish, basically like It's the dessert of the whiskey world. Yeah. I could never do it. It's like those churros I got last night. Oh, yeah, Buffalo Trace. I don't give a fuck. Drink whiskey. And you need oh, the oh yeah, I'll fuck with tequila yeah. all day. Yeah. You said you had one point you want to make before we mint the coin. What do you want to spending debt ceiling? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We'll just move on. Okay, mint the coin. So mint the coin. I just want to know. We're talking about the U.S. mint minting a one trillion dollar platinum coin, which obviously isn't going to be worth a trillion dollars. Not not in platinum, no. 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 So right from the top, before we get into the explanations, Larry, are you for minting the coin? Or no? Uh, uh, or is no, it complicated? It's it's super complicated, right? Because it's just they're just they're just taking out the debt instead of raising the debt. It's they, not uh, crypto, it's, Zeke. It's, it's not, not crypto. crypto Zeke. This will explain. Yep. No, a hundred percent. Right. And like, so this is this is my whole thought, right? constitutionalists love the constitutional thomas jefferson said it's incumbent upon every generation to pay off their debt as it goes we Amen. have not done that right we should be lannisters 100 and so minting the coin is literally just taking out debt the only reason the only reason we need okay let's start from the beginning do it, why, do we, why do we need to raise the debt ceiling we literally need to raise the debt ceiling in order to pay off our debt 
the we government will shut down. Hundred percent, it will shut down. They say that all the time, but again, yeah, we'll default on our. It will shut norms. down unless you work for COVID. Then it doesn't shut down. Jen Saki <laughs> was very clear about that. So Fauci's still going to get paid. Dear God, no one worry about that. Fauci's still going to get paid. It's okay. Oh my God, they always find the money, right? And so basically, they're arguing. So they said that meant the coin. The coin comes out of the treasury as opposed to out of the Fed, right? So we're not borrowing any money. Mm-hmm. We're creating it in our treasury. Yes. I don't like it for this reason, this specific reason. There are two kind of policies surrounding money. Monetary policy, right? Monetary policy is where the money flows or how does it come out of the economy? How does it flow within the economy? Fiscal policy is how do we use the money inside the government to then reach our to to accomplish our poli- or accomplish our government objectives, right? The whole point of making the Fed, which I hate the Fed, I've gone on the record multiple times, but the whole reason of making the Fed independent was so that no political party could then control our monetary policy could then benefit their fiscal policy. That's literally the whole reason separated, right? So the whole reason we all hate printing money is because the dollars that are out there, the dollars in your savings account become worth less. So if we're going to increase the money supply by a trillion dollars, every dollar that we're saving, which is why I told people to save in crypto, because I knew this, I literally told you, didn't I come on here and tell you guys your money's worth this? They're going to, they're ruined. You did say that. You I told that. you this a long time ago. Anyone talks to me loves it because every crypto is going up. That being said, now that they've done it, we're going to go back to where we started on in the beginning of this entire thing. Nothing that is an entitlement program or that's easy or government program ever goes away. So once this starts, no one's going to shut it off. 100%. They're just going to keep tapping that fucking button and getting that trade. So that's why I don't like it, right? Because we're conflating something that's supposed to be independent. And then what is to stop, right? Heaven forbid. What is, like, just imagine, right? Heaven forbid, he says. Right? The Democrats <laughs> get a majority, not a Republican. Yeah, God forbid. Yeah. Right? How much money would they spend? This would we have they want. Trillion. As much as they have. 100%. And now, if they could do this, if they did this, anytime they were in power again, we wouldn't even have the ability to curtail it, right? I don't think you need to be a conservative, but the whole point of our bipartisan Democratic Republic is so that, like, this this deadlock is supposed to happen in order yes. for us to come up with the best idea, yeah. not the one that seems the best in the minute. We're supposed to talk. Because we have bad politicians, here we are. I don't like it conflating independencies between a monetary fiscal policy Secondly, once this happens, no one's going to stop it. We're just going to go up because then everything that we're supposed to do is going to go there and people are just going to shirk off our money, right? People come over with a superfluous thing of just like, well, we need to get, like, we need to be able to pay our bills because then our fucking borrowing ready with Moody's would go down from a AAA rating down. People want to have our storage of currency. The same thing's going to happen if we keep drastically and irresponsibly expanding our currency. I literally already talked to people who are in other countries moving away from the dollar, and everyone's just like, "Where are they moving? Like, what, what dollar? It's not. It's it's crypto. Crypto. Hundred yep. percent. They're decentralizing because they don't trust anybody. Because ultimate power, which is the power over our monetary policy or money, is is a ultimate power, and it's going to corrupt you as it has. All right. I just want to uh, shout out a tweet that I put out the other day <laughs> in regards to this. Right. So from the hill. Um, they were doing a, they were quoting a video with sec, um, Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen, where she said it has become increasingly damaging to America to have a debt ceiling. It's led to a series of politically dangerous conflicts that have caused Americans and global Marxists to question whether or not America is serious about paying its bills. In response, I said, 
There is nothing that says you're more serious about paying your bills than taking out more debt to pay your bills. This is what we're talking about when yes. we're talking about minting the coin. We're saying, hey, I can't afford to pay my bills, so I better leverage, leverage my mortgage. I, I better take out another card. credit card. Yeah. This is, this is. It's crazy. And if, it's you, crazy. Did this, yes. if it's crazy. you did this, they would call you irresponsible. They would say you're not allowed to do it. And they would honestly be like, you're not allowed to borrow any money. Yes. What yes. happens? Who's going to give you the money? So let's, so let's, let's explain it real quick. Right. So the idea of minting the coin, apparently it does have some basis in law. And we'll talk about that when I'm done, when I'm done explaining it. So minting the coin, the idea of minting the coin, apparently. Is it different than printing a trillion dollars in dollars? Um, I don't know that it's, it's, it's not, just easier. Um, but that's how this is written in the yeah. laws. It has right. to be a, a platinum coin. And so yeah. what we can do, I, I love it. I go know ahead, it's go ahead, go America's ahead. fucking so crazy, right? We're going to bring down the price of yeah. platinum is what we're going to do. We're like foreigners <laughs> are insane, but then we have a law that's like, you can, tr- you can mint a $1 trillion coin. It has to be made out of platinum. You can get on a helicopter and fly to, okay. So we'll talk about it. So, so in a, this is a workaround. Cristobal even even called it an accounting gimmick yeah. for the federal government, right? As we've talked about in the past, in the past, the Federal Reserve is an independent body. That its intent was to keep it separate from politics. Really, its intent is to enslave everybody in America to the dollar. So yep. what we're and doing, the head is, of the Treasury can literally quit one day and go start to work for the federal government as treasury secretary the next day and vice versa. Yeah. And vice versa. And also you can work in private industry in monetary industry and then go right and become the chairman of the fed. And it doesn't matter at all. Yep. Uh, Also the the secretary of treasury and the president picks the the secretary head of the fed anyway. So, but it's not political at all. So (laughs) so, so, it's crazy. Nothing is real. Nothing is real. How are you guys not black? Nothing is real. So, so what we could do, in an accounting gimmick to try and get farther away from the debt ceiling. Apparently, apparently, we can someone from is it, is it a particular person? Do you guys know that has to do it, or is it just someone from the Fed? Um, so either way, the Fed can. Yeah, I think it's just the head of the Fed would have to make the call. Can mint, which means to you know to cast a a platinum coin that is a silver eagle that they made out or make out of platinum with a different face on it that someone can then take this coin that is given it's deemed the worth of one trillion dollars because the platinum itself does not equate to the value of one trillion dollars that person can then take it and fly that coin to the treasury yep. deposit this yep. trillion dollar coin from west point man yeah, from from West. Yes, yes, that's from the, the West Point, point Mint. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. So because that's a close one. So the West Point Mint, they'll fly it from the West Point Mint to the Treasury Department, deposit this one trillion dollar coin, and our debt will then be reduced by one trillion dollars. <laughs> yep. So I foresee a heist movie. So there yeah. is precedent for this in the past. I yep. believe it was Truman. I believe it was Truman. But when Truman did it, he used fucking gold. Not a fucking piece of metal that we were like, this is how much this is worth. Yeah. He used gold that had a Actual set value at the time yeah. that he then took and deposited. Probably questionable then too, but at least the gold had value that was sitting at the time, not a coin that we said, this is how much this is worth. Yeah. And he paid off that much debt with this much gold, yeah. right? Yep. Again, still kind of a gimmick, but at least there's value to the gold at the time mm-hmm. in the amount that you have there. Yeah, and there's the volume in the platinum, but it's but not, not a trillion, trillion dollars. dollars. No, but he yeah. that's Truman paid off that amount of 
debt with this much gold. You know, mm-hmm. the dollar value of that gold of debt yep. is how much you paid off with. Yep. So it wasn't. It was an it was an equal amount. It was yes, the value. They didn't of inflate the, the, the price yeah. of the gold to pay off more yes. debt. You know, that's why I said we're just going to bring down the yes. price of platinum. Yes. But apparently. According to, you know, Crystal Ball and Sagar, who's supposed to be a conservative, but every time they bring it up, do you watch Breaking Points, Larry? No, I don't watch Breaking Points. So Breaking Points, is. did you ever watch Rising? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. You lost me on the last, literally the last part. You just lost me. Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty host a show called Breaking Points. They used to host a show on the Hill that was called Rising. They've since broken off and, you know, it's the best way to fight mainstream media and blah, blah, blah. They're a bunch of shills now. And yeah. um, Sagar is supposed to be a conservative. He wears a suit all months. the time. And so Crystal Ball is like, uh, she's very progressive. She says, uh, you know, mint the coin. Just mint the coin already. And, and Sagar is like, yeah, mint the freaking coin. What kind of conservative are you if your immediate reaction is, yeah, print the fucking coin? A thirsty one. In what yeah. world is that conservative in any way at all? Right? Not at all. It's literally not. No yeah. person who's conservative about a fiscal policy is yeah. going no. Because again, I get the law, right? We have to use platinum because every denomination is like tied to something, right? Except for platinum. But again, this is a uh, any conservative is going to look at this as a direct expansion. And the problem I always have is why like no one's looking at at just like no one has a fix, right? To go back to our earlier conversation, I like tied back. I like to be sick or repetitive in my talk. There's no vision. Yeah, yeah. What? Right. Sorry, no sorry. I had to. I had to. There's no vision for it, right? Nope. So, like, we literally are using a short-term fix to not solve any problems because they haven't said, "Hey, maybe you should control our spending." If you looked at your your debt and you're like, "Man, I'm eight hundred thousand dollars in debt," you'd be like, "I need to do something to figure this figure it out." We're not figuring it out. We are literally developing outstanding strategies to then fix a problem that's going to do the same thing no matter what, which is mm-hmm. an expand our inflation. Our dollars will be worth nothing, right? And this will tie in, won't cover today. But we come into, like, look at China, right? Because China is a very authoritarian country, right? They're going through similar problems. The problem, the way they're fixing it is they're pushing out other cryptos. And mark my words, America and other big countries will have a centralized coin. They're already looking at it. Coin. The government's already looking at it. Yep. Too easy. And they're going to use that to control. And then again, control inflation and deflation of the currency. They want to inflate the currency because it cheapens the debt they have to pay. Yep. If at any point we start to deflate the currency, they're going to have to pay more of their debt. This is what they want. And so every dollar we save is going to continually be worth less. Like everyone's just like, we have this new fix and I'm just screaming. I literally went to Facebook and got made fun of for, for I still get made fun of right now. They're like, oh, you still have all your money in crypto? Yes. And yes. like while people are running, earning 0.001% interest on the rate, all my money's in crypto and look at it. They announced this dumb shit and all my shit pops off anymore. And again, I haven't lost anything. It's, it's fucking, it's so frustrating. So it's so frustrating. I was going to, I was going to slightly push back on something you said, and it's not really a pushback. It's uh, you said they want to spend this money. They want to spend this money. They oh, want to yeah. keep spending this money. Um, but fuck yeah, they have a three and a half trillion dollar budget reconciliation that they're saying won't cost any money. Yes. Even though, oh, even, though it's, right. even though it's three and a half, four point six, whatever Larry said, but it won't cost any money. It's yep. all paid for, it's completely free, but we can tell you what the price tag is. Yeah. Gaslighting. Right. Which is bullshit because it is gaslighting because it's not <laughs> they want to raise the debt ceiling for money they want to spend, right? It yeah. might be in some aspects, but at a certain point, this is money 
they have to raise the debt ceiling because this is money they have to spend. Mm-hmm. This is money that we have to spend. We've devalued our currency so much. We have to do this because all of our outstanding debts are. I, I keep thinking back to like um, back when I used to have television, cable news and stuff. There was all like these debt consolidation firms. Right. Yeah. And as we know, debt has a wonderful wonderfully terrible aspect of it where it can the more debt you take out the worse are you're you're going to be in the end because your interest payments become more and more and more and then you can't afford to actually pay down the principal all you're doing is paying off the interest that's mm-hmm. essentially what we're talking about here we're, yes. we're going to keep printing money and making it worse and worse for us we're in a downward spiral if we continue to borrow which is why the debt ceiling at this point in time is so important to maintain some mm-hmm. form of because the minute we remove that, we're, we're going to be crossing the event horizon into the black hole of monetary policy that we will not – it will be impossible to escape from. Yeah. We don't have any brand new revenue sources that are going to come online sometime in the future and be yeah. able to pay all this shit off. The more debt we go into, it's the same exact thing as you taking out too much debt on a personal level. The only difference is the consequences – are a 300 some million times more important because that's the livelihood right. of every single citizen of the United States who might not have a country because right. of the irresponsible spending of our quote unquote elected representatives. It's not, it's not so much that we want to spend more. They do want to spend more, which is scary, yes. but it's, it's getting to the point now at which we have to spend more. And if we don't stop it fucking now, we won't have a country soon. Yep. And and, and if I could, if I could jump on, because like you you brought up a very point, right? Like I'm going to go from Don to Colin, and I'm going to try to bring on that. Don literally said, we have a bill that's not going to cost any money because it's already paid for. You're literally talking about they need to spin into an oblivion to cover what we spent, right? I've been talking about the fact that it's it we we've lost control right and we've lost control of monetary policy by mm-hmm. this, right my big thing is this what did Joe Biden run on? he said we are not going to tax those making over four hundred thousand dollars right if inflation is destroying the money we already have then this bills and these spending packages are the equivalent of a trickle down taxation and a trickle down theft. Or tax on those making less than $400,000. Because yep. listen, when the gas goes up a dollar, the rich aren't going to feel it. But you know who is? The people making under $6,000. Yep. This is literally trickle-down theft. Yep. And it's trickle-down taxation. And it's literally bypassing the people who will never think about it. And it's covered by giving us all these entitlement programs. And okay, to wrap it all the way up, like literally bring it back to the beginning. Those entitlement programs aren't going to go away. And it's creating a softer place where no one's hunting for what they eat. And again, it's a perpetuating cycle that's average, atrophying us as Americans and giving them and abdicating more power to them. And again, to sum it all up, they're literally just boiling us slowly. And by time it's too late, we're just not, we're not going to see it till too late. Yep. Yeah. Nope. We won't, we feel it now in the price of food, in the price yep. of gas, right? Um, yes. But we are not feeling it the way we're going to feel it. This yes. is, this is, we're, we're scratching the surface of how bad this is going to get. 
And I, I really struggle to the big things that I struggle with in minting the coin, right? I think it's fair to say I'm not in favor of minting the coin. Uh, yeah. But two of the things that I really struggle with, one of them is it's almost, like you said, going into, what, a, what did you call it, into the abyss or whatever the fuck? Crossing the event horizon. There you go, crossing the event horizon. You're I going love space. The glass. I don't know how you can do this. And, you know, I understand the government says the government is not like a big business or like a household, you know, that's precisely what it is. So it's a very odd thing for them to say. But um, I struggle to understand how you can carry forth a policy like this in which you print a coin and give it a value and pay off your own debt with it and expect anybody in the country who's reasonable to continue to believe in commerce, yeah. to continue to have any faith in this currency at all, or even paying off their own debt. You know, if all my money's in crypto and then the government fails, who's going to come after me for whatever credit card I had, debt I had? No one, because no it doesn't right. exist anymore. So that's your AR. You, that's your hunting with an AR. And that's not me, you know, being like, this is what you should do. But my, uh, what I'm saying is that, ideology then makes sense and yeah. you can't as the government yeah. try and convince anybody any other way because you just showed me it doesn't matter you're going to hit a point and just tick the number down you didn't do yeah. anything you printed out a coin and you said this is this is i'm going to pay off our debts with this and uh because we need to spend more stuff why how does that work you can't even explain it to me you're no. just telling me it won't affect it won't affect inflation yeah. how how does it and not affect inflation i don't and that's the other thing is like i don't get how you print a coin and like, so you give it a value and you add it to the economy and say, but it won't affect inflation at all. And it's not, like, how? it's not currency that's going to be circulated. No, it's we just don't a have a chance. It's it is a, a trillion dollar reduction in the value of our own currency. So I don't understand yeah. how, I mean, not gaslighting obviously, but like it just in a logical sense, how anybody can believe that or be in yeah. favor of it when that doesn't make logical sense. When the justification is, oh, it's a law. The government said that it won't. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean anything. That means fuck all. Like, we've seen that. It doesn't mean anything. Just because the government said, though, the, the FDA said so. The, the ATF said so. You mm -hmm. know, this is a uh, gun is more deadly when it has a shorter barrel. That doesn't make any sense. Yep. Like, the ballistic, the ballistic of, of 5.56, you need a 16-inch barrel to have, uh, like, legitimately thousand. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know? What are you it's, talking about? It's the same thing. Like, so with all this other shit, the FDA, oh, well, uh. Mm. there's a, so it's, many yeah i'm running. you know what i'm saying i i just it, it doesn't it doesn't make logical sense yeah but it's an ideology the government is asking people to accept on a very low key you know uh jen saki's not going to talk about it all the time so, ah, it's whatever you know but janet yellen hardly anybody yeah. knows her name unless you're tapped into politics janet yellen yep. who's the head of the fucking treasury or secretary yep. of the treasury it's like oh maybe we should mint the coin maybe that's terrible we should probably just get rid of the debt ceiling because it doesn't make any sense anyway mm -hmm. you are the highest ranking financial monetary official in the united states government and you have just said for us to cap our debt doesn't make sense yep because what the fuck are you talking about if we cap our debt it means we can't borrow more from the fed and it doesn't like, work there anymore but she might again and i love i love that you quoted thomas jefferson because it brings me back to the original fighting between some of the original fighting between Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson, right? In yep. which Alexander Hamilton is the secretary of the treasury. Thomas Jefferson is, is uh, the secretary of state. It's like, I don't even know what the fuck the treasury department does. You know, I don't even know what's like, wh why we have that. 
Yeah. And Alexander says, oh, we, we, need, we need money. You know, we have to be able to control the money. Mm-hmm. And so Thomas Jefferson says, well, what's, so like, what's, what's the plan? You know, how are you going to go about this? And Alexander Hamilton says the first step is for us to incur a national debt. Mm-hmm. That's the best way for us to establish credit is to, is to inqu- acquire debt. So we yep. are going to offer to pay off the war debts of all of the different states for the Revolutionary War. And we are going to establish debt so that all of the other countries know that the states owe the federal government money and that we are going to have money coming in. And mm-hmm. that's how we are going to make it so that people give us money. You're 16 years old. You want to go out. You just got your license. You want to go out and buy a car. You need a loan to get a car. Yeah. You can't get a loan because you don't have any credit. So what is the suggestion? Go get a credit card. Go, get a credit Go card. put yourself in debt and then prove us that you can pay that debt off and then you have credit. You have, yeah. that's why I kind of hate. But you're fact- a government, so you don't even need to prove that you can pay it off. Yeah. You need to show us in theory, you could come up with funds. And that's why I kind of, I got a love-hate relationship with Alexander Hamilton because he was also the father Certainly. of what became hate the Coast Guard. When he, yeah. because the, the very beginning of the Coast Guard, before the Coast Guard was the Coast Guard, was the yeah. advent of what they called the Cutter Revenue Service. Grandfathered, created by none other than Alexander Hamilton. So what do you think the Cutter Revenue Service did? They collected revenue. They yes. collected tariffs. They collected taxes on all incoming and outgoing you know, shipments and all that good shit. And then after, you know, later on in like, later on down in history, they incorporated a few other services like the Lighthouse Service and the National Life-Saving Service and all this stuff and created the Coast Guard. But it started with Alexander Hamilton essentially leading us down this right. starting the road that led us to where we're at now. And Thomas Jefferson's concern, and that's leading to you, Larry, after this, mm-hmm. is exactly what Larry said, that the more debt the central government has and the more indebted the states are to the central government, the more power the central government has, which is directly it's counter so weird. to what the whole founding was about. Yeah. We do not need to be continually ceding power to the central government. Yep. And the more nope. and more and more money that is owed by the central government, by the federal government, the more and more power they have over every state in the union. Yep. You know, especially because, like you said, they're doling out funds to increase this debt. So not only so kind do of a we owe it, ta- mob you, tactic. You continue to owe us because we're doling it to you, yep. and you don't have a good way to pay us because we're increasing taxes on the people that you are also taxing. But we have some yep. type of agreement in which you can't tax them in some places. You know what I'm saying? It's a fucking racket. It's, it's a total racket, dude. It's a mob tactic racket. We talk about this frequently on our social media. I want to thank everybody for joining us on YouTube today. YouTube, Salt of the Streets. Good transition. We're out here. Instagram, Salt of the Streets. Facebook, fuck Facebook, it's Salt of the Streets. Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. Go there, become a patron. Help us continue to make content like this so that we can inform you guys. That is why we are here. Discord, Salt of the Streets. We have our own personal social media. I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Alfie on both those things. Leggings and aprons for cakes on Instagram. Lexi Kayo on Twitch for Twitch video games. Atlas a t Larry's going to change the name soon. Taxes. Taxes. <laughs> Taxes. <laughs> yeah, so okay. I'm, I'm concerned by it. You know, I'm gravely concerned that this is such a prolific ideology within the government and the general populace yeah no and, and again i think i think again to bring it all back even in the school like we're a little ignorant on it and i think we're slow to it and i think people it's constantly hid behind the veil that the government's bigger than you so it doesn't understand but like 
would you run like people wouldn't run their household like this so you have to keep asking right. the question like what why are you running our every household like this 100 like you wouldn't run your household like this why are you running every household like this amen yeah. and we keep just being told it's different peace great closing. show guys shout yes. out freelance you have any buddy. closing thoughts on uh, minting the coin? Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Don't listen to breaking points. Don't. Well, you can watch them, but I mean, don't listen to their advice. Yeah. Don't mint the coin. Once Crystal, don't, I'm telling you, man, this is not Crystal's fault. This is Kyle Kalinsky's fault. <laughs> because the minute she started doing that fucking show, Kyle Kalinsky, she went off the goddamn deep end. Sager's so fucking thirsty. He's going to go wherever Crystal's going. You Google Crystal and Sagar, or just Google breaking points, Crystal you'll ball. see who they are, and you'll totally understand what I just said. Yeah, yeah, Google breaking points and look at the images. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Google. Just take my Patreon money. We're doing it, Will. We're doing it. Do you guys have any closing points for politics in general before we move to sports? Uh, are you blackfilled yet? I'm not. Okay. Uh, well, I'm wondering where the hope is coming from at this point. I, I, guess, I'm just, I guess I am, because I'm just like, I'm just going to do me and like prep and shit. So I guess yep. I am, because I'm just like it blackpilled as far as the government goes i'm truly i we talked the people about the is last, one thing the people society will yeah. continue We've the government won't. the last couple of weeks like i don't have any answers anymore for this you know Mm-mm. don't do this that's the answer this is a mistake to continue yep. to do this is a mistake yep. stop what you're doing reverse course take a fucking second replace everybody who's in leadership and let's start again because this is all if it continues like this there's no saving it. yeah you know Regardless of who the president is. Thanks for the stream. Had fun. Hey, thanks, Will. Shout out, buddy. We'll catch you you on the flip side. Do you see Crystal Ball? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I I, I get get where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Sogger's thirsty. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Do that, or he's just scared that he needs to make this show work after he left Rising and he'll just do whatever. I don't don't know. know. He's a fucking chill now. Yeah, he was supposed to be conservative when we first started watching it. He was still like fairly conservative, but ever since he just lets her go on whatever progressive diatribe she's going to spit out. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I totally agree. And then this is balanced, right? Yeah. yeah super balanced. Balance. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. This is why I'm wearing the rebels today, man. Yeah. This is why I'm doing it. It's because at this um, point we all need to become rebels. Well, with that, I think we can go to a uh, sports. Okay. So look scared the shit out of Larry. Hilarious. Um, uh, so there's a couple things we want to talk about. Seahawks played on Thursday. It's a bye week for the Ducks. Yeah. The Ducks don't play this week. Somebody has Let's a hurt finger. Wait, are you a Ducks fan? Yeah, he's a yes. Ducks fan. It's all right. We'll oh, judge him accordingly. Freaking, oh, my God. You're weirdo. Listen, it's great. I'm What's your college team? Huh? West Army, Point. Duh. Army West, West Point. There you go. 100%. I'm officially nice a West Point fan now from, from now on. Mostly because doesn't have a real team. There it is. See? Jo- yeah. Come on in. We just lost. That was sad. This is what I wanted to say, though, this whole time. The Seahawks are terrible. Yes. Absolutely astronomically awful. And I hate Jamal Adams. I think that was the worst trade we've ever been. Oh. Yeah, I know. Wow. He literally is basically a defensive end at at safety. This is what I'm going to say. Listen, if you ever give up – they gave up two first-round draft picks, a third-round draft pick, and a player – for a safety that does not do nearly enough to cultivate for that. And no not one does that. For sure. No. Well, what do we do well besides that Russell Wilson isn't directly involved in? Right. Well, no. and that's as soon as any of the linebackers started to go, the linebacking core is absolute shit. Is, yeah. If anybody gets still behind the defensive line, they can get the ball. Yep. And so the tight ends and any of these slot receivers are just tearing it the fuck up 
against Seattle right now. And Jamal Adams, anytime he ducks down to try and cover that, they just throw it deep and they fucking score because the corners are middle of the road at best. And there's only one down deep at the end field because Jamal Adams is trying to pass rush with the other four linemen. Because it's all I can do. Yeah, no, it's absolutely tragic. Um, So obviously we lost to the Rams. Um, Who I love. The Rams Rams. look fucking good, dude. Especially, I've been a big Matt Stafford fan for a long time. I've loved Matt Stafford. Go Navy, beat Army. All right, I'm going to go ahead and say fuck you, Will. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) You know where I'm at on that shit. Um, Yeah, I'm a puddle pirate, but go Army all the way. So to see Matt Stafford go to the Rams was sad and happy for me because the Rams are slaying it right now. They're absolutely killing it. Um, And so they played the Rams on Thursday night. Russell Wilson tore a ligament in his finger, is had surgery. This is another thing. Yeah. Russell Wilson went to LA to have surgery on his finger. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that all elective surgeries were canceled. I mean, uh, that's a great point. That's I a thought great point. that elective surgeries were canceled. Hey, unless, unless you're one day, of the elite. But next day, Russell Wilson had finger surgery in LA. Yep. He flew yeah. to LA after a Thursday night game to have elective surgery on his finger. Maybe it's not elective, mm-hmm. except I know that there are people, because fucking G Scott talked about on the radio. He's like, oh, I know people who played with that and mm-hmm. never got surgery, and their finger was fucked up for the rest of their lives, but it doesn't affect your life. It's not necessary, Yeah, right? That's an elective procedure. That Russell, I love Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. He's the quarterback of my home team, right? Yep. But oh. I also, I love fairness and equality and uh, not this fucking elite bullshit yep. where they can do whatever yep. the fuck they want and He's go to the Grammys of the capital. And, he gets and, to do whatever he wants. Yep. So he's an elite. Thought that was weird. Yeah. yeah. He flew to LA yesterday, had elective surgery on his finger, and it's going to be fine. In a thank God, weeks. though, for certain people's fantasy tapes. Thank God. You need him back up there. Yeah. So super weird. Yeah. So he fucked up his finger, tried to throw the yeah. ball. Aaron Donald's enormous. He slapped Aaron Donald in his face and fucked his whole shit up. <laughs> his uh, face is basically in, a concrete in the wall. face mask. You know, Aaron Donald benches 500 pounds. Jeez, man. I believe that. 500 yeah. pounds. Those he people are superhuman. was on Pardon My Take with DK Metcalf, and DK was on for like a few minutes before Aaron Donald got on there, and so they were uh, asking DK, like, oh, do you think that you could outbench Aaron Donald? DK's like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, I could outbench Aaron Donald. And so <laughs> then he finally gets in the studio, and they ask him, like, how much do you bench? Aaron Donald's five. They said, what? <laughs> <laughs> five, 500 pounds. <laughs> and DK, his eyes showed up, he said, I don't bench 500 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's insanity. I can't believe that anybody could oh, Jesus. take two of myself and plus some more weight and stack them on themselves and then push it off their body. That's absolutely That's insane. insane. It's difficult for me to comprehend that somebody could bench press 500 pounds. 500 pounds. Yes. Never. Ever. Yeah, no, I can't. Never. No, that's insane. Um, yeah, so Russell Wilson's fingers fucked up. Um, There's a bunch of injuries last week. Christian McCaffrey's not coming back this week. Nope. Rob Gronkowski is out. Jair Gronk is out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Julio Jones is gone. But listen, Yo. the good news is I'm four, I'm four and zero in my fantasy league. So you're playing so. fantasy this year? Yeah, yes. I am playing fantasy. That's this so year. funny. I'm zero and four. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because I did a lot of research on it. I, listen, I, I have a lot of bag of picks. I'm a lot unorthodox in my approach. So it's been a great season. Otherwise, uh, I don't super love watching football as much as I used to, but. Um, it's changed for sure. I am for yeah, yeah. It's a little crazy, but I am for now. Um, and I, I couldn't wait to talk about sports because I've been waiting, dying to tell you guys how much I hate Seattle. What oh, is what's the pot good. in your league? Uh, I don't even think we have a pot. What? So my, yeah, we, respect for honor. Yeah, yeah. 100% for bragging rights. I, I am in our league, man. 
No, no, I, I never pay money. It's my big rule. I never pay money to play fantasy because I never have the money to pay for fantasy. What if you win $1,000? What if I lost $25? Yeah, twenty five dollars mm. you could have been putting into real estate, bro, or something like that. You've missed out on one point one million Shebas with that fifty dollars. That's, right. That's, That's right. right. All them yeah. she bro. Yeah, the buy-in uh, for our league this year was sixty. So we got an eight, eight forty, eight sixty buy-in. Yeah. Or okay. payout. You guys know anything about uh Logan Thomas's uh yeah. injury? Oh, he's on IR. He's out for a couple weeks. Yeah, he's out for a couple weeks. And my yeah. my backup tight end uh, is down with the Rona. Oh, Gerald Everett on Seattle. So he's, that's so I'm. I'm just, I want to talk to you guys about that. Oh, and five. Here we come. Basketball, Larry. Do you watch basketball at all? Vaguely. So I don't. I also don't watch basketball, but it's really more the concept that we're talking about. Basketball season is about to start up. Yep. Right. Yep. Unfortunately, in many stadiums around the country. They exist oh, yeah. in states in which they are mandating vaccinations. Uh-huh. There yep. are numerous players around the league that are refusing to get vaccinated. Yep. So Kyrie Irving in New York. Um, I know there's a couple of the players. That's only what I can remember off the top of my head because I don't fucking watch basketball. But yep. they're now in this area where half of your games are home games. Yeah. If you yep. play in New York, are you going to truly not be allowed to play on your home team for half of the games if you choose not to get vaccinated? Yeah. Are they yeah. going to make some type of exception for you? Yeah. Are they going to – because some people have capitulated. Yeah. Some people have made very apparent, I'm not doing that. I don't think I need to do it. A couple of people have had COVID, so they're yeah. like, I had COVID. I don't yeah. need to get the vaccine. There's no point to that. And be very public about it too, which is nice yeah. to see. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm interested what you guys think about this. Obviously, none of us know what they're going to do because yeah. the fucking NBA doesn't know what they're going to do. And that's why it's in the media so much. Yep. But I, I am, as we talked about earlier, very happy to see people of a public variety standing up for something they believe in yep. and going against the narrative. And especially, it's my weird, but especially black people who can't be canceled for being racist because they're yeah. like, I'm not doing that. That's fucked up. You can't call them racist. What that's are you going to do? You yeah. can't say they're stupid. Because they're black, you definitely can't say they're stupid if you're the media. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what, like, even Don Lemon is like, oh, these people are ignorant or whatever the fuck. So you can't call them stupid. You can't call them racist. What are you going to say about them as to why they're not getting the vaccine? Yeah. And I will say, in a lot of the states that have the actual mandates, there's York, always California for, say, entertainers of some variety, right? And they always have the exemptions, which I think is, you know, pretty telling <laughs> For yeah, what no, they're actually trying to do because it's it's not aimed at them you know they're still members no. of the capitol whether or not we would talk they the like it or at not. the met gala yeah. and uh, the emmys you same know that these are just the elites and the rules don't apply yep. to them if you're an entertainer it doesn't matter it's yep. fine you aren't covered by this the people who are going to carry your dress and feed you your drinks and food they have to wear masks yep. you yep. do not because we really don't want to see that on tv it's very unsightly yeah it's unsightly it's you know to do that on television so we're just not gonna yep and, and like you said, I mean, it's a combination of all the worst things when you're talking about like the NBA players that are making it very public. They're not interested and in this. very valid and points. It's, it's getting hit. And if you're one of those, you know, lucky individuals that can catch it before, say, social media tamps down or, you know, major media just like, you know, pigeonholes it off somewhere into no reporting land, yeah. you're not going to hear it. But if you're lucky enough to catch it, that's a momentary slice of active resistance that you can grab onto and you can glean onto and hopefully perpetuate your own motives going forth. I mean, it's, yeah. it's nice to see 
I wish there was more talk about it. Unfortunately, most of the networks that would talk about it are, you know, like OAN and, and Newsmax and shit like that. They're yes. already pretty pretty much pigeonholed to the internet. Anyway. Yeah, I understand. They're super niche. Yeah, they're, they're, there we go. It, it, it's tough because I think, I think a lot of them are just going to do it. it. The ones in the city will do it for the money, right? And they'll it's tough in their position because it's a team sport, right? And so he's not, you're not a part of the team. If he can't practice in the facility, he can't play on the road. Like he's ultimately not a part of the team. So I think they'll just end up releasing him. Um, I think it's tougher for NBA players. A lot of people are going to, are really going to sell it away for just money. And that's why I think this is going to be, I, I don't rely on my athletes ever to be a compass because they're, they're going to do whatever the money is. And I get right. it. It's a lot of money. And then yeah, the, LeBron James selling out to fucking China. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%, right. Like, and, and it's for the money, right? He's going to be a billionaire. I'm not. It is what it is. Uh, at the same time, uh, uh, I think they're generally stupid. I think I'm smarter than the average athlete. Uh, that's just that, that, that's in my opinion. Uh, I think where <clears throat> this is going to turn, or where this is going to change, or where this is, where the critical mistakes being made that's not being intended to with those who want the mandates, is going to be schools. I think that's what it is. I think last year – Newsom. During, yeah, during homeschooling, really all of it. Like, when, when you – when you like, you hear about it, like, a lot of the interaction between kids and the parents, like, parents aren't very interactive, right? They're like, hey, how's your day? Great. What'd you learn? Nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all the day. But when you can hear what's happening to your four-year-old and you're like, – like, you know, like, if you heard that being told – he was racist because he was white. Like that would, it, it did something to you now and you didn't even have to hear it. You thinking about it, does it? And so I think that's where the change is going to come. I ultimately think Kyrie Irving, it will probably be released. He may get picked up because he's super talented. I think they're going to let that sign to the ether, but I don't think there's anyone smart enough to carry the message because again, Kyrie Irving, it, it, he's empirically not very, like he's a, he's a flat earther, which, you know, that remains no. to be seen. I'll even acknowledge that. But even his stance remains to be I, seen. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it, right? Who, who, who am I to say that there's no flat? But on the other joke, <laughs> like when he like when he came out for like Black Lives Matters and all that, like his argument building was poor then as well, right? Like, yeah. So like I would be duplicitous just because he's backing something I don't like, the mandates, uh, to say that he's someone that can lead it. I think it's interesting because he when he's on his game, he's a top 10 player. So you ha- he's going to demand the attention. And I think it's going to be super interesting if he goes to another team as well. But what I think is going to happen is they'll release him, he'll fizzle, and then we'll just move on to the next guy. And I think yeah. I think the sports world's dying just to go by. And I think oh, the the game changer is going to be this new Merck drug that just came out. Oh, God. And I yeah. think if we take a scientific approach and, like, if that does what it says it's going to do, then, like, why do we need the shot? Yep. Because, it, I mean, Mark Cuban made the smartest case for the shot and the boosters, right? Like, the, bo- the the shot wanes, natural immunity wanes, right? But he's like, why would I tell someone to go get COVID again to reinstill their immunity when I could just ask them to go get a shot, right? We as other people want the ability to make our own decisions, decide, do it ourselves. But at the same time, like, that argument at least made sense to me. But with a drug, then, it doesn't matter if you get it. Like, we move back into a natural immunity because you can live your life, and if you have a bad reaction, you can take care of it. A lot like we do with the flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Endemic, if you will. Yeah. I have just recently heard a theory from somebody that I actually know personally, um, a doctor, actually. So, oh! Yeah, um, so the, his theory behind the idea of COVID was that if you got the shot or you got 
COVID, then it would like other diseases in the past, like fuck with your DNA a little bit, and it's going to yeah. kind of live in you for a long time. And mm-hmm. so you yeah. may have, you know, even if your dominant immunity wanes you and you get COVID again it may or may not be because he wasn't you know staying positively he's like but this is the theory i'm working with may or may not be even like a bad case because you already have an underlying not immunity but a presence of it so that your body still kind of knows what to do yeah your immune system still recognizes the invader and he referenced the black plague that like it still exists but people don't get it anymore because most of us bear an immunity within our dna from our ancestors having had it and survived it i know a person alive today that had had contracted bubonic plague that's what i'm saying so exactly it still happens every now and again yeah which i thought was very interesting yeah you know it's wild um you know with the obviously i wasn't feeling to get the vaccine before but then we got COVID, and now i'm like i'm definitely not going to get it for the foreseeable future because i just fucking had COVID, like on labor day yeah. so i'm gonna you know do me and ride out and um i don't know you know i still don't have like solid no one has solid numbers on like this is when your immunity runs out uh, for mm-hmm. either the vaccine or for natural immunity uh i don't know you know they're doing different studies all the time like jordan's doctor said as little as eight weeks for for natural immunity but that was the only time i ever heard that i've heard up to like eight months 12 months natural immunity and the same thing with the vaccine you know you can have it for up to eight months or like 10 months depending on how well it works and how it took to you and you know the second shot and like all the different factors that can Mm -hmm. go into it but you can also you know, they also don't have a solid number on nope. breakthrough cases or, nope. uh, you know, we are now starting to hear more and more of people who have the shot, get COVID and test negative because their viral load isn't high enough to register on, especially like the PCR test, the rapid test, you know, yeah. that you can have it test negative and then move on with your day. You know, where does that leave us? Like it leaves us in this gray area of yeah, what the fuck do we do? You yep. know? Which is why we shouldn't be trying to tell people from a law and regulation standpoint what the fuck to do. Because we don't know what we should be doing. We should, which is why it should devolve down to an individual decision. Which is what up until very recently America was all about. Yeah. Now we're just the same as we might as well be part of the EU at this point. Well, that's like at the stadiums. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Larry. No, no, I was going to agree. I was just like, we we, kind of lost our mind and it's, it's been very fear driven, right? right. And, and I and I think that that's all I was going to say. So, like, on the backs of fear, we we we've literally given up, and it looks it look it looks like a place that we don't even recognize, right? Like we're fighting yes. with people because they won't get something when the thing we have protects us from what the thing we get. It's really can be like I I I spend a lot of time saying it to myself over and over again because it doesn't I don't understand like why does a vaccinated person care but the other vaccinations, right? And like, if you can pass it and like, I have a vaccine, I can still get it, harbor it, it can mutate in me and I can spread it. Like, 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 what are we doing? And if we're trying to protect those people, like, why are we, why are we changing and forming our lives to like the, the lower, the lower people when we don't do that, when generally immunocompromised people could do the same thing for bronchitis, tuberculosis, but we're not trying to overhaul all those. Like they can do everything. Like the average flu is going to get them. And like, we're not, overhauling everything for that and so i i don't understand why this is the one yeah. right it's it's kind of funny i like i've been i went back and i try to watch that men in black quote um relatively regularly to remind me how stupid people are 
um, when Kay is sitting there at the beginning of Men in Black, when he's talking to Will Smith, um, and you know, he's saying, you know, like a person is smart, you know, people are dumb, impulsive, stupid, you know, when they're in a group. But right before that, he, he talks about, you know, the consensus of, you know, thinking about like, what is all, what's best for everybody? You know, all the scientists believe this, all the scientists believe we should be wearing masks, all the scientists believe, you know, the consensus a thousand years ago was everybody knew that earth was the center of the universe. And then we learned otherwise. Right. Yep. And at this point, the consensus is that we could get to zero COVID if everybody gets vaccinated, but we know for a fact that that's not right. The earth is not the center of the universe. COVID is not just going to go away. Right. I think at this point we can all come to the consensus that that is fucking wrong. Just because whatever the media says, the consensus is it's not true. It's, it's really, it doesn't make it true because the majority of people they ask say it is what's going to be true is what's ultimately going to be true 10 years from now. And pretending otherwise is, is you're playing a game. The- it, no, I, and, and I absolutely agree. It, it's, it's frustrating. And that's what made this whole entire thing. And like, not to say, keep saying I've been gaslit, but like, it's been tough for me when I haven't like truly understood COVID, the impacts, like what it is when like, you know what, I can't have an intelligent, normal conversation about it. Like I can only ever have like an anti-maxer, anti-vaxxer conversation. And like, I'm yeah. the bad guy or I want to kill somebody's grandma when I'm just like, I'm just trying to understand more. Cause like you, you haven't given me a straight answer. You just told me that you don't like where my head's at, which is like no way to go about your life. Yeah. That's no way to have a conversation. I mean, we, I think we were talking about right either right before you jumped in or towards the tail end of the pre-show. But this what the point was I gonna make? Vaccinations. Vaccinations. Fuck, I lost it. Um yeah. That's what, right. what you guys were talking about at the beginning of the pre-show? Or the end of the pre-show. The end of the pre-show. Yeah. What were you just saying about uh wanting to get vaccinated or not wanting to get vaccinated and then yeah either way we'll leave it alone oh what's up cat holy crap you have a cat and a dog i have oh my god dude i got a zoo are you kidding me i have a cat we have two chihuahuas and a labrador oh my god yeah it's a lot man it's a lot you guys are crazy i couldn't do it we have two dogs and i'm going i go oh wait we have three dogs right now and i go crazy yeah i mean that's that's a lot it's all you know it's a lot i think two animals is probably a lot i don't know why i ended up pulling the trigger on the cat but she's adorable when she's not being a terrible nightmare <laughs> i'm assuming your wife loves to loves the animals she absolutely loves animals yeah there but it is. even even to an animal lover this cat man just cats cats are assholes <laughs> well i think everybody can agree on that that's a consensus i think we can all agree on all cats are assholes but they have 100%. their moments <laughs> Even cat lovers love that. They assume they're assholes. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. That's oh why I can do it. I feel like they're always plotting my death in my sleep. Oh, they are. They're sitting there. They're waiting for you to go asleep. And it, is this guy going to move? If he doesn't move in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to eat him. I'm going to start to yeah. eat this guy. <laughs> oh. It's crazy. I don't know how anybody could do it. Yeah, it's it's That's... wild. We're, we were talking about animals. Sorry, we got kind of oh, off on a tangent. Um, well, 
Yeah, we started with sports and we ended up just swinging off to politics again, which I it's think, COVID. yeah, to the COVID action. That's a good um, but I think that's, I had a conversation with somebody the other day hey. that uh, she chewing on cables. Yeah. All right. You get know what? Vamp for a minute. I'm going to get rid of her. Ooh, we're about to toss this cat. About to toss this cat. <clears throat> yeah, you got a vamp for a minute. No. I think the biggest yeah. thing I think I think the biggest thing I think about consistently is that, and I think it was a big theme today, is that people we need more critical thinking, independent thinking. Uh, yes. We've been shown that through today, through the last few weeks, through the last twenty months, that we are going to be and have been consistently misled both by our government and mainstream media, mm-hmm. and it's important for us to do our diligence to investigate and pursue other sources to find out what the truth is. Um, And not only to find out what that truth is, but to talk about it with other people, spread that knowledge and ensure that everybody around us has the same information. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's tough for me just watching it because I feel like everyone's trying to jump in the way of that. And that's frustrating. It is very frustrating. It really is. Is there anything else that you guys want to throw in here? No. No, no, no. Go Army, beat Navy, but that's it. So, yep. obligatory. <laughs> um, I'll go over that because the Navy. That's yeah. Coast Guard is the Navy too. It's cool. Well, we will hit the socials one more time. I want to thank everybody one last time for watching us on YouTube. Obviously, YouTube, Salt of the Streets. We have Ooh, our Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Our YouTube just said that Salt of the Streets. Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets. We have our own personal patreon patreon.com slash salt of the streets discord salt of the streets go to patreon become a patron help us make more better content we fantastic help us quit our jobs become patrons right. we're gonna quit our jobs we'll do this all the time imagine how much better it's gonna be it's gonna be great That's daily right. salt of the streets not four hours every day because it's too much yeah, hour too much. hour and a half every single day no problem we're out here we have our own personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Alpha on both those things. Colin's wife is on Twitch at Lexi Cayo. Jordan is making cakes at Leggings and Aprons on Instagram. Larry is at Atlas A&T. If you need to get your taxes done, I'm trying to find my closing lines here. I love the closing line. I'm just drawing on stuff now. I let Dax go on my phone. And then when I go to take notes and like scroll it just marks up all my notes i love it so closing lines there <laughs> they are all right okay you guys ready oh yeah all right. the nipple covering apron may prove to be the death of you i mean that logically checks out <laughs> the nipple covering the apron jesus yes. where the are you pulling these from <laughs> it used to be i knew i could tell exactly where they came from and nowadays, I'm just as lost as everyone else. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to research this. I got to figure out where this is at. I want that free T-shirt. I'm going obscure with it. I literally have no – I never have an idea. I just – like, I'm, like, the least media buff ever except for new random Netflix series like Squid Games. And so it's always stuff for me. On Netflix right now? Last for the book. All right. Well, for the stream people, Larry's going to stick around for a minute because we got to chat about a couple things. But we're ending the stream. Peace. Later, taters. Later.